That's Easy Lover with Phil Bailey and Phil Collins from 1982. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. I am Todd Dandruff Wittellis, and this is our first show in 10 days. We've had some off time here, and we're back to a Wednesday show for the first time in a month. The last Wednesday show, believe it or not, was on March 18th. Today is being recorded on April 20th, 2016. April 20th has many associations to people. Among them, Hitler's birthday is April 20th. And also, for you pot smokers out there, 420 is a common uh, reference to smoking pot, though I, I believe that's the legal code making pot smoking illegal. So, kind of an ironic reference to it. Anyway, today is 420 nonetheless, and it's... Uh, Almost 8 o'clock here, starting late as usual. We have a free roll tonight that I want to jump right into, because it's starting in 15 minutes, and I made a little mistake. The free roll that was on the No Fraud Online Poker Room, which I'll explain in a second, the free roll there was scheduled for April 24th. At 8.45 p.m. <laughs> That's tonight's re-roll. So you'd register and you'd wait more than four days to play. That wasn't going to work. So I had to go and take it down, put it up at the correct date and time, which is April 20th at 8.10 p.m. Pacific. But when I do that, it kicks everyone out who's already registered. So if you were not registered or if you were registered, Prior to about 7.40 p.m. Pacific, you'll need to go back and re-register for the free roll because you've been kicked out. If you registered after 7.40, then you should be there. Just go double-check. And you also have 25 minutes of late registration. The free roll this week is $88, but it's a little bit different than most weeks. I'll explain that in a second. It takes place in the No Fraud Online Poker Room, which you can find near the top of the screen on PokerFraudAlert.com. Just click on No Fraud Online Poker. It's completely free. All you need is a different account. That is a separate account over on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. You don't even need play chips to enter. It's totally free. Just register an account there and you can play. If you want to read the rules for qualifying for the free money prizes, though, you need to get familiar with those. That's on PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. Make sure you read it, because if you're ignorant of the rules and don't qualify, too bad. Then you don't get a damn thing. The prizes are distributed tonight as follows. It's a no-limit hold'em tournament, as usual, by the way. First place will be $35. Second place, $15. Third place, $8. Fourth place, $5. And are you ready for the weird one? 17th place is $25. <laughs> so you're better off finishing 17th than you are second. I'm not even kidding. This was not my design. Uh, this was China Maniac. You can blame him for this. After the free roll was established as a $63 free roll with the price pool as I read, he added $25 for 17th place. So as I always say, if you donate money to the free roll then you have a right to say how it's going to be used. So he wants it for, 20, for 17th place. That's who it's going to go for. 
Fifth place gets zero. Sixth place gets zero. All the way to sixteenth place gets zero. Seventeenth place gets twenty-five. So I'd watch the places if I were you. And when there are only seventeen left, I would try to bust. That's the proper strategy. It should make an interesting tournament at that point, at least. The money this week, aside from the twenty-five from China Maniac, came from Trader Ruski. He gave twenty dollars. SMI Florida, a frequent contributor, gave twenty-five dollars. The Shrink gave six. Yolo Swag gave seven. Jay Acosta gave five to go to first place only, which is why first place is a bit top heavy, which I honored. The thing I didn't honor, and I'm sorry, Jay Acosta, he wanted it to only be paid in Bitcoin. And that's just too much of a burden for me. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't require that $5 of the free roll is paid in a certain way. It's just too hard. I, I'll put it on whatever place you want. I will exclude certain people you don't want to win. That's all cool, but I'm not going to restrict how I'm going to pay people. I just can't. Speaking of being paid, I have good news this week. This is a new development today. Some of you may remember my PayPal got shut down. Well, I have gotten a new PayPal. So I can pay you once again in PayPal. Yes. My PayPal, not the same one. That that account is not going to be paying you anymore. But I have another PayPal. And I will be uh, paying you through PayPal if you want. So that's working again. And if you, in fact, if you've wanted to send me money on PayPal recently and couldn't, uh, get a hold of me on the forum or dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com is my email. And, uh, and we can resume whatever we were doing. So PayPal back in action, at least for now. <laughs> Not going to leave $1,700 on there again. I learned my lesson on that one. Uh, I'll also pay you by bank transfer, by Bitcoin, by cash, or by check. Any of those ways. And uh, let's see, what else we got to explain? Oh, of course, the phone number for the show, 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. You can also call the Mount Charleston line. The Mount Charleston line is an old 70s rotary telephone sitting on top of Mount Charleston. It forwards to me wherever I go. That phone number is 702-430-1808, 702-430-1808. No matter which number you call, make sure to show your caller ID or you won't get through. If you do try to call and I don't answer, don't hammer me like 100 times in a row. I'll just block your phone number. I really will. Just wait like 15 minutes and try back. It just means I'm busy doing something. I'm busy talking, busy in the middle of a segment. Back when Daredevil was a co-host of this show, he and Brandon got so mad at me. This is recent, too. This is like a few months ago. They got so mad at me because we were doing like a an award segment on the show, and I thought someone was calling in about the award segment. And I took a call, and they asked like a question totally unrelated to that, and it ruined the momentum of a really good segment. And boy, were they pissed about this. Like afterwards, they both really gave me a hard time for... Ruining that. <laughs> so I learned my lesson. I'm not going to take phone calls in the middle of a good segment and break up the momentum. So if I don't answer, don't panic. Just uh, try back later. You can go in the chat room and chat during the live broadcast. If you listen in the archives, which is most of you, then don't bother going in the chat room. Nobody will be there. But if you're listening live, you can go in the chat room and you can chat with whoever's in there. It's mainly to chat with each other. I don't read it very much because there's just too much for me to do during the show. If I have a co-host, which right now I don't, though Brandon will probably be arriving later, 
then I can read the room a bit more. But to be honest, it's mostly to chat with each other. Click the chat button at the top of the screen. You need a Poker Fraud Alert forum account in good standing to get in there. And you need a Flash-enabled device, which means iPhones and iPads will not work for the chat room. If you want to listen to the show but do not have a smartphone... Oh, this is good. This is good. Brandon, hello. I'm, I'm so glad that you're here like right at the beginning. You, you said something about a, a co-host? Yeah, yeah. I'm so no, glad. Like, I listen, really... I'm not very happy. I love I love the fraud site. You know, I'm very supportive of it. But I'm sitting here, and it's four more days i got to wait for this free roll. And then i got to bust in 17th place just to play it right. <laughs> I mean, what the hell's well, going on? Well, I have here? good news and bad news for you. Yes, you have mm-hmm. to bust in 17th place if you want to make uh, good money. Uh, th- that's the bad news. The good news is... I, I have uh, built a time machine for you to where you can go forward in time four days and play in just uh, eight minutes if you want to get into the time machine. 1986, isn't that your favorite year? No, it's like 80, Michael J. No, Fox? No, it's like 84. I like better than 86. Oh. Yeah, You're close. Though. Okay, so uh, anyway. How are you doing? I, I, I'm okay. I was just explaining. It's a weird day. You know, it's the weed day and it's Hitler's birthday. Yeah, and- I, I mentioned, yeah. Yeah, it is a weird day. I felt funny about doing this show on 420, especially being one who's never smoked pot in my life. So, anyway, we I've have I've smoked a, pot before. Yeah, I figured you I did. don't like it, though. Yeah, I know you're not a, a, I'm not, a pot smoker. No, it now makes me... I mean, it's been almost a decade, but the last time, I think I told this story. I was at actually the place I was at tonight, hmm. which is going to be another story, but I was at the Orleans the last time I smoked pot. And I was there with a friend of mine, and uh, it was like a little pipe in the car. And I was going to play a horse tournament on a Sunday night. This was like 2005, 2004. And I hit this little pipe. It took one really big hit. It didn't kick in yet. I walked. We're in the garage. Register for the tournament. I sit down. And all of a sudden, it just hits me like gangbusters. And I'm all paranoid. I'm all fucking high. And it's just, it's too much. And I end up playing one hand, I've registered, I folded, and I end up taking a taxi and going home. I never came back to the table. <laughs> and I went home and just got into bed. And that was the last time I smoked weed. Wow. I just, I thought that, that, now, let me tell you this. I was at the Orleans today. I just literally got home about 30 minutes ago. I'm there with my friend, uh, Jeannie. Now, the thing is, I'm in what, what I like to call uh, my World Series of Poker spring training camp now if you live in vegas and you like these non no limit games like i do like horse and omaha eight or better or stud there really is no other place that you can play in this city tournaments other than the orleans they have all those things they have a horse tournament a stud eight tournament omaha eight or better they even have a plo tournament now listen i saw bobby today when I say Bobby, I mean Bobby Griffin, uh, you know, longtime listener of the show. He's the, the head guy over there, and I mean no disrespect. He's a great guy, uh, he, and he does his best to run a great room. But, you know, there's constraints and HR now involved. It's not like the mob is running this place anymore. Yeah. So it's only it's very limited what he can do, but there's only so much Orleans I can take, okay? So I've been there since about 1130 today. I was wow. there for about eight hours. Hmm. Uh, so anyhow, I'm playing today's tournament. It was a stud eight oh eight tournament, and you know, even though it's a daily tournament, they're like eight nine hours long sometimes. I mean, they're not like you know little two three hour tournaments. 
So I'm sitting there and I'm playing uh, for a number of hours. Maybe I'm four hours in, five hours in. This is about four o'clock this afternoon, maybe four thirty. Old guy, kind of creepy. Looks like he's like sixty years old. He's three seats away. Uh, he's in the one seat. I'm in the four seat. And he hasn't said a word to me, and he's playing pretty normal. But he's kind of mumbling to himself and you know talking a little bit. Finally, ends up busting, and then he slams his fist on the table, looks at me, and he just says pretty loud. I mean, other people came over and they said, "What the hell was that?" Looks at me, and what do you think he says? I have no idea. Free fluffer. And then he gets up and he storms out. <laughs> so what, what did he look like again? He had curly gray hair. I, I mean, I, I'm very bad with age. It could be a white guy, anywhere between 60, maybe 68. Uh, skinny, small, tiny, like short, I don't know, maybe like 5'4". So, so a guy who's almost 70 was saying to free fluffer? He pounds his fist and looks at me, like, ironically enough, almost giggling, and says, free fluffer. And he gets up and he wow. starts walking really fast wow. with a shit-eating grin on his face. Wow. And this is what I'm talking about when I say that this stuff follows. Now, listen, you live in a gated community. You're all protected out there in, in Brentwood or wherever you live. The worst thing that's going to happen to you, Druff, is maybe someone hits an errant you know, tee shot and it hits you in the head when you're going into the Mercedes. Okay, You're kind of protected, but I'm out here in the real world. I'm seeing these people. Wow. I'm seeing the Bobby Griffins and the Riley Matthews, and I saw him today, too. He, he give him a shout out so i'm just saying and people don't understand when i go out you know especially in vegas i, I get this weird and it's never the hot girl anymore no it's never the hot girl that's like oh hey you're the other guy from the fraud channel it's always a creepy old man yeah he's now telling me after five hours of quietness to free fluffer no that's that's our demographic it was like the uh, the old guy who sat next to me at a world series event who revealed after sitting with me for hours he said i used to go to high school next to that starbucks and i said huh he said, I used to go to high school there. And I said, what Starbucks? I go, wait a minute. He was talking about the Starbucks in Woodland Hills where Ken Scaler masturbates in the bathroom. Wow. Like That's what this old guy sitting next to me who walks with a cane was telling me. Yeah. He's referring to Ken Scaler's masturbation now, at the World Series. Now, for those that listen, you know, because we have a, you know, we have to be careful. And I say we, I mean you and I, there's a delicate balance between talking on you know the podcast the fraud show and also about the forums because there's people that just listen to the you know like take bobby griffin for instance you know if we start talking about uh jay serialis and lannis or he's gonna be like what the fuck is this you know he they don't follow the forums so you know but for those that don't know you know they're listening like what did that just mean there used to be a guy that's on the site and his name was fluffer and he was always giggling and then he got banned and you know, people now just kind of for a joke when they write, you know, little posts on the fraud site, they're writing big letters, free fluffer, or, okay. you know, something like that. Brandon, so, I, I hate to interrupt you, but everyone's yeah. rushing me in the chat room. They want us to call into another radio show, which is about to go off the air, I think. So I, what, I'm just going to show is this. It's, it's uh, the David. Yeah, but this show. is like the time with the momentum that you killed it. No, I, but, and, we, and we, but we've got to gotta... see some number for. All yeah, right. but we, I'm trying. You know, it's a, what's what kind of radio show is this? This is the David Tuckman show. It's, it's actually got they've got is that the blind guy. Yeah, it's a deaf guy, but it, they're not they're not answering. But he's deaf. How does he know what what if we're how he won't hear us? Well, I'm going to sign to him through the. Uh, Come on, I don't believe you. I, that's what I was told. Is this the truth? He's really deaf, and we're calling him. I, I guess he has like hearing aids enough to where he can do this stuff. I, I don't. He does a good job broadcasting uh, the World Series. 
so it couldn't be. Uh, so you're saying if if Helen Keller was living today, she could do a podcast? I'm trying to call the number they want, but. Uh, All right, we'll call it then. If that's what the people want, I think the, the chat I, room. Like, I can't do any right while we're uh, while I'm letting you talk about everything you're talking about here. They're like, "Come on, you're going to miss your window. You're not going to get in there. You're not going to call." Well, it's been ten days since we've been on radio. Yeah, I have so, a lot to say. I know. So, so I interrupt you, and then they they say I'm a momentum killer and I'm a buzzkill. Well, one of the things Daredevil said on the way out the door was that he never liked the fact that during the uh, segment we were doing about the Poker Music Awards. Oh, no, I already covered that. that. I already said that. How they, do you always uh, cover everything I talk about? <laughs> I, I mentioned that you you were that you and uh, Daredevil were quite angry at me for interrupting the award show we were doing. So, okay, let's uh, – I couldn't get through so, it. So I don't understand. Why would we be calling – Well, uh, because it, they, they have, as usual, other shows scoop us for guests – so uh, tonight we even do guests. That's not our. Bit well, I know, but but tonight we were going to talk about like two. That's what Mark Hoke does. No, no, Mark but this Bonzo. this is actually would have been a good guest because it's that Mike Dentali guy. That's let me tell you guy. something else, real. I, I meant to take a picture. Now I'm just talking, and you know, let me just again because I don't want to be disrespectful to to people that that are supporters and that care about the show and even me personally. I'm not digging on the Orleans. I mean, it is what it is. So I just want to make it clear. You know, my boy Bobby works or he runs that fucking place. But I wanted to say. That and this is public knowledge, so it's not like I'm letting no secrets. There is a former November Niner that is at the Orleans every day, sometimes twice a day, mm. grinding their monthly leaderboard. Huh. So they have this little thing there that if you cash enough, then you get like five thousand for winning the leaderboard. You know, like I'm sure it's out of the rate that we put in, but they have a monthly leaderboard. In fact, uh, when the one guy, the criminal, had a little bit of money, he was taking that gold farm. And the Goldfarb was going to the Orleans. Do you remember any of this? The Goldfarb was going to the Orleans twice a day. They play the noon tournament and the 7 p.m. tournament to try to win the monthly leaderboard. And then the criminal guy would get half of the you know the rake and whatnot. So anyhow, there are people, I guess, that do this. That literally are there. There's 14 tournaments a week. Um, I will say this for those that ever want that come to Vegas. You know, the Friday night tournament at the Orleans. It's a no limit tournament. Starts at seven is probably the biggest tournament, a weekly, regularly scheduled tournament in all of Las Vegas. Uh, I think the Bayern's one twenty-five. I haven't played in a number of years, but Bayern's one twenty-five. They get about two hundred to two hundred thirty people a week. In first place, I think is like I don't know. They said eight, eight, eighty-five, nine thousand. I mean, it's a lot of money for just like you know a yeah. one twenty-five shot. It's a, it's fucking long. You're gonna get out of there like at six in the morning. But I will give I will say that because people. You know, they interact with me and they're like, hey, I'm coming to Vegas. What's the best tournament? So anyone that wants to maybe take 125 and turn it into 8K, 9K in 12 hours, Orleans, every Friday, 7 p.m., let them know that I sent you and you'll get a free cocktail. Well, I, I hope they pay us for this commercial. Yeah. Now, I'm no more about that, but so. Uh, by the way, yes, I, yeah, someone's asking in the chat room, did I did I call? I tried to call. I couldn't get through that number. Go on. I'm they, they have a big leaderboard there. Like, literally, it's like, remember, you know, you see the ladies cash the checks for like, you know, Wheel of Fortune is like a big 30-foot check. It's like that. It was like a 10-foot-tall leaderboard with people's names. So, so who's the November Niner? Who's well, the... I was going to ask you to guess. Oh. It, well, I want to give you a couple clues. It's not an English name. It's kind of like – it's not like an American, like, you know, John Johnson. It, you know, it's a weird – I guess kind of a weird name. In fact, let me see if I can – See what year he was. You know what's sad know. is I, I've really forgotten who most of the November Niner were. Oh, were. so did I. I so just kind of remember him because he was. A little, I don't want to say goofy looking, but uh, there's some characteristic. Fuck, I don't even know how to pronounce. 
Okay, there it is. Let's see what year it was. I found him. But I couldn't believe that. And, you know, I'm not, listen, I've been bust. I know, you know, not everyone's born with a silver spoon in their mouth. I'm not mocking the guy, but it's just like, you know, it's probably a surprise to most people that still, you know, look at poker players and especially ones that are on TV watching reruns, even think, oh, you know, they're, okay, it was 2008. wasn't that long ago. And he can't, well, if I said how much he cashed, someone could just Google it. But it was the 2008 main event, and he made millions. Didn't win it, but made millions. Mm. Now, again, probably didn't have, you know, his whole self. I don't even remember who made, who finished the other spots. So. Yeah. Um, not an American. Oh, you know, I just say his name is, and I'm probably going to botch it, the first name at least, Elon Schwartz. Oh, Elon Schwartz. No, no, no. I know I know who he is. I know him pretty well. I, I don't. No, that's wrong. Now, I, and I wasn't making fun of his looks. I just, the curly hair, the bushy hair, like the afro, that's well, what I remember. I'll tell you a story about Elon Schwartz. Uh, I shouldn't say I, I know him well. Can I finish my story first or no? Okay, sure. Finish the story. It's, it's almost over. So anyhow, I get, he's been at the Orleans, uh, and I asked somebody, you know, obviously I think he was in fourth place in the leaderboard for the month of April. Uh, so he'll be there every day now, trying to grind as much as he can to wow. kind of you know to win. But that, that's interesting. That's yeah. It, it, you know what? I'm gonna be honest. Listen, there are a lot. Of, there are people that do that. There are people that are there every day and they're grinding that thing. And I'll tell you, man, that's when you talk about grinding poker for a living. I think that's the toughest grind. I mean, can you imagine being there for 14 hours a day? And you're playing with these old people, and they're miserable. And when their low gets counterfeited, they get mad, or they scream <laughs> something about fluffer to you. Or, I mean, it, it's yeah, tough. Yeah. So anyhow, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I don't that know is nothing about the guy. So let, let me tell you what I know. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say I know him well because I don't. But I knew someone who knew him, and not just knew him, but uh, actually knew him in a biblical sense. Oh, from the Bible. So there's a girl, I'm not going to name her, and don't try to guess because I'm not going to say who it is, even if you guess. So, But anyway, a girl who told me that uh, Elon Schwartz hit on her when she was next to him at a World Series. How do you know so many girls? It, it doesn't matter. So you I, know I, a lot of girls. So? I'm sure you know more than me. But you've had a lot of relationships, but there's always some girl I've never heard of. I do this radio show with you every week, but there's some new girl. It's like, oh, it was a girl at the fair. It was a girl in Bakersfield. <laughs> like, where did you have... Okay, I'm you know, sorry. it accumulates over time. At 44 years old, so I guess it accumulates over time. Go anyway, I, I, she uh, she was sitting at the World Series of Poker. She was sitting next to him. They got to talking, and uh, she said that he was very, very charming and that uh, he had really, really good game. In fact, she said he was among the best she had seen. So it went from, like, she wasn't that attracted to him physically. Like, she didn't she didn't think he was hideous, but she, it's not like she sat down and was like, oh, wow, this guy's hot. I, I wish I could be with him. And she wasn't really that impressed with his... Uh, his main event final table finish. Like, well, I mean, he finished fourth. How can you not be impressed? No, I mean, fourth what is, I mean by that is, is fourth. No, 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 no. I don't mean she wasn't impressed from a poker standpoint. She wasn't like, oh, my God, oh, Elon Schwartz, I wish I could date him. He's so famous. It wasn't like that. She was like, she knew about it, but it wasn't like, it didn't factor into her having any interest in him romantically. So, but what did factor in was that he was very, very good at, at spitting game. He was really good at, at getting her to like him very quickly, even though her opinion of his looks, it was kind of like, you know, at best, okay. She really was I'm getting a message from my Gene uh, Ryderson. She says it's pronounced Yulong. <laughs> Yulong? That's what she's saying. I just I, I would it. think it's Elon. But I don't it's Yulong. 
That's, that's what she's okay. says right you, now. Yulon I'm Schwartz. sure she's played with him because she's like the she's probably playing princess with us. there. She walks in there and these guys that can't even get erections that are in their 80s would if they could. And she's like the little princess there. Yeah. She's texting me as we speak. Okay, well, I'll, I'll trust you. Yulon is what she says. Okay, so Yulon, I, I hope I don't. I hope she's not clowning us and we don't sound like a fool no, saying that. But uh, Yulon here really impressed this girl. And that, you know, after not too long, he said, well, you know, give me your phone number. We'll, we'll hang out sometime. And uh, they did. She, you know, they, they talked on the phone briefly. They, they set up uh, a date. And, and that night she had sex with him. <laughs> and then wow. he pretty much didn't call her again. Like the whole thing was just to get laid. <laughs> and he was successful. So he was very good at this. He's also a chess grandmaster. I guess he's a grandmaster. She's of many saying things. again, emphatically, that it's Yulon. Okay, say it with well, me. No, I'm Yulon. saying it. I, I already. No, I'm no, on... I'm just saying she's not goofy. Okay, but I'm on the she Yulon says bandwagon. He's definitely got a big penis. I don't know if she's hmm. been with him. So maybe he's sped game at her too. Wow. He's got to be old because he's like all no, gray. No, he no, he's not. I think he's the same age as me. There's no way. I think he is. He's, he's all gray. Let, I'm let, let at me a look this up. Well, from the Orleans. Here, I'm going to send this to you. Okay, I'm going to look up his age. Can you, okay, he's a little—he's a little older than me. He's born. Does in your Africa. phone get pictures? Um, if you send the regular uh, text, yes. So he's born in 1970. He's 46 or 45. Wow. Yeah. You look at this picture. Maybe the Orleans ages you. Probably, probably going from a main event uh, fourth place finisher to having to grind the Orleans ages you. Which one? I have Dandruff, Dandruff New, Dandruff Las Vegas, Dandruff Secret. I don't know. Whichever one you texted me today. Standruff new. Okay, I just sent it to you. You look at that and just try to, I don't know, be open-minded and tell me what you think. If you didn't know him or his age, how old do you think that man looks? Okay, I haven't received it yet. but okay, It's going through. Okay, but but uh, no, there's a lot of variance of how old people look when they're in their 40s. There's a lot of variance. And there's some people, you look at them and, and you're surprised they're in their 40s. You could think, you could easily believe they're in their early to mid-30s, and there's other people that look ancient. They look like they could be 60, and you'd believe it. So, okay, let me see here. Well, Asians are always hard to tell. No, Asians are really hard to tell. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, he is. Wow, he, he definitely looks old. That's in, can you see the Orleans little logo? Just so people are thinking, maybe this Drexel's lying. There's no main event winner at the Orleans. or win, Yeah, main I, event. See, I see it on the table, says the yep. Orleans, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's looking but look old. look at that. Wouldn't you think that's mid-50s? Yeah. Even early, I mean, that's... That's all gray. Yeah, well, he's he's mostly gray. I wouldn't say all gray, but he's mostly gray, and his face looks old. Yeah, he doesn't look uh, very and he's youthful. He's short stacked there too. He doesn't look very youthful here. So, so I, I guess uh, you know maybe at least his penis probably didn't shrink. So if he really does have a big penis, like uh, Gene Riders is saying, maybe that partially explains it. But you know that wasn't how she, he got this girl into bed because she didn't know about his penis until she was so actually was in bed with him. Before the main event triumph, this is way after. But oh. but like this was like two years ago or something. So. Uh, she said he was among the best at as far as impressing her with with just his game rather than uh, his looks or or anything else. And as this girl wasn't, she didn't sleep with him because he was a main event fourth place finisher. So that that was uh, all I really know about. He, when I played with him, I think it was at a limit event, and uh, it was pretty pretty much a non-story. I don't remember him like being the like the one with Antonio Esfandieri, that kind of limit tournament. It was that kind of limit turn, but not, not that kind of non-story. With, with Antonio, it's a big story. With, with Elon – sorry, Yulon. You can't even tell that story. There, was, there wasn't even – no, I can't tell that anymore. I'm banned from telling that story. So, okay. Uh, the, you know what? I never finished the show intro. So I got to finish it now. Oh, we have Trader so Roots. Why should I come back then? Uh, no, like I'm almost done. 
And oh. Tra- Trader Ruski, by the way, is on the phone with us. Now, let's, let me before we even go. Uh, yesterday was a momentous uh, occasion. Our own Trader Ruski celebrated his thirty-fifth uh, birthday. <laughs> What's happening, guys? All right, you ready on three, Druff? Happy birthday to you. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. I'm not ready for it yet. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, let's, I, I'll, let's... I'll be ready in a second here. Trader Ruski. Hey, buddy. Hey, brother. Happy uh, slightly belated birthday. Thank you. Druff's warming up something special for you there. Okay, nice. I'm sure it's going to be from YouTube. <laughs> How was your birthday, buddy? Birthday was good. And how's little Miss Katie? Katie's good. Where are you now? Are you back home? Or are you still traveling? You're on a yep. bed there for a while. Nope. Back home. PFA to you. Yeah, big birthday. happy birthday to Trader Ruski, who uh, hopefully won't be having a birthday tea tonight. Sounds like Asian happy birthday. Dear one, I, now I feel funny. You know, I feel like if I was have celebrated my birthday, we're getting jerked off in an Asian massage pro. That's what I hear. <laughs> oh my gosh. From the Spring Mountain Asian Dirk Stop. Yay. Okay. Yay. All right. So anyhow, go please. So okay, okay let me, let me go through the intro. Wait. So so we have yeah, a call to listen line, which I tell you about every week, but this is a great line. This You don't need the internet. You don't need a data plan. It's not going to cost you any megabytes or anything if you have a data plan. It's it's just a very easy and cost, cost-free way to listen, unless you don't have free long distance, which everyone should have now. The phone number is 712-775-8162, 712-775-8162. If you forget that number, just go to the Poker Fraud Alert radio page, and you will see that phone number, 712-775-8162. You can call it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and if we're not on live, you will hear a streaming rerun, which means it just picks a random rerun from our past four years on this show and just runs it as if it's live. Now, what about me? Did you market my number at all yet in this? Uh, on the uh, no, I know. I was going to wait till you came on. So, uh-huh. if you want to text Brandon, mm-hmm. go, go ahead and give the number yourself. I shouldn't speak for you. No, go ahead. Please do. I don't know okay. by heart. Okay. If you want to text Brandon at any time, in fact, I didn't give my text number either. Uh, well, give yours first because okay. you're before me in the Struff and Drexel. No, no, I'll, I'll give yours first. I'll oh, switch nice. it up this week. If you want to text Brandon, the phone number is two zero three two nine nine. Two four three six. That's two zero three two nine nine two four three six. You can text him any time at this phone number, and uh, I presume he'll get back to you. If you want to text me during the show, just t- text the main phone number for Poker Fraud Alert seven seven five three seven two eight three five five seven seven five three seven two eight three five five, and I will read your texts on the air unless you ask me not to, such as this one from seven zero six. Please don't get on a terrestrial radio station. FCC censored shows suck. So he doesn't want us to become the next Mark Hoke. Uh, this is from uh, the Northern California guy. He's offering to co-host. He says, 
Just wanted to check regarding radio tonight. If you need a co-host, I'll be happy to join, but I'm going to be on the road at 7.30. I can join a little late when I get home, probably 9 at the latest. I, I want to point out that Trader Ruski gets on when he's on the road. and He once, he once had a horrendous crash, if you guys heard. We actually had it on the air where he, uh, he smashed the car really badly. Uh, from uh, 774, are there any other methods for me to make a donation to the free roll via debit card or credit card? Uh, no. You can, I, I guess you could give me your debit card or credit card, and I could uh, make illegal purchases with it. But other than that, no. Uh, from the 410, I'd love to come on tonight and talk about this and some news that Caesars employees aren't allowed to play in World Series events. That's been like that for years. You know, I had a former female, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, we were intimate but not ever in a relationship. This is a long time ago. Sex partner. Yeah. And, well, kind of, but she lived in a different state. She was a uh, cocktail waitress. A cocktail at, waitress. She was a cocktail waitress at one of the casinos in uh, Biloxi. Oh. And she came all the way out here to play in the employees event and she was told she couldn't <laughs> I, and, I mean this is like 2005 2006 2007 i don't know so all they can do is play the employee event no she couldn't she couldn't even wait, play you, the employees wait, event wait hold on so uh, I, I didn't know this you're telling me that the casino employees event is for all casino employees except for caesar's employees <laughs> well, no, in general the casino employee event is for Casino employees, not not it's, it's not modeled or uh, made for Caesar's employees. It's made for people that work in the other. Well, no, but now, I didn't, now, I didn't no, know they'd I, be restricted. Let me say, crazy. I know that that could have changed. I mean, this was a long time ago, but I know back then she was not allowed to play in anything at the WSOP, not even the employees event. That's insane. So, but anyhow, I, I still think even now that that that's very accurate. That say you're a porter. Or you have a bartender at Bally's. You cannot play. You're shut out of the WSOP. I'm I'm pretty confident that all is these still years the case. I never knew this. I've been playing at the World Series for I, so many. I, I didn't know this. That's crazy. Okay, this is well. From they the- don't want you know. In a lot of you know, I hate talking about the Orleans again, but a number of years ago, okay, uh, the Orleans also was known for having a bad beat jackpot, and the bad beat jackpot hit. It was very, very high. The room was packed. And what? who was it that hit it? It was an Orleans employee. And people got mad. People huh. got very, very angry that it was an employee from the Orleans. I mean, and I then they constituted a rule. Now, again, I don't know if this has changed since then. So I think that's what it is. Because from a PR standpoint, you may think, oh, it looks good. You know, someone from Caesars won, but then they're going to be the conspiracy theorists that, oh, well, you know what? He got aces so many times because – you know, so I think that's what they want to stay away from. Just yeah. any, ironically enough, any appearance of impropriety. Wow, because it doesn't make sense for any other reason. But I do know factually that, you know, if I'm like, for example, a floorman at any of the Caesars properties anywhere, that you cannot play. Wow. Uh, I assume it's still the same. Meaning, it goes for porters, maids, housekeepers. I don't know that for sure, but that's the way it was for a long time. So that's anyhow. crazy. Okay, so yeah. here's from the six one six. Mike on back. Same, yeah. Yep, I got that same. He text. shot a filthy load in Martha load and got a, her yep, pregnant. Yep, Never forget Daniel Schreiber. I'm a goddamn subscriber. Yep. Hero Poker CEO. That nigga is a goddamn pazimp. Don't fuck with him, though. How many blunts did you smoke on that draft day ass day? Filthy loads. Stephen Avery innocent. Great, great text there. Okay. Uh, from the 202, did you bankroll any Coachella tickets this year for Master Scaler? Well, 
No, but I actually met with him today to give him his second Coachella ticket, and he may actually, believe it or not, cancel his motel room because he can't afford it and just sleep like on a park bench. I'm not even kidding. He he's and he went to Coachella last week and did have a motel. He can't really afford the second week's motel, so if he can't find a roommate like in the next day, he's which I'm trying to help him do. But if he can't, he's just going to uh, cancel and sleep on the on the on a bench like he did last year for week two. But I'm going to tell a, a second story about Ken Scaler that I think is uh, applicable to 420 and Coachella. So this is what happened. Uh, this is a few years ago. Uh, Ken had to find a roommate, just like this year, for week two of Coachella. He always has someone who goes with him on week one that, that rooms with him. But week two, he always has trouble. So week two, he actually found a female who was uh, in her like mid-40s, a few years older than him. Uh, I saw a picture of her, though. She actually looked good for her age. And uh, to his surprise, she was interested in him and messed around with him. They didn't have sex, but they... I think she gave him a hand job or a blow job or something. They, they messed around a lot there in the Motel 6. But something went sour. What went sour... Oops. Didn't want that sound. What went sour was that she gave him a pot brownie. And keep in mind, Ken doesn't do drugs. He never smokes pot. He never does any kind of drugs. But she kept insisting, do the pot brownie, do the pot brownie. She was really into that. And... and I guess he got <laughs> pressured into it and did it. Well, he didn't realize that those pot brownies are so much more potent than smoking pot. So he ate the pot brownie and he got so sick and missed most of Coachella because he was too sick to even go there. He was just sick and completely out of it. He said he felt like he was going to die. So he was very bitter about this. Even though he, he got some action there, that wasn't why he was going. And then uh, he tried that pot brownie, and uh, that was the end of him for almost the entire weekend. So he wasted the whole trip and the ticket out and the expensive Coachella ticket. Tried to force himself to go, but uh, he, he just couldn't handle it there. He had, to, he had to just go back. He was so sick. In fact, I think he went to like the first aid booth for a while. Uh, have you ever uh, eaten a pot brownie, Brandon? Oh, where's Brandon? Oh, I'm sorry. I was on mute. Uh, I have back in the day, you're talking 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, I don't remember. I've never had a situation like that. Uh, you know, I liked pot when I was when I was in high school. I, I did. I You know, but then something, maybe it's just my body getting older, whatever it is. As I got older, you know, it just became less enjoyable. I'd either just get hungry. Or I'd get tired and go to sleep, and it just never didn't. It just stopped doing anything for me, and I just kind of outgrew it. Um, you know, the the other guy I used to run around with, he loved that pot. Oh, I know, constantly. He just from like what do they call that, like wake and bake. You know, wake up. First yeah, yeah. He pretty much did all day, all day and all night. Yeah, uh, 
but uh, yeah, I, I did that. I, you know, I even, uh, I, I'm kind of actually mistaken. The last thing I ever did regarding marijuana a couple years ago, someone gave me a little pee. It was so small. It didn't even do anything. You know, now the big thing with these, uh, you know, marijuana, they have what, what's called the marijuana edibles. You know, they have like yeah. marijuana ice cream. And so I took a little piece of a marijuana jo- a Jolly Rancher because I just wanted <laughs> to taste it. And it was very, it was, you know, actually I should have probably taken more because I can't even really say, you know, how it truly feels because it was, maybe it was like a sliver and it didn't, you know, it didn't do anything. But, um, I, you know, I, I don't know what your reasons are because you're, you're probably the only person close in my life you know, friendship-wise that I know of that's never even tried it. And, you know, I mean, even the people I know that are, you know, go-getters and even when they had their head on straight when they were young or well, I mean, whatever the case may be, I tried it once, a few times. But I, I seriously, if I sat here and tried to name someone else I know in my life that's never once taken a single hit, I don't think I could name one. Well, I'll tell you what, I just don't have an interest. I, I've never had an interest in any of that type of stuff, and it's because uh, I, I don't want to change – my consciousness, my state of mind, the way I feel. I, I, I just want to feel the same way I feel every day, you know, physically, except for, like, I don't want to be sick or, or feel bad in that way. But, but provided there's no problems, I'm not in kind of pain or, uh, or feel ill, uh, that's how just I want to feel. I, I, I don't want to change anything regarding my state of mind, my consciousness, or anything like that. It just is something that does not appeal to me. In fact, it's something that seems would be unpleasant to me. And I know other people feel differently about this, but this is how I feel. This is also why I don't drink. So it's not... Uh, have you ever even been buzzed? On a few rare occasions, I have been, and it, it didn't... It, again, wasn't appealing to me. It wasn't something I, I felt like I wanted to do again. I just I just don't want to. It's just... Uh, yeah. it's, it's not like... Uh, it's obviously not for religious reasons. It's not for reason. It's not really for moral reasons. It's just I have no desire. I've never had a desire. Everybody has desires for different things, and this is something I've had no desire to do. In fact, it seems like something that I would not want. So that's that's what why. about you, Trader Ruski? Uh, you ever hit that bong back in uh, community college? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I know Trader Ruski. You know. Maybe I'm giving up a little too in, much information. I've been into your little two-bedroom suite when I first met you, so I do know you kind of like to have a malt beverage from time to time. Am I right? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So uh, here's a text from 709. Chicago Joey gave you a shout-out on a recent podcast, and uh, I guess this is a separate. Poker Stars now rakes rebuys. Yeah, we've talked about that before. And this personal... Chicago Joey. I've heard that. Well, name. he does a podcast – and uh, he does this not, actually more like a video podcast, and he has it's like one where he has guests on there, and he's known for asking a lot of what is that in the background? It's not mine. Trader Ruski, what guess that that's little Katie? You got it. Yep, it's okay. She's a sweet princess. <laughs> that's his. He needs that. Um, what do they? What do they call it for? What do they call those dogs that you have to have for the handicapped people? Oh, uh, service dog. It's a service dog, Druff, so he needs it for radio. And he's That's got the right. license, too, from eBay. I, I, you know, I, I would tell him to quiet Katie down, but I think I'd be committing some form of discrimination, so I, I better not. He could sue yeah, me for this. It's a service. If, okay. if I try to prevent him from using his service animal uh, on radio, I, I could get in trouble. So, anyway, that's uh, that's from 709. And, uh, oh, I'm so many in now. They're blowing up my phone. It's, it's very hard because, look, they're just – Coming in and coming in, but uh, I'm getting the 410, the 407. 
Now, I'm on the podcast, so it, it could take some time to read all these. Yeah. And from, from the 505 said, tell Ken to ship me the rest of the brownie. <laughs> well, maybe you should have been in, in that room with that uh, woman. I'll, I'll tell you something else, by the way. Uh, Ken told me this woman's name, you know, the one he messed around with and then gave him the brownie. So I added her on Facebook. I don't know why. I just did to uh, just learn a little more about her, to kind of sp- Facebook spy. And I thought it was a long shot. I thought she'd probably just reject me because she wouldn't know who I am. Well, she accepted my friend request, and that part is not surprising. A lot of people just accept requests from whoever. But the funny thing was she frequently comments on my page. I'm not going to say who she is, at least not on radio. But she frequently comments on my Facebook page uh, as if she knows me, like as if uh, like she doesn't wonder. Or if she does wonder, I don't know what she thinks. Because she's never asked me, who are you, where do I know you from? But she comments on things that I write there as if she should know me. So I think maybe since she, she smoked so much pot, she probably thought that she met me at one of these concerts or whatever. Maybe she even thinks she's had sex with me and is too embarrassed to say, hey, how do I know you? So she believes she's a friend of mine, even though I only added her because of Ken. And I haven't told her anything about Ken or that I know him. So uh, anyway, let, let's, uh, let me give you the agenda tonight, which we're probably... Well, we haven't done that yet? No, you, you called during the intro and I let you... Uh, you We've know, been I, on for over an hour. I know. We? We, we did a lot of things in the middle, though. This is kind yeah. of... No, I, I, this is the last thing before we get going. It's kind of a uh, agenda that got interrupted, and now we're... You know, the intro is longer than other people's podcasts. I know. I've said this before. If we had an hour show, I, I, we'd, if we'd have an intro, and then the show would be over. Yeah. So All I'd right. Be, we'll okay, going. so this is why I can't be on terrestrial radio also, because if I were on terrestrial radio, uh, I would need like a, a huge block of time, which no station would want to give me, or, uh, or I'd have to pay for it myself, and I'd go broke. So it's, it's Listen, unless I'm on this specific stretch of I-15, I can't hear that 1400 AM in Vegas. So I'm <laughs> going to concede again to, to you, for those that haven't heard or maybe missed, there's no way I could translate at the current state, wattage, whatever it may be, that station into a winner. I mean, I can't even hear it. Yeah. I'd have to pull over at like mile marker 19 and I-15, <laughs> okay, if I want to listen to the 1400 AM. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay, so here's here's our uh, agenda. Uh, we, we'll have a quick segment about a semi-resolution in the Jay Searles and Lannister fiasco where we had a, a scammer among us on our forum. Mike Dentali is in more controversy. He was just on uh, David Tuckman's show. We, we, this is what we do on Poker Fraud Alert. We talk about other people, and other shows have those people on. So we uh, we just talk about people behind their backs. So Mike Dentali apparently was on the David Tuckman show, and he's in more controversy. He was in controversy before for threatening uh, Joe McKeon, the 2015 main event champion. And uh, he's in controversy again, this time regarding chip-dumping accusations. The World Poker Tour is going to be introducing a shot clock at the Tournament of Champions. This is to try to stop all the tanking that takes place in poker hands in live tournaments to where uh, it can just be brutal playing a live tournament waiting for people to act. A losing poker pro, and I put poker pro in quotes, which really should be in this case, was sentenced in New Jersey for embezzling money to fund his poker play. Change.org, where you can put petitions up for whatever you want. Someone created a petition for the World Series of Poker. They think the rake at the World Series of Poker is too damn high. So the petition on change.org is that the World Series of Poker main event should be rake-free. 
I'm sure, uh, I'm sure Seth Polanski and Jack Effel are uh, springing into action on that one. Daniel Negreanu, this is back in March, but I, I just found out about it. This is really weird. Daniel Negreanu, back in March, asked Donald Trump to post a penis pic. He really did. Tell you a bit about that. New Jersey has ruled on uh, licensing companies, or, 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 I'm sorry, on, on them licensing companies that are operating semi-illegally in other countries. That is, like if you have a, a site that provides poker games illegally, not to the U.S., but uh, to other countries besides the U.S. that are not explicitly illegal but are not really legal either. Uh, are they able to get licensed in New Jersey despite that? I'll tell you what the decision was on that. I have an update to the Atlantis Bahamas total rewards offer. Last week I was talking about how you can get a free trip to Atlantis if you're a Seven Stars member and some highly discounted trips there if you are a Platinum or Diamond total rewards member. But uh, some unfortunate information has come to light that the players who take advantage of this could be on the hook to pay for those comps. So I'll talk about what's uh, being said about that. This is a topic Brandon brought up, this next one. The Total Rewards Visa, for some people, might have a free path to Caesar's Diamond status with it, but not for everybody, for some people. I have an update on that, too. You have an update, too. (laughs) On uh, general topics, I feel that it's time to just... uh, Really uh, give up on believing there's any drama in this election and just uh, prepare for President Hillary Clinton to take office in January 2017. I think it's already over. So. Harriet Tubman will be replacing Andrew Jackson on the $20 bill, but Andrew Jackson will still be there, kind of. That's kind of weird to think about. There's been a lot of talk in the news recently about transgender people. The one guy with the bloody sock got fired today because of it. Yeah, you hear about yeah, that one? Yeah, Kurt Schilling. The bloody sock. Yep. Uh, I, I, you know, I actually know Did someone. Did you know he got fired? No, I didn't see that, but I knew he about the controversy. He fired him at uh, 4 o'clock today. Wow. Uh, you know, they, all, all these things happen right before our show, just so we can talk about them. Mm-hmm. I appreciate ESPN you know, doing that and Waiting. not doing it tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so I actually know someone who knows uh, Schilling very well, too. Of course, uh, sure it's a girl. It actually is a girl. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> okay, so uh, which uh, so which bathroom should transgender people use? We're going to talk about that and give our opinions on this. And uh, a wild day in the NBA on the last day of the regular season. 73 wins for Golden State, setting an all-time record, but that was not the biggest story that day. Not even close. Uh, the final day in the NBA, we'll talk about what happened there. So that's Did you our... watch uh, either of those contests? I, I watched the the second one, that, uh, not, not the 73-win one. The, yeah, okay. So uh, that's our agenda for this evening. You never know what else will come up. And uh, I'm getting... Uh... A bunch of phone calls. What area code is? Or this? text messages or phone calls? Or text messages. It's uh, this gentleman's very insistent, and he's uh, texts me every week. Very nice guy, probably creepy old man. But the six one six, and I only say that so he knows I'm acknowledging him. And he's dead set, been polite about it. Would love nothing more than to have some sort of crank call this evening. Um, he had an idea of I don't, I can't really understand it. I asked him to explain it. <laughs> better but 
He says India calls and pretends to be the IRS and says you owe taxes. Oh, I think and I know what he's talking about. It, well, yeah. well, okay, there's someone. Well, then he said, call Ken Scaler and say you're with the IRS. Well, anyway, this is a uh, this guy listens every week and he's texting. So you know, maybe we could do some sort of prank call for the what's six one six by the way. What is that Michigan? Um. You used to be so sharp. At I this. Don't know this you know what you need to do one day is one day to surround yourself with a bunch of area codes and study in like a room in one of your hotel rooms. It's not. To... It's not in the Western U.S. I know that for sure. But I'm that... saying back in the I day, thought it was Wisconsin. Traderuski. No, it doesn't sound Wisconsin. I'm just going to look it up. I'm admitting right now. Back in the day, up. though, people used to just say area codes, boom, and you'd spit out, boom, boom. Like you, you know, were, I, I should have gone with you, my gut. I, I was going to say Michigan. I was afraid. I to said say, Michigan. I was afraid to say Michigan. I, I, but that, I didn't. I knew it wasn't Wisconsin, like he said. But I, I was afraid to say it and sound foolish, so I didn't. And it turns out it's Grand Rapids, Michigan area. So, would you agree that you've kind of slipped with your... uh, a little with the eastern ones? The western ones, I know uh, very easily. The, the the eastern ones, because I don't deal with them as much in everyday life, uh, those can get by me sometimes. All right, so yeah, we we can try one. Someone sent me a message with a a phone number that's uh, connected to one of those IRS scams, where someone calls up and pretends to be the IRS and convinces people to give their credit card number up to pay money, quote to the IRS. In reality, they're paying to scammers. So uh, he got one of those calls and gave me the number, but he said they may not answer because it's late. But we can try it later. I don't know if it's the same guy. Uh. Let's see here. So let's get to the the first story, the the uh, semi-resolution in the Jay Searles and Lannister fiasco. If you remember last week, we had a big controversy in the forum that uh, a, a guy who posts as Lannister turned out was the same person known as Animosity and Windsor Lockwood, who's been part of our community for many, many years. And he vanished years ago because uh, he ripped China Maniac off of uh, $215. And whenever uh, China Maniac brought it up, he ran away. So for, he ran away the first time under his animosity name. Then he came back here as Windsor Lockwood and pretended to be someone different. Uh, China Maniac recognized his voice on a 2012 radio show for Poker Fraud Alert and called him out again. And there went Windsor Lockwood. He was gone too. So uh, then it, Lannister came on this forum and he was supposedly just like a very good friend of Jay Searles. And nobody knew that that was also animosity. <laughs> So it, it, they outed themselves on purpose. I don't think they were b- thinking of the scam when they outed themselves, but uh, they outed it on purpose recently that Lannister was animosity. And then the whole s- uh, scandal broke, like, okay, well, what about this $215 you scammed from Chinese Maniac? And Lannister at first was very, very arrogant about this and just saying, okay, well, ban me. I'm not paying. F you. And so he didn't have a good reason other than he blamed it on someone else. He was saying that he was actually getting this $215 for a friend. And the friend stiffed China Maniac, not him. But that's not the way he pitched it to China Maniac. He just said, you know, give me two. Someone said on the streets he's like a, uh, a poor man's Jason. <laughs> yeah, he kind of is. Like He's saying like he's saying to China Maniac, hey, let's, let's trade money. Uh, you give me... Uh, poker stars, I'll give you two fifteen on full tilt. He's like, okay, this is before Black Friday, and then China Maniac never got the two fifteen on full tilt. So now, for those that don't know, just to be clear, China Maniac, he's a former host of the Zone Blitz, and of the show too. He's, mm-hmm. he's been a co-host. He's a good here. stand-up guy. Yeah. So so China Real Maniac, uh, he's engaged. Too- Ruff, did you know this? Yeah, I did. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to the wedding. Hmm. 
So maybe I shouldn't have said that. Uh-oh. Did you not get your invite yet? No, I didn't get invited. I, I was there just a Caesars near there in the East Coast, so you would have free lodging. There almost was. It was. It was the, that Boston one. If they just oh, yeah, that's right. If they just hadn't been involved with the Russian mob, they would have had a property there. That's what's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> they screwed me here. I could have had free lodging for China Maniac's wedding. Instead, which I haven't been invited to, but but nevertheless, I, I could have had free lodging there, and because of that stupid Russian mob, I don't. So uh, anyway, uh, Lannister was using the very weak excuse of, "Oh, well, this is actually for a friend, so I don't owe it to you." Like I, I arranged the two fifteen, I asked for it personally. I was the one who said I'm trading with you, but then when you don't end up getting it, uh, it was my friend's fault, not mine. Which is well, which, I'm confused. Are we doing the intro still, or is this actually no? This the is the actual now? topic. Okay, okay. Gotcha. So so. Uh, Brandon was very vocal on on the thread about this, that uh, both Jay Searles and Lannister should just leave the forum. They should be banned. They should be gone, uh, that there's no room for people like that over here. And uh, shortly after that, uh, and Brandon, uh, you you can say whatever you want about this, but uh, I don't want to tell the rest of the story since uh, more involves you. But uh, let's just say... uh, some information about uh, Lannister, who believed he was more anonymous than he really was, was uh, discovered. And at that point, Lannister became uh, much more cooperative with paying back the money he owed. And uh, very quick, within 12 hours. Yeah, within 12 hours, he came up I with I got the- money. I, uh, he went to the bank the next day. Like I said, it was maybe 10 the next morning. Deposited money into my checking account. I immediately transferred when I woke to China. Um and then that that's really it. And then, you know, I, I was very upset because, you know, again, I, I don't ever want to make this radio show a lot about forum stuff. But, you know, he said some things that uh, I thought, especially towards me, were uncalled. Yeah, he's very, very nice. I wasn't things. really even involved in this other than the fact that, you know, it was my China's my friend. And, you know, I'll say a lot of things, say a lot of things about anybody. But, you know, China's only crime, and I think, in life. Because uh, he's a great guy, is, you know, and you're never going to hear anyone ever accuse him of any unethical or wrongdoing in the poker world. Is maybe he's a little bit too naive and a little bit too trusting. Um, but yeah, you know, as I would for any of my friends, and China's not like some online guy, someone I've met before, I've had a drink with, I've had a meal with, I've talked hours on the phone. Uh, you know, I like to tell the story that, you know, when. I uh, had this Vegas poker radio thing. We had some affiliate with some poker room site, black chip poker, blue chip poker. Yeah, <laughs> it seemed right. Something yeah, chip it, poker. it was black chip poker. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even know about it. And then after everything came crashing down, we still had a couple people that were playing and we got some rake back. And I didn't even know. And every month you'd call and say, hey, we have $34. How can I send it to you? And I'm mean, just, so, I didn't even know. But I'm just, you know, it's honest guy. So that made, it made it even more upsetting to me because, you know, just anyhow. So, uh, you know, this guy said some things I thought were uncalled for. And, you know, to be honest, and I've talked with him since, you know, I didn't really like uh, s- certain things that went on with Jay Searles. But I took a step back. I calmed down. And then I just, you know, this is what I ended up writing. I, I decided, you know what, whatever you do, you know, I'm going to let you make the choice. I don't want to, you know, I'm part of this radio show. I consider myself more than just some user. And, you know, you know, people kind of insinuate to me sometimes, especially when things get, I don't know, controversial that I have pull. And you know what? I'm not going to sit here and deny it. I mean, I guess in some way I do because I feel like I do more than the average person does, you know. And, and of course, you, you do more than everyone. Uh, but anyhow, nonetheless, I decided 
to just let you make your decision. And I made that clear to, to Searless. And, you know, now I guess Lan- Lannister is paid. So I guess if that was a reason he was banned, that really isn't valid anymore. I, I don't know. I mean, those are your rules. You, know, you, you, you obviously decide on what constitutes this and that, you know, now. But I, I do think I, I will say this. Whatever the decision is with Jay Searless, I'm really sick of hearing about this $500 back and forth. So I do think you should make some sort of ruling or Vegas, you know, is kind of giving his opinion that he's wrote it off just so we can move on from yeah, that. Yeah, Jay, and for those of you that don't know, so, Jay Searles, who's the, you know, the friend of Lannister who, who kind of outed him, you know, that was, he outed Lannister, to, they, they outed it together and they kind of laughed about it. And uh, Jay Searles, years ago, back in 2012, had a, a bet with uh, Vegas 1369 about something really stupid about how many times Jay Searles misused the word then instead of the word than. And, uh, Vegas 1369 won the bet for $500, and then Jay Searles didn't want to pay, claiming that uh, something like the bet wasn't serious or uh, he didn't understand it right or something like that. It was a really weak reason, and uh, many people feel that this was like a free roll on the part of Jay Searles and that uh, that when he didn't win, he that he just went back to, oh, I, I didn't really understand what I was betting or, or I didn't think it was serious, and, and people have been – so he actually actually banned for, for years over this, and Jay Searles was only left back on the site – when a whole lot of other people were let back on and kind of a almost a amnesty sort of thing with poker fraud alert. Not, not scammers weren't let back. Uh, the only one who was let back who was accused of anything involving money was Jay Searles. And that was only after Vegas 1369, who was the victim of all this, said, uh, you know, I don't care. Let him back. Because if, if Vegas 1369 said I don't want him back, I wouldn't have brought him back. But since the victim of it said I'm OK with bringing him back and since it's. I said, OK, he can come back, but he can't ever handle money on this site in any way, shape or form ever again. So, uh, but but some people are, are calling now for Jay Searles to be banned again. I think uh, again, you should just resolve it one way or the other. Yeah, I've got to figure out what to do with this. Even though there's nothing new with that part of the story, just because he he it turned out he was involved with another guy who scammed there, and and uh, it was. But anyhow, the, the, I guess the moral of the story is that China got his restitution. Yeah, he got his money back, and uh, <laughs> that's good. You know, I talked with and I posted this. I talked with him on the phone. Uh, Lannister he apologized. And uh, that's it. You know, if he's respectful to me, I got nothing against the guy and just move on from here. What I find you know? amazing, though, it's, it's so funny how a lot of these people on the Internet are so brave with just saying the nastiest things to people and trying to be the biggest assholes and even in some cases scam people. And they just feel invincible. But the second their personal information is found and it can touch their real life, then they get then they suddenly get more reasonable. Then they, he, they he get was a very uh, he was very gentleman, gentleman like in. Apologetic on the phone. I mean, I never would have thought that was a guy that was uttering the kind of language he was, you know, in the forums. Yeah. Totally different person. Just, so just keep in mind, everybody, it, it's very hard to truly stay anonymous. Even if you think you're anonymous, you think you've made no mistakes. There's a lot of times small mistakes you may have made at some point that you don't even realize to where you'll be found. And, and there's a lot of smart people on the forum who listen to this radio show who can pick up on the smallest mistake and find out who you are. So. I'll tell you that uh, my nominee so far for 2016 Poker Fraud uh, Rookie of the Year, Frank Rizzo, he's been a very vocal uh, opponent of this whole Jay Serialist thing uh, with the money. I don't know if you've caught on to yeah, this. Yeah, I've seen Rizzo's that. I've seen really he's, he's... taking a stand on, on he thinks that uh, Vegas has been wronged and 
Yeah, yeah, uh, he's been he's been very. Uh, I like that Rizzo guy. about this. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. in fact, some people on the forum have been annoyed that that Frank Rizzo has been uh, so involved in this when he he's very has, vocal when he hasn't been. Uh, well, he's Italian though. And those people <laughs> they have morals. When he hasn't been uh, one of the parties to everything that was happening. So okay, let's let's get past that here. Uh, so at least uh, China got paid back. Uh, Mike Dentali. This is uh, a guy. I I don't think I've ever met him, but. I've met people like him in card rooms, and I don't like people like this. There, there's, there's these guys. Oh, I'm sorry, Jeff. Trederuski. Trederuski. Did you have yep. anything you wanted to add about the? Because I know that you know you were a big part of the Lannister Jay Searless thing. Is there anything you wanted to add before we close the segment? Nope. Continue. I didn't know too much about it. Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah. Trederuski is more of a, a radio guy here. I know. So okay, so uh, so Mike Dantali is he's from the East Coast. He plays at Borgata, a lot of other East Coast casinos, and he's uh, he's one of these uh, muscle bound, uh, uh, steroid looking guys who uses his size and physical intimidating factor uh, to bully people and to kind of act uh, kind of uh, pissed off. All the, like if you if you get him irritated, he's going to use that to try to scare you. He's one of those type of guys, kind of one of the uh, bullies of the table. I don't mean bullies uh, by his play style. I mean by his uh, personal behavior. And uh, I I don't think I've played with him. I don't think I've ever met him personally. But I've had others at the table like him in the past, and I've always hated having these guys at the table. And usually they're just full of crap. They're just using their appearance to try to, to do this. But they, in reality, they don't really want to fight anybody. In reality, they're not going to do anything. They just want to scare you. So uh, Mike Dentali was threatening Joe McKeon a few months ago over Twitter, saying that he'll he'll throw him in the Bellagio fountain and drown him. Now, wasn't this McKeon in the news the other day for something? Or last yeah, yeah, he was being very immature about the World Series start times. But Joe McKeon has his own issues. This is a guy who really he's young. He's not really ready for the fame associated with the main of being a main event champion and he says and does a lot of stupid things i don't think he's a, a bad guy i just think he's very immature he needs to grow up uh so anyway uh he had inclu- he had accused dentali of uh, being banned from certain card rooms because of cheating and dentali got very mad and that's when he was threatening to to, to beat him up to throw him in the block this fountains. isn't the same uh, any relation to the Lakers coach Mike D'Antoni, right? These no, are... no, slightly different. Slightly okay. different. So, it would probably be a better coach than Mike D'Antoni, though. Funny if he if he were appointed to do so. So we have a new story with Mike D'Antoni here, and this does not involve Joe McKeon in any way. This has to do with uh, the tw- a satellite table, a satellite to the twenty five k high roller at the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. This is the same Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open that uh, PLOL, a former and maybe current listener. The Rainbow Coalition. Yes, Rainbow uh, Flops. Yeah, the Rainbow Flops guy who, who once stole, he, he cyber squatted their website. He actually registered SHPRO.com and uh, and had some. Uh, now, 
some I guy just, serve him papers to give mm, it back. <laughs> for the record, I want to say my favorite bad boy of poker of all time is the infamous Carter Gill, who in the 2011 World Series of Poker, maybe 10, threw a prostitute's clothes out the window at the Rio. Yeah, that was great. Got ejected. Remember yeah, that? That was great. Yeah, it, it was like yeah. he had a, he, he had a big stack in the tournament too. It was like between yeah. day one and two, he threw a, he threw some girls' clothes out the window at the Rio and got banned. <laughs> yeah. and I thought it was back. his girlfriend. I didn't think it was a prostitute. I don't know. It was it was kind of hard to tell what she was. But anyway. Uh, well, it's a better story to be a prostitute, so I'll just stick yeah. with it. So, uh, this this is what was posted by Jason Wheeler, who was at this table, this final table. No relation to Lisa Wheeler. Not not relation to Lisa Wheeler or to uh, to Zach Wheeler, the the pitcher for the Mets. Neither yes. one. Lisa Wheeler, by the way, you know, she's a, a poker photographer or something. And at one point, no, she's not. She was. She's not. She's never been. She's uh. One of these, what are they called? Poker organizers. For well, no, no, but she fun. was. I, she, I, I saw a picture she I took. I mean, I've known her for. Okay, but I, I saw a picture. She, I've never I, but seen I saw, her taking no photos. I saw tons of She's pictures. She's done charity events at the Golden Nugget. Okay, let me tell you something. I the, mm-hmm. I didn't even know her at first. I used to see pictures that she had taken, like in Card Player or wherever else. It's like, like photo credit, Lisa Wheeler. I saw it all the time. And she actually started a company with this guy named uh, Rob Gracie. They called it Greasy Wheels. And a lot of it was about, like, photography. So. All right. So anyway, uh, getting getting back to this stuff. Uh, th- this is what uh, Zach Jason would not Zach with it. Jason Wheeler wrote. <laughs> now you're getting me confused. He, this is what he wrote on two plus two, which occurred at this final table to win a seat at the a twenty five k seat at the Seminole Hard Rock Poker Open. And uh, he was there, and Mike Dentali was there. He says, "Well, it's." It's not with a light heart that I'm writing this post. <laughs> it never is. Like, come on. We're gonna, you, you start that off when like somebody's died. You don't write that about a cheating scandal. I don't like to get involved in these things because it just ends up a big mess. I don't really feel like repeating this story a hundred times. I'd rather just move on with my life. But at the same time, I felt it important to write down everything exactly as I remember it as quickly as I can before any details get lost. I also think it's important to inform the community as to what happened, so here it goes. I, I don't like this intro. It kind of rubs me the wrong mm-hmm. way. I don't. Li- I already don't like it. Cliff notes and setup. I will oh try God. to present. <laughs> the guy from the Bahamas did this. I will try to present everything as factual as I can without putting conclusions or emotions into the post. Just, just spit it out already. Spit it out. I, I don't want to hear this. No, it's no too more... much of what do they call that? Uh, Disclaimers. Uh, preamble. Yeah. Just, just post, okay, this is what happened today at the final table of the satellite to the 25K right. SHP. Just, just say that. Give us some sort of disclaimer. like it, it. Especially once you read the story, it's perfectly logical someone would post about this. It's so almost just, like I'd rather hear Zach Wheeler. Yeah, he'd probably do a better job with it. Okay. We're ten-handed at the final table of a SATI. Don't call it a SATI. It's, just, it's a satellite. A SATI. A SATI to the 25K high roller. Seven places get seats, and eighth place gets seventeen thousand. Ninth and tenth get zero. So you, you can make the final table of this and still walk away empty-handed, which sucks. Don't, don't you hate when you make a final table and you end up with zero? There's no, like, yeah, that happens you. at the Orleans a lot. That pisses me off. I, I hate that. They go, Congratulations to the final table. You're like, I haven't won anything. I, I'm so pissed when I go out on the final table and I have zero in my pocket. It gets me so mad. Okay, sorry. Let me go on. I've just I've had bad memories of some of these small. When was tournaments. the last time you've played a tournament other than the WSOP? Anyhow, it's been a while, but uh, you know, I dumb. Just name one. Name any other tournament <laughs> you ever play. I, I mean, you don't ever just go down to the Commerce or the. No, I have not. Not in the last I don't know two years or so, but I I, I have gone down occasionally to these Commerce series and play one here or there. 
Didn't you win one of those? I did, I did like in 08. Yeah, in fact, I, I won to spite uh, Marty because Marty was uh, making fun of me that I'm, I suck at no limit and I'll, I have no chance. I mean, that's eight years ago. You're still fighting with him then, huh? You know, seven years ago. Yeah, I, I went back. I went to uh, – so he, he mocked me that I, I suck at no limit. I have no chance. I'm dead money. So I went down to Commerce and played like a 1,500 buy-in tournament and won it. No limit. Just, just to show him off. Listen, I want to go on the record and say that I hope this – peace treaty, the Israeli-Palestinian whatever comparison you want to make, it holds, because it's actually been nice seeing the two of you kids get along for a while yeah, now. Well, I'll, I'll try. So, been doing good. So, anyway, going on with, with uh, Zach Wheeler's story. Uh, blinds are at 3,000, 6,000, and we have just taken a 10-minute break. I run upstairs, even though we only have 10 minutes instead of the normal 15-minute break. This results in me having to jog all the way back. To, who cares? Who cares if you jogged? I don't care if you... This guy's the worst storyteller ever. I had to jog on the way back. Why don't you tell us uh, how long it took you to piss and whether you washed your hands afterward, whether you used a, uh, liquid soap or, or solid soap to wash your hands. Just, just get to the damn thing. As I'm going past the drink and snack station outside the tourney room, I notice Lily Coletto and Mike Dentali standing close to each other having a conversation. I do not hear the contents of the conversation. Now, Lily Coletto, I haven't heard of her before. But uh, looking at pictures of her, uh, she looks- Jay Ryderson told me she uh, is kind of well known. Yeah, she's I've, I've done seen her. something before. I've seen her around. She knew who she was. I've, I've never seen her heard. around. In fact, I think I've played Limit Hold'em with her before. I mean, a lot of these Asian chicks at Limit Hold'em look the same to me, but she kind of looks like uh, she doesn't look like full Asian. She looks like maybe half Asian. I don't know. Anyway, she's. Uh, if you're into Asian chicks, which I'm not really, but if you're into Asian chicks, she's she's pretty hot. You know, I was the last Asian chick I dated. I really liked her. It was a good relationship, but there was so much uh, prejudice because of the mix. She was a black North Korean. Oh, weird. Yeah, and it just a lot of people just felt uncomfortable with the black North Korean with the, you know. It's kind of like a. Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, who's a half black, half Japanese. Yeah. Ever heard of that combination of black North Korean? Never. Never. It's weird. So anyway, uh, Lily Coletto, that's spelled uh, K-I-L-E-T-T-O, if you want to Google her. Uh, so she, she was standing with Mike Dentali. They're talking close. You know, they're close to each other having a conversation. So he says, I sit back down at the table. We play the first hand. We have three short stacks at the table. Remember, there's ten left. Ninth and tenth get a big zero, and eighth get seventeen k, which is uh, only a little bit short of the twenty five k seat as far as the value. So you just don't want to finish ninth or tenth here, obviously. Uh, so three short stacks, so one of them's going to end up uh, really in trouble. Lily has blinded all the way down to five k. How do you even do that if you're <laughs> if it's a three and six thousand blinds? How do you blind down to five k? I guess somehow she did. As the hand before break, there was a double all in, and she had to fold her big blind. Uh, two other players at the table are short with around 22k and 32k respectively. The rest of the players at the table all have over 40k, and Mike Dentali and an older man at the table have big stacks at the table, both over 100k. So it's a remember this is a satellite. So once they get down to seventh, they quit because they uh, there's there's no better for finishing first than seventh. So they they they've got to eliminate the ninth and tenth, and eighth gets 17k. Eighth gets a little bit of cash now. Eighth gets 17k. Oof. All right. I what was the buy-in for this? I don't even know, but the, it's either 25k seed for first through seventh, uh, 17k cash for eighth, and zero for ninth and tenth. I would have taken the cash. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of thinking I'd rather have the cash too. Uh, so, anyway, they uh, you just 
so of these three remaining, two are going to go home empty-handed, one's going to go home with something. So uh, Lily, obviously, is, is the one in real dire straits because she's super short and, like, actually four times less than the next shortest deck. She's in the big blind. So before the hand starts, the guy in seat 10 can't see seat 1 and, and 2, so he confirms Lily stacks. She says aloud, I have 4K. I guess she has 4K now instead of 5K. And and he apologized, saying he wasn't trying to needle, just couldn't see it. I guess the reason he's saying this is because everyone heard her say that she has 4K left. Folds around to Lily in the small blind. She has 3K in for the blind and 1K behind. So obviously she's all in for sure. She puts the chip in, and the dealer announces all in. Mike looks at his cards quickly and says, I fold. So he's in the big blind for, for 6K. She goes all in for 4K, and Mike Dentali... Folds. <laughs> I, I talk about uh, talk about having pot odds. He had to put in zero more to see the. Now, hand I play. heard it wasn't just that he folds, but he threw his cards into the muck. Right, right. So this is what. And so, then was, and an ace was retrieved. Well, yeah. So this is what. So he goes on to tell the story. So he says, "You know, let me tell you. Uh, you know how I even know that? How do you think I know that? I thought you read the story. No, Jeannie told me over dinner tonight. Oh. Huh. Okay, she so kind of gives me sometimes. She, we're sitting there, we're having, we're sharing a a, a crab boil at the oyster <laughs> bar, and she's like, "So what? Did, what's on the agenda?" And I start telling the topics. I'm reading right off the fraud site, and she's like, "Good topic, good topic, good topic." And then I, I tell her, "I'm like, you know, Druff picks these topics, and then you know, I don't have no say." And you know, I mean, not that I'm complaining. I'm like, you know, he, he knows, he does the investigative whatever, and she, and she knew every topic. She's like, really? oh yeah, I knew the Negrano penis thing two months ago. <laughs> this is what happened. Yep, I knew about this, uh, Mike D'Antoni. This is what happened, and she knows it all. That's great. Oh, so, I know what happened so, with you know, yeah, lock poker, not paying, and and that <laughs> Astro bag or what is? How do you say the last name again? Astro sadness. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, let Annette. me get back to uh, Annette. Annette, Annette Overstadt. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so he says, dealer doesn't react right away. So he quickly says, I fold. So dealer doesn't react right away. So he quickly says again, I fold, and tosses his cards into the muck, deep into the muck, he actually said. As Lily starts to throw her cards deep into the muck also, the rest of the table responds and starts saying, what's going on? Because, of course, Mike Dentali already has 6K in for the big blind. She's in the small blind, and the most she can put in is 4K. So she says, all in. And, and he f- throws his hand away anyway, even though he has to call with zero dollar, with zero tournament dollars. There's no, there's no way you'd ever fold there. So, in fact, he shouldn't be allowed to. So, and they both throw their cards deep into the muck, so they can't be retrieved. So everybody does their best to stop the dealer from doing anything else and uh, call the floor man over. Then Mukul Pahuja gets involved, and I have, to, I have to give a disclaimer here. Mukul Pahuja. Who's like a kind of a, a newer tournament player? He's not young. He's an Indian guy. He's Kambe Matumbo. Close. Uh, he's an Indian guy. He's from the East Coast. He's a he's a good tournament player, but the guy was kind of a dick to me at the event that we both were doing well in at one point the uh, the fifty fifty DraftKings event where you had the awful day two. Yeah. So I I didn't have as bad of a day two as you, but I, at one point after you were gone, the table I was at, which was already a bad table got even worse, and they moved some people who were like even better to my table. I also had the worst table image because I kept like either missing flops or I'd like three bet with a hand that couldn't get a four bet. So like I, someone would raise, uh, you know, middle position. I'd have sixes. I'd three bet them, and then it would come back to somebody else who'd go all in. And I don't want to run off my all my chips with sixes. So I, I you know, because I wasn't short stacked. 
so I'd fold. So like this kept happening, situations like that where I'm just keep like folding every time someone's check raising the flop, folding every time they go over the top on me a pre flop, and like whenever I have a big hand, for some reason no one's ever doing that. Like I, it's just like horrible timing on my part. And my image just looked like shit, and I never played with most of these people before, including Michael Pahuja, who did this to me a number of times. So they were probably taking shots at me, thinking that I was like super weak and just laying down to everything. So anyway, uh, I, I was so happy when I got moved from that table, by the way, and I and I was. And I started to do a lot better once I got moved. But Makul Pahuja, uh, after doing this to me several times, they're just being happy he keeps running me off hands. After one of the times he knocks me off, he says, uh, uh, what, uh, three betting, is, uh, you, you can never call a four-bet a four shove that this is never in your range, he says to me, after I fold? Like, that's a dick thing to say. He's winning pot after pot like that. He should be happy. Instead, he's mocking me for folding. So that was a dick move. I just, I just didn't say anything. I just ignored him. Anyway. Does he know you have a fraud show? No, I doubt he knew anything about me. He just saw me as some like middle-aged white guy who, who was always folding to re-raises. I, I was so waiting for a hand. I wasn't even waiting for like, a super premium. I was so waiting for like a, a hand that I'd be okay going all in with or calling one of these all-ins with. But I, it was just always the worst spot. I totally missed the flop, and they're check-raise all-inning my, uh, my C-bets. Or I've got bottom pair or something, something where I'm just never happy with it, or uh, or, or they're re-raising me pre-flop where uh, my hand's not good. It was just never the right timing. And, I, and also, one of the times I actually made a really good fold, and again they probably thought I was weak. I were were uh, like a short stack uh, went all in, the button three bet, uh, and then I four bet with jacks out of the small blind. And then went back to the the button, which went all in, and I folded, and it turned out the the button had queens, and I would have been knocked out. But no one saw I had jacks. They probably thought again they ran me off. Though everyone saw the queens, but, but still. So anyway, uh, getting back to the store, Makul Puja leads the charge, saying, "Mike, you can't fold. It's all in. We have to go to a showdown. I mean, what's going on? This can't be real." Now Lily is saying that Mike folded his cards, and they're already in the muck, and. Uh, that, that she should win the hand. So McCool's still, still going on uh, with Mike saying, what the hell's going on? Mike's yelling back at McCool saying, he swears on his family that he would never cheat. <laughs> no, I gotta ask again, I'm sorry. What is his name? McCool to what? McCool Pahuja. That's M-U-K-U-L. What, what uh, nationality is that? He's Indian. Uh, Navajo or from India? No, from India. Okay. Right. Yeah. And he was a good player. He just was a he was just a dick to me there. Like if you just if you keep winning pot after pot against me, don't needle me when I'm losing. And I said nothing to him the whole time. It's not like I was ever nasty to him. Anyway, so I, I don't want this to be about me. I'm going back to the story. So uh, the floor man comes in, tries to c- calm it down some. Floor man asks the dealer what happened. The dealer confirms the events as stated. Floor man asks the dealer if both hands are retrievable. That is the Mike's hand and uh, Lily's hand. The dealer states with 99% certainty that these are the four cards involved and the hands are retrievable. But the cards were really close to each other, so it's very hard to tell which two belong to whom. So they've got that problem. They don't know whose cards are whose. We so, have the Hanson kid, by the way, in the chat. Quick shout out. Yeah, I noticed that. There's, you know, the Hanson kid, I'm, I'm happy he's still listening, though. He told me I should be listening to Tuckman's show. How can I listen to Tuckman's show when I'm doing this one? I didn't understand. Does the ha- Hanson has a show still or no? No, but the Hanson kid is uh, – he's friends. He had one. I'd go in his chat too. Yeah, but he's friends with, with Tuckman. That's, uh, that's why he was telling me to listen. So anyway, I'm, I'm happy he's still listening though. 
So Floorman asks uh, Dentali if he remembers his cards. And Dentali says, mumble something about a four and having something else, but it's not clear what that is. Kind of like mumbles. He mumbles badly. He, he seems to temporarily only remember one of his cards he just looked at. Then the dealer, uh, after about a minute, turns to Lily says, uh, what were your two cards? She said that she had four seven of clubs. And so the floor man looks at uh, two of the four cards, finds four seven of clubs, and says, okay, well, these had to be yours. So then there's only two cards left. So then he asks Dentali, oh, what's your hand? So suddenly Mike remembers at this point. He says, actually, I think it was an ace and a four. And sure enough, it was, there was an ace of hearts and four of hearts. So people are thinking this is really strange, that when they can't figure out whose cards are whose, Mike is only remembering a four and nothing else. But, uh, but as soon as they figure out with certainty which two are Lily's, then since he knows by process of elimination that they have, uh, you know, they can figure out his cards, then suddenly he remembers them accurately. And it's ace-four suited. Like, how would you forget you had ace-four suited? So he says, during, that time, mo- during most of this time, Dentali and Mukul were having a discussion, and it was escalating slowly. Dentali kept swearing on his family that he would never cheat and would never have folded if he knew she was so short. And McCool basically said, come on. Uh, and, and, once, and then uh, this Wheeler kid saying, once I saw he didn't remember the ace, but when only pressed with two cards left where 99% had to be his, he remembered the ace. I turned to McCool and said, he had to have known she was short because he suddenly remembers the ace. Do you know that Dikembe Mutumbo was still a defensive force in the NBA even in his early 40s? He wasn't really. I, I mean, mean, he played, but he wasn't that good. I mean... He played a long time. I'll give him that. Okay, go ahead. Somehow, when these words hit Dentali's ears, he gave me the quote, uh, Mike is a liar. What a fucking piece of shit. Mike Dentali then lost it at this point and started yelling loud enough to be heard across the entire tournament room. Told me to fuck off and fuck my family and fuck my mother, etc. and so forth. Mm. He stood up halfway from his chair, screaming at the top of his lungs, with spit flying in all directions, hunched over in my direction. It took it out on me ten times harder than he was on McCool. I can only assume this is because of them having a history, knowing each other and playing against each other for so many years, where Mike and I barely knew each other, as I barely play on the East Coast. So I feel like he almost felt bad going at McCool and was looking for another target. I responded with, fuck my mother, bro? Is that really where we're taking this? <laughs> Then he responded saying, fuck your mother, three more times even louder. At this point, I lost my cool sum and yelled back saying, you don't bring my family into this shit and that he had no class. At this point, Floorman and security were around. They discussed the situation for quite some time, but they could not get a hold of the, the top tournament director to figure out what, was, what to truly do. This always happens. Like, I don't know why these tournament directors are so hard to reach during these tournaments. Why, why is it so hard to get a hold of them sometimes? It seems like these stories always end with they can't get the top person to make a ruling. Why, why aren't they reachable? I'll tell you, when that Helmuth got banned or had like a one-round penalty, uh, they called that one guy at home. Yeah. Well, Helmuth always, you know, he, he gets favoritism and all that stuff. Yeah. So he says, Listen, I got to switch real fast to the a mobile Skype. All right. I'll be right back. Okay. Just- they, they ended up giving Mike Dentali a two-round penalty, and they run out the hand. Lily uh, hit a seven and doubled up. Most of us protested the floor man that no way was a two-round penalty an appropriate punishment, and, we, and could we address the collusion cheating? But at the time, we were just pushed aside and told to play on. So, so he's pissed here that Mike was given a two-round penalty for saying, fuck your mother, over and over. Uh, so first of all, that wasn't enough given the scene he created, they're saying. And second, why is he getting no penalty for was obviously chip-dumping? 
why, why was Mike, uh, you know, trying to let Lily survive by, by folding on purpose when she's all in blind? Pretty much. She's uh, almost all in blind. She, her all in isn't bigger than his big blind. Like the, how, since he's obviously dumping chips to her this way. Why is there no penalty or punishment for that? So uh, they eventually got a hold of the top tournament director. Wait, this, are we still on the satellite story? Yeah, but but at this point, Jesus, Lily... we're going to be on the radio a long time tonight. We will. At this point... Hanson will be long in bed. Well, he, he can download in the archives. So they got a hold of the top he's tournament director. He's got a Caesars uh, Baccarat tournament tomorrow. He's got to be up early. Okay, well, yeah, choices. So they, they eventually got a hold of the top tournament director, but by this point, Lily had busted out of the tournament and things had changed. So I think they decided to let him play instead of the disqualification that I feel he would have gotten if the play had been stopped until this issue was resolved. So basically, Don't because, you think that the top tournament directors probably shouldn't take days off during tournament series, maybe the rest of the year when they don't have anything going on? That should be Yes, yes. This always seems maybe. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. This has happened before over there where they can't get a hold of the top tournament director. It's, it's so ridiculous. Like, just be at least be reachable by phone or something. Uh, like take the or phone. you know what you do? You do like a mobile MD. You hire the Matt Savage, and they just tweeted him like everyone else does. You ever see these tweets? Like yeah. Matt Savage, it's always like big blind has to call, or like it, it's, <laughs> yeah. You ever read it? Like yeah, yeah, Matt they the, right. They they should have like a backup tournament director who they can reach. Matt right. Savage, like a like a mobile MD tournament director, and they tweeted. That's him, a good idea, or actually. Even, or a, maybe even if you get, what you do is this. Listen, this is what I'm thinking. Every casino gets a little iPad at the table. And then whenever there's a problem, all you do is you FaceTime Matt Savage. Oh, he comes on there and he says, he says, okay, well, I rule that uh, Lily's out of the yeah. tournament. And then, right, exactly. And then you know what? If it's like somewhere that doesn't have a lot of budget, then you get one of those little Samsung Galaxies <laughs> or a cheaper tablet. I'm just saying. Right, Trader Ruski? Absolutely. All right, beautiful. So, so, uh, so, so, so basically they decided to just like forget this whole thing happened because Lily busted anyway at some point uh, while Mike was on penalty. So they're like, oh, well, she's out anyway. Who gives a crap that he was trying to collude with her? So, so they just – We ever see that though? I'm serious though. Matt Savage, like somebody will tweet from like Casino like Ohio like or Casino like Montana and like we were playing this – you know, forty-five dollar tournament tonight, and you know, I mean, do you see these tweets? And he's like, "Well, you have to." No, do I, I haven't have seen to... it, but they they, sh- they should have him like or have someone on call. They should always have some, someone to reach in these circumstances. But anyway, so so yeah. uh, so Mike kept playing, and uh, then then he started. Uh, so the table thought that. Uh, so he said after serving the two pound two the two round penalty, Mike came back to the table. He thought that he'd been punished extra hands. And should have been back sooner, but he didn't realize someone had busted and changed position he would have returned to. That set him off again, and he commented at the table, keep me out two extra hands. That's how you got to do a cheat to win. So he was he was giving the table a hard time that no one called him back because someone busted and, and he walked away for too long. Somehow it was, uh, he was claiming they were all trying to cheat and suppress that from him. So then this set McCool off, and McCool Pahuja then couldn't take it anymore. Uh, he said, 12 years, 12 years I've known you, this is McCool, and you were one of the... F- First that I played with. I don't know what that even means. Mike said some more things which, which got him uh, removed from the tournament room once again. So he got uh, removed a second time. I don't know why they put up with this. When, when someone really, really acts out like this, they should just boot them completely. They shouldn't have tolerance for that. If you have to remove someone from the room twice in a short period of time for their behavior, they should just be out of the tournament. It'll make it so much more pleasant for everybody. Those, those people just shouldn't be playing poker tournaments live if this is the way they're going to act. I guess I, I don't believe- I think it should be like the NBA. You get a technical, 
Okay, and then like you miss a round, then after that you get ejected. Yeah. And then you have someone like Joey Crawford. You know who Joey, Joey Crawford is? Um, He's a very famous long-time NBA referee. Anyhow, you right. have someone like that, and you have them actually wearing the zebra stripes, okay? <laughs> and then they give technicals. They have a whistle around their neck. I mean, it's time to get, you know, it's the 21st century. Uh, but I agree. I, I, there's too much leniency. Like, I'm telling you, and you've seen this, and I, I listen. I played, you know, the other night I couldn't sleep. And I'm laying in bed, and I'm just trying to think, you know, just in my head. I'm like, how many card rooms have I played in my entire life? I'm just trying to think. And, I mean, it was a lot. It was like over 100 card rooms. And all the card rooms I've been to, the most abuse, most abusive players by far that I've ever been, you know, where it's just continuously, you know what's going to happen is, is commerce. And yeah. I've seen, I mean, you've seen this too. And, I, I mean, I've seen cards thrown in dealers' faces. Yeah, I have too. And they let people stay there. Like, the first time, listen. I mean, maybe the dealers are mutt. Maybe the dealers not dealing the game right, but you don't ever throw cards and like hit them in the face. No, it's or, outrageous. You know, like, and I've seen that, and they just come and they say to the player, "Don't throw cards in the dealer's face." <laughs> I mean, and you've seen this too. I mean, yeah. And the amazing thing is, if they kick these players out, there's not going to be an outrage like, "Oh my god, how do you guys do that?" Like, everyone would support it, except for the guy kicked out. Everyone would support it. And say, "Good." Nobody wants these guys at the, the table. And then it's like there's almost like a subculture of poker racial wars going on like the asians don't like the the i don't know if you want to call them armenians or persians or whatever but have you ever noticed that like yeah, the asians yeah. are in their own group and they don't like the persians and then the persians don't like the asians and then the white guy like the white jewish guy he's just kind of all his, on his own <laughs> he's just sitting there with 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 the bowl of chinese food mongolian beef from broccoli just hoping his aces don't get cracked yep I mean, that's kind of where you and I fall. I never had no uh, allegiances when I was at the Commerce. No, I was no. the white kid by himself. Yep. So, so yeah, you're, you're right. Maybe there sh- should be like a technical foul thing. And then after this, the second time that you get uh, ejected from the table in that day, it should be something like uh, – Or sh- in South America, you, should you be throw like a, a yellow card. Yeah. If you like when the, the poker stars or whatever – South American tour, you have a referee there, like a Spanish guy, and then he just throws a yellow, yeah, a yellow card. And like then to make the game even more popular, when someone wins a big pot, they scream, "No!" <laughs> okay, so, okay, let's get back to the story. I'm here. just saying, that's how I'd run my casino. Go ahead. So going back to the story. Uh, so then, uh, when he was finally allowed back, he was super short and got it in in the first or second hand back. He was called in several spots and busted. When he came back to the room to collect his cash, I guess he finished eighth, so he got the 17K, he mouthed the words, uh, fucking asshole, to McCool. He wasn't sure that McCool saw it, so he mouthed the words again. I was standing behind McCool and saw it happen. At first thinking maybe he was speaking to me, McCool responded by saying, you can say whatever you want to say out loud. Mike went off saying some other things, and when security came to take him out of the room, he tried to say he did nothing but come back into the room to get his cash that, that McCool had started with him. So, uh, look, I'm not going to read the rest of the post. It's just kind of a recap of what he wrote. But uh, the, the point is here that uh, th- there was definitely some kind of chip dumping going on. I mean, first he's talking to Lily during the break. Then he does this weird thing where despite the fact that Lily's chips were announced, like the hand before to the whole table, that uh, she goes all in 
short, and he doesn't. He just immediately folds his cards and says out loud, "I fold." Says it twice and deeply mucks his hand. It's so clear that he told Lily on the break for whatever reason. They they agreed. Okay, I'm going to do all I can to keep you in this. So you know, just just go all in and I'll fold against you all the time. So so this uh, this definitely happened. Now this is what Dentali said in response. You know, by the way, he was on tonight on uh, Tuckman's show, and that's why I tried to call into the show when he was on there and talk to him kind of before we could talk about it because that was just the timetable here. I did not get through, but that's what we tried to do. And uh, but anyway, here's here's what uh, Dentali said in reply. He said, uh, this is a response to Jason Wheeler accusing me of colluding. Yes, we were ten-handed at the final table in which two people were going to get knocked out with nothing. Seven seats were getting 25K. Eighth was getting around 18K cash. I had the second largest stack. I was in very good shape to get a seat. I was on auto fold and really wasn't about to get caught up with any hands that started bleeding ships. So this is his excuse that in, in, you know, in satellites when you've got a huge stack, the right thing to do is fold every single hand, even aces, because you're going to – Make it to the top, whatever, no matter what, because it doesn't matter if you finish first or seventh. It's the same thing. So he, I'm gonna be honest. I don't like satellites anyhow. Yeah, I don't either. So I just either buy in or I won't play. That's that's how I feel. I hate satellites. And you know, it's so the worst is you win the satellite, you're all happy, and then you play and you lose, and you're like, why did I do all this? Like I, it, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I got in for cheaper, but uh, like I felt like I won something and I really didn't. That's why it's actually kind of nicer to win the cash, where at least you uh, you've walked. Trader Ruski, do you like satellites? Only if I'm <clears throat> only if I'm gonna just play them to get you know just to sell the chips and for the cash like a yeah. go you know so we're all in agreement. Now the other thing I was thinking we're talking about social responsibility. What if every casino or poker dojo had like a uh, like a holding cell, kind of <laughs> like they have at like you know you know like uh, many uh, NFL stadiums. And this is true; they actually have cells where they put the drunken fans and people that. You know, streak and violate the rules before the the police can come get them. So maybe you have a whole department of corrections. Maybe the Bahamas actually had the right idea. <laughs> maybe a refugee camp at the yes S H R P O. Corrections for prisoners on with bad behavior, poker players mm. with bad behavior. Maybe maybe the uh, the Bahamian authorities of the refugee camp could cater it too with the uh, the mashed potatoes and anchovies. Yes, yes. So okay, so. He says, uh, so he goes, so he's trying to say that he just was folding everything and he wasn't paying attention. So he says, I had a few drinks and was feeling great that I was going to get a seat and didn't have to stress on it like most satellites. This clown Jason, I guess he's a clown just like Mason Malmuth is a clown, uh, as, as says as he entered the hallway, he noticed me and Lily talking right before the break. Uh, first of all, it was me, Lily, and her boyfriend, Caldo who I'm very good friends with. So yes, why wouldn't we be talking? For this piece of garbage to assume and accuse me of colluding infuriates me. Last time I noticed Lily's stack before the break, she had 15 bigs. I found out later that she lost a hand before the break in which I had no idea. And let me tell you why this is BS. If you're in a satellite and uh, you're going to break at the final table, 10 people left and only 8 get anything, and you're the very shortest stack, and you're, you're at break and you're standing there for a while talking to one of the other players, do you ever, 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 if you're that super short stack, do you ever not say anything about that? Could you ever imagine talking to another player on break at the, who's at the final table with you? Could you ever not mention the fact that you have a tiny stack? Of course you would. Of course you would. She would say something like, well, I've got almost nothing. I'm down to 4K, but uh, maybe I'll get lucky. Maybe I'll double five times. You know, I've, I, the miracle's got to happen. She, she for sure would say something. She wouldn't sit there talking with Mike at the break for a long time, and, and this would never come up. Especially I don't like she, talking to my fellow peers in general when I play poker. I'm not much of a talker. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't either. I'm not that guy. You know that guy that always sits there and he wants to be your friend? As soon as he gets to the table, hey, how are you? I'm Steve from Virginia. And then No, I always know. talk I always talk to them because then they always like tell me stuff about their hands. Like they'll after they fold it, they go, Oh, good fold there. I had uh, I had a set. Like and they're never lying to me. So like uh, like I always get information this way or they'll yeah, tell then me. then the table breaks and it's like what was the point? No, it's I, it saved me a lot of times. A lot of times I've I've folded they've showed me a lot of times they've uh uh, they've told me things about their play, like, oh wow, I, I would have never re-raised with uh, with pocket sixes. You know, if I if if I'm three betting someone, I've got something real big. So like, then the person three bets me, I'm like, okay, I'm th- I'm throwing away my pocket nines, like things like that. So uh, it's actually helped me a lot. So anyway, but I I understand what you're saying, like about you don't really feel like socializing with new people. No. So he says, I, f- I found out later she lost a hand before the break in which I had no idea. W- when we restarted, I sat down without looking at her stack. We started the level, and I believe it folded her. She went all in. I looked down. I had ace-4 suited and said I fold. So that's, that's also ridiculous. When you have ace-4 suited and someone from the small blind goes all in, I, I don't care if it's still a satellite. Like, you, you, you've got you've to look. You've got to look what they have. And uh, Now, if you're committing, you're going to fold every hand. Then you shouldn't even be looking at your cards. Why is he looking down? If his argument was, "I've got so many chips, I'm folding everything in this because I've just got to finish top seven and we've got ten left," then why is he even looking to see if it's ace four? He should have been. Should have been. She went all in, and, and knowing I'm folding everything, I just tossed my cards without looking. Why would he even look at that? So he says, "Just just like I would fold all my ace rags in previous hands." All of a sudden, McCool and Jason start to go ballistic about my fold. That's when I realized Lily was. All in under my big blind bet. Obviously, I would never even fold. I don't have to add more chips. I explained to them, which I thought they would perfectly understand. But this piece of shit, Jason, kept screaming at the top of his lungs saying I was colluding, which infuriated me. Why the fuck would I ever fold and make a spectacle of myself and make it blatantly obvious I didn't want to knock her out? Of course we're friends, but I mean, come on. <laughs> of course we're friends, but I mean, come on. That, that gives it away right there. Uh, I just got a text from the 218. It says, I think radio is frozen. It's still talking about the satellite story. <laughs> Okay. Well, anyway, uh, so I'm not going to read the rest of it to make the two one eight happier. I'll donate something. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm sure he was he was doing this. Now, the only thing I think is possible, I think it's possible he didn't realize she had so few chips. I think she probably said, "Hey, you know, I'm really really short," and he's like, "Okay, well, don't worry, just go all in, and if if I'm the last one to act, I fold, and you'll get my chips." Or maybe they were up to some shady shit. Well, I mean, it was something like that, where maybe she, maybe he's going to take a small piece of her for that, or something where he agreed that he will fold to her no matter what, and then did that as a reflex and didn't bother to look. Uh oh, what if she has less than the big blind? I can't do this. So that the, he, he all he could think of when she went all in against him was that he had committed to do this for her, which of course is cheating, and uh, and f- didn't bother to look that she was so short that if he did so, he'd look like a cheater. So that's that's what I'm sure happened here. And I guess he called up Tuckman's show tonight and was uh, changing his story over and over. And uh, I don't have the sound clips. This was like during our show this was being done. So. All right. So for this person in the 218, uh, which is probably fictitious, but that's okay. Uh, I, we will uh, move on to the shot clock story. Which well, I- and by the way, first of all, just to end this. Plus, if they were talking, she had the, she got the bad beat or whatever happened at the last thing. That'd probably be the first thing she talked about right. when they were talking. Right. There's no way she mentions nothing about losing most of her chips the hand before the break, the fact that she's almost about to bust and get nothing despite playing all this time. Like, there's no way you don't mention this. This is like, right. yeah, there's exactly. no, like, that part totally kills it. He, if he wanted the story to sound good, it should have been just, uh, 
yeah, I knew she was short. She mentioned it at break. But I was so focused on just folding everything because I thought just folding everything, even aces, would have gotten me to the seventh place anyway that uh, I, I totally spaced out on what she had. And even even though she had told me, I totally – I wouldn't have believed that either, but it would have made a better story that he didn't even know this. That just shows he's lying. So anyway, there's a, a been an idea for a while to have a shot clock at uh, tournaments where people cannot tank forever at live tournaments. Just like online, you only have a specific amount of time to act and then it auto-folds you. It's been said that live tournaments – are so slow for this reason, and in fact, sometimes it can even really affect play if uh, late in the tournament one table is way slower than the other because of p- too many people tanking. So there's been the idea of having what's known as a shot clock that basically after a certain timer runs out that your hand is auto-folded. So some people have had the idea that for each player, they have a clock for 30 seconds to act. After those 30 seconds are over, then it goes... And you are forced to fold your hand. And this is both pre-flop, post-flop, whatever. So this idea is now actually going to occur. And it's funny you mentioned Matt Savage, Brandon, because it is Matt Savage's idea. There's going to be a shot clock in live poker. And this is going to be at the World Poker Tour, at the Tournament of Champions is where it's going to be tried out, which is kind of strange given that... uh, uh, you think they wouldn't be trying it there. You think they try it like at a smaller tournament. But this is the Tournament of Champions. They're going to have a shot clock. And this is uh, Matt Savage's idea. The way the shot clock is going to work, it's called the action clock. And you get 30 seconds to act. And a dealer has a timer next to him. As soon as the last card is dealt, the first player has 30 seconds to act. Whenever somebody raises or or does any kind of action, the dealer announces what the action is and then starts the clock over again for the next player. And this has to do with any hand at any point on every street. Everybody has 30 seconds to make each decision. If not, their hand is automatically folded. They are warned when 10 seconds is about to run out, which seems kind of foolish to me. (laughs) But uh, if they have 30, like 10 is... A third of that, but they give them a 10 second warning and then that's it. And then they are folded. This is getting positive reaction for most people who are getting tired of waiting sometimes as much as 10 minutes or more for certain hands to play out. And while this could be frustrating for someone who's got a tough decision that they only have 30 seconds, I, I think most people would probably be happy overall to play under these circumstances. In fact, I think I would enjoy a tournament much more because I do find it brutal. It, it's much less brutal now that I have my phone, my smartphone, that I can just go on the Internet when these hands are playing out. But, boy, does it suck when you're waiting minutes and minutes for each hand to pass through because of certain people tanking. Uh, Brandon, what do you think of this? I mean, I, I think it's a good idea. I get very, very annoyed when... Uh, people play and it's just especially when you're near a money bubble and it, I, mean, I get it like you don't have to act instantaneously but every hand that that slow deliberate you know what I'm talking about behavior where you you look at one card you look at another then you look at it around you then you look back down it's like a, a minute two minute ordeal every single hand and it drives me nuts yeah um do you know the kind of person I'm talking about? Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, yeah, and especially ones that you can tell are doing it on purpose either to uh, – it's worth it making the money. I've seen people do it to make day two, which is really wasn't, good. Wasn't it – I don't think it was this – wasn't there a guy within the last two or three years that 
made it deep in the WSOP main event, and he was getting grief for doing this. Remember well, him talking? Yeah, there people was something going on it. that where where uh, one table Hansen was, knows about one this. table was moving a lot faster than the other when they were down to like eleven or twelve. Yeah, people. that's that's the story. And, and and they actually finally had to go hand for hand for that reason because they they found it was unfair that uh, one table they claim it was actually the whole table decided they're going to play slow so they can all make the final table and let the other uh, let the other table uh, shoot off two people from there. Yeah. So that's that's when they realized what was going on. That's uh, that would eliminate that. I think this would be much nicer. You get in more hands, and uh, you know, it's especially as brutal when you're when you're short stacked. And the last thing you want to see is the blinds going up. And and in the meantime, the clock's ticking away before the next blind level ends, and people are just wasting time, tanking, 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 and you just want to get as many hands in as possible at the current level. And uh, so I, I would like this, and I think many others would like it. And also, I, I do find it just to be very boring to sit there and wait and wait and wait. So, yes, it will suck the few times that I've got a hand that really requires a lot of thinking, and I, I'm pressured to think in 30 seconds. But, but then again, so will my opponents. So when they're up against me and they've got a tough decision, they may make the wrong decision because it, it, it'll all even out. And it's been very rare that I've made a decision that after 30 seconds I changed my mind. And, and would have made a better decision and made the better decision because 30 minutes. There's only a few times I can think of that I've done that. That one hand against uh, the one guy in the main event, you could have. The Aces. Yeah. I mean, what was the guy's name? Was that Rambo Swami or who was it? <laughs> Victor Ramden. Which one yeah, was, was it? He was another Indian guy. No, I think it was Rambo Swami. No, it wasn't was... Rambo Swami. No, I don't think I've played with him before. Remember that one hand he yeah. made the flusher? Or, yeah, no, he, he made a flush. Uh, no, he made a full yeah. house. Yeah, and I yeah. Aces, yeah. That hand you could have maybe because you said later if you had a time clock you would have. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually talked myself into calling when I should have folded, and yeah. I was actually about to fold. And yeah, it actually would have been yeah timed into making the right decision. Now, tell me again, what is this going to be implemented for WPTs? The, a WPT tournament of champions. They're trying it. So this and, will never be applicable to you or me, then. No, no, it might because if this catches on, they're not going to have no time clock at the WSOP. Uh, they might, but you know what? The reason they probably wouldn't is just because it's logistically hard. They'd have to have like a timer at every table and train every dealer to do it. And... They can't get the cards to look right. <laughs> yeah, that's... how are they going to have a timer at every table? Yeah, that's probably true. But you know, but if this becomes standard enough, they'll be forced to do it. That's uh, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping this starts a revolution in live poker to where this becomes normal. And a few years from now, if you're not doing it, you you look like you've got a tournament that's antiquated. And that's what I hope happens. So I, I think it's a great idea, and I think it will really improve tournament poker. And I, I think in the World Series, they may also worry that this is going to intimidate amateurs, that they don't have enough time to make a decision. But I'd even be happy if they had like a two-minute shot clock. At least it would it would stop some of these brutal hands where it literally goes like five to ten minutes in a hand, and and it's it's always the situation you don't always want to look like the asshole calling the clock on someone when you're not in the hand. Uh, I'm getting some breaking news here off the wire. Uh, Northern California guy, Texas. Hey, Brandon, it's Northern California guy. <laughs> That's how we actually talk in real life, people. It's not a joke. I text Druff about radio this morning. But he never contacted me back. Oops. I just got home, and my internet is a complete dumpster fire. So don't know if I'll make it on tonight. I hope you and the Trader Ruski have things under control. I'd say we do, yeah. I'm going to say everything is good. And then he said, 
Yeah, I, I meant to respond. Are you still to, talking about the satellite? Yeah, <laughs> tell them if you can't listen to call the call to listen line. Make sure they get that in too. Right, I always want to plug the call to. Whenever I I get stats emailed to me every day from uh, the call to listen line, it like auto informs me of of who of what listens. I, I don't get a list of who listens, but uh, of like the stats of the listen, listenership. And whenever I see it's utilized a lot, I feel very proud. Like I feel very proud for building in. I'm very proud for having I this know. part. I, it's just like I this get is to, like your. Uh... Uh, your little uh, your pride and joy. Well, it is. I'll tell you why it's my pride and joy because everybody mocked it at first. Everyone said when I first brought this up and I said, "Would anybody like a call to listen line?" I got answers like, "Why don't you just put the show on Twitch? Why don't you put the show on uh, uh, on Periscope?" I'm like, "I don't want to put it on Periscope. I'm not asking should it be a video show. I'm asking, would you like a phone number you can call?" And they're like, "This is stupid. Who'd want that? Who'd use that? That's lame." So, like, everyone mocked it. It's amazing. I'm getting another text from a friend of ours, uh, Matos. He's listening. He's uh, grinding some poker, listening. It's amazing. People are all around the world now. Some people in card rooms, in their living rooms, they're all listening here while we're on the fraud show. Yeah. This is why we do it. Yeah. And that's why I like the call to listen line, so people can have that option also. So I'm happy when it gets utilized. Now, did it take your computer scientist skills to do this? Could the average Joe build a call to listen line? What did... I mean, how much yeah, went it, really it, into it, this? It took some. Uh, it took some work. Does it cost you any money? Um, yeah, let's let's not talk about the price here. It's just uh, your money is no object when it comes to this site. Right. You guys know what a high budget that I give this show, and uh, you know about the high rate of pay you receive for being part of it. Yeah. So, let, let's just look at the fact that the call to listen line exists, that it works, that we have streaming reruns. Well, maybe when we're at the WSOP in a month and a half. Where they have those Melanie Weisner posters for her uh, seminars, we can put up a similar little uh, poster with the call to listen line. Like a little flyer, maybe? <laughs> no, well, no, actually, I, I'm going to do it a little bit cheaper. I'm going to go the Jewish route. And uh, instead of doing that and paying the World Series for that, I'm just going to write graffiti in the bathroom for a good time call uh, 712-775-8162. Now, now, we're not going to inquire about getting a booth this summer, are we? Uh if someone would like to pay for it, sure, but uh, otherwise, no. Mm. All right. So, okay, uh, let's. So, so yeah, I think it's a good idea. I think it's. Uh, I, I hope this catches on, and most people like it. This is one of the things that, like, like, like everybody likes, and and finally they're doing. So this is called Poker Fraud Alert, as uh, Brandon calls it, the fraud show. But uh, I think it's important we talk about some fraud. I guess the Mike Dentali thing was kind of that too, but. Let's talk some more about some fraud that involved poker. Brandon, have you ever wondered when you're in a card room and uh, you see some people, especially ones you don't really recognize and they're playing fairly high limits, where they got the money? Where, where did the money come from? Yeah, I've often thought of that. Yeah. Especially the ones you see every day. You know, at Commerce, I always think that I see someone in their 40s or 50s and you know, I play with them a couple of days and know they just keep losing and you just know that they're awful and they can't sustain themselves and you wonder and then i'm like is this like from a business are they kind of just taken out of the register like it's very very odd where does the money come from yeah i've wondered that too there's been times i just sit there going what is this like drug money by any chance is this money stolen is this person just rich with a trust fund like what is the story where are they getting this money some call themselves uh poker pros but uh they have all this money and yet uh you don't know where it came from. You sometimes are almost afraid to know where it came from. You wonder, what is the background of this person? 
where did all this come from? Well, here's one of the stories, and you can think about this next time you're at the table and there's someone who just seems to have endless money to lose, and you don't really understand it. Well, the one guy did, and then now he's uh, managing a drone shop. That's true. That is true. New Jersey native Evan Kochev has been sentenced to eight years in state prison for embezzling over $500,000 from clients of his investment firm. He used that money to fund his poker career. Now, he's from Jersey City, New Jersey, which is near New York, near New York City. It's across the the river. And uh, he was uh, in a hearing uh, where he got the sentence this week. He pled guilty. Now, I got to tell you, when you, when you you're doing real good with the soundboard, but when you when you just did the sentencing thing, that would have been a great opportunity to use my little soundbite that I enjoy so much. Oh yeah, I blew it. I mean, I remember we talked. I said, "Will you please incorporate that in the fraud show?" Because it, it warms my heart. I laugh. I get happy when I you're, hear. You're right. You and know? it's so much fraud. It's actually a perfect. Maybe can you cue it up? You're I mean, right. You're right. I, I screwed just, up. I, I you should always be prompted with the Hava Nagilas and yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Now I'll have this one ready for the remainder of the story. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're right. I knew I was missing something. I knew there was something. But that's perfect I, for the fraud. I know. Show, I knew. Right? I knew there was something I should have done instead of the the no. current affair. And it just. Uh, yeah. Now I should have said that he was sentenced to eight years in state prison for embezzling five hundred thousand dollars to play poker. And <laughs> he. He was he pled guilty in December 2015 to second degree second degree charges of theft by deception and money laundering. He was sentenced to five years on the theft charge and three years tacked on to be served consecutively, meaning uh, eight years total. On, spend the next ten years in prison playing poker on the money laundering count. So, uh, don't you hate concurrent sentences? Isn't that dumb that you can serve two sentences at once? I never. Yeah, but you know what though? Like if. I used to be against them, but now do you think about it? Someone does something relatively stupid like that, but you shouldn't be imprisoned your whole life. No, I, if I, there I, wasn't, if it wasn't concurrent, then they'd be gone for eighty-five. But then years. they should just make a lighter sentence. It shouldn't be. You know, yeah, but they have sentencing laws, and I don't mind the concurrency. I don't. I, I think don't it's terrible. It. I hate it. Oh. I hate it. One minute should be one minute. It shouldn't be one minute that uh, somehow you can be doing two sentences at once. You can't be in two prisons at once, so you can't. You shouldn't be able to uh, serve two sentences at once. But anyway, that doesn't apply here because well, that's Mr. for a different time and different day. Mr. Kochav here, Evan Kochav, uh, is getting it consecutively. So he's also been ordered to pay over four hundred sixty-four thousand dollars in restitution to his victims. And I, I don't think they're going to be getting that money because uh, you're not going to be able to squeeze blood from a stone. But that's what he's been ordered to do. Uh, th- this is a statement from the uh, New Jersey Attorney General's office. Between October 2012 and April 2014, Kochav stole approximately $561,745. How's that approximately? That sounds pretty specific to me. <laughs> approximately $561,745 that he solicited from 10 investors 
often urging the investors to transfer funds from existing accounts at other brokerage firms. He promised to invest the funds in various business interests and investment vehicles. In June 2013, Kochav formed the White Cedar Group LLC, which he marketed as an economic consulting firm that purportedly had relationships with a variety of investment groups and business partners in various industries worldwide, including real estate, manufacturing, building development, oil drilling, and mineral rights. In reality, Kochav diverted the investor funds, using them to pay personal expenses or make nominal payments to investors to cover up the scam, kind of like a Ponzi scheme. Uh, he laundered at least $274,000 through several bank accounts. Kochav, a professional poker player, sure, spent a large amount of the investor money at casinos in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Florida, and Costa Rica, and on at least two poker websites. He also transferred investor funds to his wife and misused investor funds to pay for shopping, dining, air travel, hotels, football tickets, and other entertainment. This investment broker stole the savings of his clients so that he could gamble and entertain himself, depriving his victims of over half a million dollars in hard-earned money that, we were, that they were counting on for their families in retirement. For his part, Kochav certainly earned one thing, and that is this lengthy prison sentence. Very good. So, uh, so the moral is that don't embezzle if you're a losing player? Yeah, so, so, I, so I guess he has... Uh, one real poker score, and that was in 2005, a U.S. Uh, a USPC. Remember that? Alex Jacob won that. Yeah, uh, a preliminary event back in 05 for 71,000. But other than that... Uh, See, I can tell you what happened right there. He had that one pipe dream, and then he's been chasing it ever since. Right. You know, I, I like it, to call that before 2012 the new house syndrome, but then he went back-to-back, back, which we're getting close to that WSOP... Uh, if you had to bet the money based on field sizes, will we ever see another back-to-back main event? You mean final table? Yeah, uh, final yeah, table. Yeah. New house. The new house. No, I don't right. think we will in our lifetimes here. But yeah. it, so anyway, by the way, uh, this is back in 05. Like you get what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I think you're he right. You had a little taste of victory. I, I think, they say, Jeroff, have you ever heard this? The worst thing you could ever do when you gamble the first time is win. Have you ever heard that adage? Yeah, you know what? There's uh, – I agree. It's fool's gold. This, this is back, this is back in 05, This guy, you know, he's, he wins seventy one thousand in oh five, and you know, if if there's something I just hate, it, it's people who play their first tournaments in two thousand five and and do really well, and and they get a big head about it, and then start playing well, a lot that's, of tournaments that's after what I'm that. I'm saying, it's <laughs> the one guy, uh, uh, no, uh, Steve Paul Ambrose. No, I, I'm talking about someone we know better. I, I know a guy who won a bracelet in 05, and, and uh, he, he plays wow. two World Series events and, and gets first and third, and then he just thinks he's hot shit and keeps playing the World Series after that. He's never even finished uh, third since then, this guy. This guy's delusional. He, every year he goes back to the World Series, says, oh, one day I'm going to you know, win another bracelet. One day I'm going to finish at least third again. He, he never has. He's played 06 through 15, 10 straight years, hasn't hit done better than fourth, this guy. He's, he's a little tight with the money? Yeah, that's the other thing. That's the this this person. Does he travel with cases of water and Pepsi's and juice? That, that's that's the other thing. This this guy here, uh, despite winning this money back in '05 and, and acting like it means something, he acts like he's poor a lot of times and, and uh, it's just very cheap with everything. Does he give casino hosts just when they hear his name heartburn from coast to coast? That's the other thing. Casino hosts have lost their jobs because of him because he uh, he's so in the red on the comps that he uses versus the play he does. It, it, it eats up any commission they get from other people, and they end up getting fired over and over. So the, when he is assigned any casino host, uh, there's actually been people who've had to be talked down from a ledge 
uh, at certain casinos. They actually uh, get on, on the roof or on a ledge, and they're about to jump when they hear that they are associated with this guy. And and I, you know, you know what else about this guy? This this is really reprehensible. I heard this guy actually runs an internet radio show now and has a free roll every week, but actually he never contributes his own money. <laughs> never. He he makes the listeners pay for his own free roll. Can you believe that? Yeah. Unbelievable. Hmm. I mean, imagine you you have a free roll and brag about it, and 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 act like you're so generous, but the money's coming from the listeners. That like they're paying themselves and to they, play the free it's roll. It's just kind of recycled money. Yeah, right. And people just keep redoning it back. And in the oh, meantime, he pats himself joke. on the back. He pats himself on the back for for giving away this money every week. It's it's. It, ah, I hate that guy. All right. So anyway, uh, getting back to Mr. Kochav, who uh, embezzled, despite being a losing player. Uh, to show you, he didn't just quit tournament poker in 2013. He had like a few minor. And by crashes. the way, uh, Sam Snead is a lucky player. Who finished in seventeenth? Do you know who this Sam Snead oh, is? Oh, he actually donates a lot to the free. He's one of those guys who donates. Yeah, I've heard. The, but what is that? Is it, who's the the actual Sam Snead's a golfer? Yeah, no, I know that. But I'm saying, who is he on the fraud site? He's just Sam Snead. Does he post under Sam Snead? Not really. Only once in a while. But I'm saying you could have a different name on the fraud site than you have in the poker non-fraud poker online belly buster room. Correct? Yeah. Okay, so that's what I was asking. It's, probably the, it's probably the same guy. Yeah. Okay, because like I'm looking, like uh, okay. Well, some of these names are just names I've never seen in the forum ever before. Yeah. So okay, but anyhow, he finished seventeenth, and right now it's four-handed. Oh, look at this! Now it actually just went to three-handed. FT FPS Russia finished fourth, uh, but we got J Stat, little short stacked, and we have Bingo and Flipper Fair. Three-handed for the belt. Uh, I think Flipper is going to take it. Flipper Fair is always just winning these things. I think he's he's, take he's it. got he's got the chip lead. Yeah, but he's he's kind of slumped recently. He hasn't won in a while. Hmm. I don't know if he's been playing. Uh, you owe me but... two burgers. You want to take Flipper Fair and I'll take the field. Flipper Fair has got eighty-one thousand. Bingo's got fifty-one and J-Stat's got fourteen. Yeah, I'll take I take Flipper Fair. Yeah. Now you owe me two burgers. You know the deal with the yeah. side and the beverage and the. the so it'll go down to one if Flipper Fair wins. Yeah, and that'll go up to three if he doesn't. Okay, I've got to get. I get. Hold on, I got to message Belly Buster to rig the room. Hang on here. Got to message Belly Buster. Now, before anything changes, do we have action? Yeah, we have action. Here, I'm messaging Belly Buster. That see. I hope he's still awake. He's in the UK. So no, it's please make there. sure. He's having. Oh shit! And fully, uh, now he's got eighty six. What miss- do they eat? Don't they eat? Uh, what an English? What's an English breakfast? Like a traditional? Isn't it something? Uh, uh, you know, you, you have the nerve to ask him what yes. his English well, breakfast. You've been... got someone on the show who who lives in England, and you have the nerve to to ask this this dandruff character uh, what is an English breakfast? Just because last time you were in Girl. England twenty five years ago, somehow that makes you an expert. All right. If like... I went to a diner in 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 London uh, tomorrow morning, what would I'd be seeing all the Englishmen eating. Well, it's not, first of all, you can't, you can't paint all the Englishmen with a broad brush. You can't do that, okay? It's, it's, you can't just say that. Now, now, what is a typical English breakfast? Well, um, a full English breakfast, we refer to it as a full breakfast, all right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, a, a full English breakfast, if you want to know, uh, it involves a... Uh, it involves sausage. I'm sorry about that. What is, what is this? Was that the hand job? Happy birthday? I'm trying to. I'm, he's not paying attention here. I'm, I'm trying to tell Sings, him. It involves sausage and what else? All right. 
It um, it, it may have sausage. It'll have beans. It'll have toast. Yeah, it's the beans. That's right. I always thought that was weird. It'll have ham. It'll I have an like egg, ham. of course. You you can't you know do without the egg here. Um, it may begin with orange juice um, and cereals, or maybe even uh, stewed or fresh fruits, and um, uh, a grilled tomatoes uh, as uh, or tomato, if you want to call it that, is uh, often part of it. Uh, sometimes with uh, mushrooms, and um, of course, one thing you cannot leave out from an English breakfast is tea. You you have to have tea, or it's not really an English breakfast. And um, don't bring your Smucker's jelly oven. I, I don't want to see boysenberry from Knott's Berry Farm. I don't want to see Smucker's. I, I don't want to see uh, that, that bollocks at the table. Bring the marmalade. The marmalade is part of the English breakfast as well. Mm. All right, that's, that's your answer. All right, now, so. Uh, a couple things real fast. Northern California guy is saying that he's going to crash – uh, he's having all kinds of issues. The internet, his health is giving out on him. Uh, so I'm letting him go. I'm telling okay. him we have it all under control. Okay, you can uh, release him. Yeah, he says, again, shout out to the call-in line. Then I'm getting a, funny enough, I never really get these, a text to the call-in line from the 702 area code. I've never gotten this number before. And all it says is, tell Druff that accent is fucking awful. Oof. I don't know who this is. 702, which is kind of surprising. But it's it's not a number that well it could uh, be you know it could be uh, an English person with a maybe cell phone with that, or a text number with that. A lot of times I see seven zero two and I think oh cool it's a Vegas person. It's really just someone who who picked a Vegas area code on a texting app because they wanted to seem like cool because they have a Vegas number, especially yeah, if they're maybe. out of the country. Okay, so what Northern California guy said was dealing with problems blah 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 blah. If you guys have a show under control, I think I'm going to crash. And if Druff was flying solo, I try to find somewhere I could go to with internet, so I don't have to worry about his throat. Oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> I look forward to ca- you know what I mean because we talk. Remember, you've had the illnesses. Yes, yes. Okay, I'll look forward to catching the show in the archives, and hopefully, be on next week. Yeah, good man, very good man. Uh, anyhow. I don't know where I was at, but I saw that somewhere. The, tr- the traditional English breakfast. I remember reading it, and you know, it looked all right, but it was the beans part that was weird. Yeah, it was weird. You know, I've talked about eating beans right when you wake up. Then I actually had uh, an English breakfast before twenty five years ago when I was in uh, England last in ninety one. I've actually meant to go back. I haven't been to Europe in so long. It's been since ninety one since I've been in Europe. And, uh, I think Flipper Fair lost his internet because he's just sitting out now oh, getting geez. blinded out. He's probably doing that on purpose to make me lose the <laughs> I'm, I'm only kidding. Oh, he's all in. Uh, he's, he's all in against a made hand. J-Stop flopped a straight, and he was in with sevens. But J-Stop was short. Flipper Fair is still in the lead, Ruff. He's double uh, second place, so you're okay. looking good. So, Brandon, let's go to the next yeah. topic. The, okay. the the World Series of Poker. Uh, I, I think I'm getting excited. Yeah, I, I am too. But I, I mean, think- I'm honestly, I've been going to the Orleans to try to get a little warmed up, you know. Because listen, there's no real preparation, but I think at least for me, playing some of these limit games and actually being there for seven, eight hours and folding and not playing too many hands and, and doing these things helps me. Because you know what, I, I, I honestly don't think it's like riding a bike. I kind of think that if you don't play tournaments. And you just play, you know, after a 10-month hiatus, you can be a little rusty. Yeah. Now, what do you think? Well, you tell me. Yeah, you can be. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. so uh, one, right, one, one, thing that, one thing that you probably are not looking forward to is paying 
what's sometimes the high rake at the World Series. Now, uh, compared to some lower limit tournaments, the rake is not very high. But, like, for example, here's a tournament I'm not going to play this year, and you probably aren't either, the Colossus event. You know what? I, I think uh, – now, this is just something that's so funny you mentioned this because I talked about this today with someone. Out of all the little gimmicky things I thought – that would be maybe the – I'm not playing any of the $1,000 no limits or the 500 or the 1500s. I thought maybe I'll play that one. But you, since it's only 565 or six starting days. You're forgetting what you said last year. I know, but I'll go in. Well, also, my friend died that day. Or no, no, but it's not, it's not just that. I know, I know we, you were going through a hard time then, but we both concluded that, number one, because the, the payouts were so million awful. this year. No, but, but the payouts were so awful at the final table, and this is what happens when you have a gigantic field. It, it just, by default, will make the payouts very flat, and, and this you can play and play and play and play, and especially because the buy-in is low, you yeah. can get really deep and barely make You know make what anything. my problem is? I do something, and it's miserable, and then so much time goes by, I forget how miserable it was. Yeah. But I think you're right. I hated it last year. Yeah. And then I saw the payouts, and I'm like, oh, my God. The people finished 18th, 19th, and they made, like, Five thousand. Yeah, it's a joke. I know. It's it's the worst. You're right. You know what? I, I I'm gonna. I've talked to you out of it. Who I was talking to about that today? I'm not gonna play it. Yeah, down. you're right. It's just too hard because to make any kind of big money on it, you have to get so lucky. And even if you get really deep and get very it's not lucky, even so lucky. It's once in in a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand lifetimes. Lucky. Yeah, I know. It's it's, it's lucky is finishing. You know, in the top twenty, thirty. Well, well I like how like, ninth place out of twenty two thousand entrants got sixty seven thousand. <laughs> I mean, normally you're happy with sixty-seven thousand from a five-sixty-five buy-in, but not not when it's ninth out of twenty-two thousand. Yeah, people. you're right. I just saw it, and I'm like, this is you know, there's the other gimmicky ones like the eight-eight-eight tournament, and you know, I, okay, I, you're right. I'll, I'll just say it now. I won't play it because <laughs> I remember so I hated just, it. Just, I just cost and, I just cost the World Series uh, sixty-five dollars in uh, yeah. rake. So yeah, they rake at thirteen percent. That's the other problem. Thirteen percent gets raked. They're the highest rake of any event. Uh, now, are you doing what you said you were going to do? Are you even taking the first step so maybe you can play in a non-hold'em event for the first time? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm doing, I'm doing some training here for it. No, all. but training isn't misclicking and sitting at the uh, 3060 Bovada <laughs> 08 game accidentally. Well, that, that, was my, that was my preliminary doing. training, but there's actually some training going on. Though I all will right. announce soon whether I feel that I'm uh, up to the skill I feel is necessary to, uh, to compete there. If, if not, I will cancel it off the schedule. Uh, but it is still on the agenda to play one one event that is non holdem. So, uh, so anyway, the rake, which can be up to thirteen percent, depending on how the, the smaller the buy-in, the higher percentage of the rake. But the main event, they actually doesn't have as high of a rake as others because since they're collecting ten thousand dollars, they can make the percentage lower and still collect a lot of rake overall. So uh, last I checked, it was six percent. They're taking six hundred dollars out of each buy-in and making that rake. So. Someone still feels that this is too much, and uh, they, they don't want it to go down to 5% or 4% or even 3% or 2%. Uh, they want it to be even lower than that. The rate they're looking for is 0.0. Yes, on change.org, this is unbelievable. Change.org, which is a petition site. Anyone can go on and, and put a petition up there. You can put one up for anything. Here's a petition. On change.org. Please eliminate the rake on player buy-ins to the World Series of Poker main event tournament. And please start a revenue-sharing program to supplement the prize pools for the top World Series of Poker tournaments 
with part of the revenue generated from TV contracts, sponsorships, licensing, and other sources derived from the WSOP brand. Uh, hey, you did this? Did you actually write your name, or did you make it anonymous? I didn't do this. I mean, oh. this, this come on, I wouldn't be that stupid. Uh, this, so, how is this newsworthy? It's never going to happen. Well, no, it's so funny. This is getting press coverage in, oh. in the poker world, and th- 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 this is so ridiculous. First of all, hey, hey, genius, who wrote this? And I don't know who wrote this, so I, I, I have no personal axe to grind with this person. But this is the dumbest thing I've ever read. Hey, hey, genius. They already are getting revenue from TV contracts, sponsorships, licensing, and other sources derived from the value of the World Series brand. They're getting that, too. So why would they ever just cancel the rake, which is another big income source to them? Why, why would they just throw away money like that when they're getting 6,000-something people every year playing this main event? They're not suffering for number of people signing up. It's not like every year it's going down, down, down. They've got to find some gimmick to get it going again. This is a very, very popular event. So why would they ever make the rake zero when they're already making money in these other areas? You're not coming up with some sort of revolutionary Wait, way. Are they talking about the main event or every yeah. tournament? Um, the main event. So, so then they, here's the. It says well, back. You know what? The numbers have been down. No, they're they're, they're very close. They've been pretty much the same every not, year. No, I think it wasn't last year. It was sixty four twenty. It's it's virtually the same as before. All right. It's always been kind of mid What do you think this year? You think the numbers will be They're probably around the same? You know, it could be within a few hundred. It's probably six thousand something again. So, will we ever see Jamie Gold type numbers? No, I don't think we'll ever see eighty-seven hundred again. Yeah. So it says I ba- played that year. Background: The World Series of Poker began in nineteen seventy when the Horseshoe Casino owner Benny Binion invited a handful of the best-known poker players to play a series of games in an effort to determine the best overall poker player. This event has grown every year. In 2015, the World Series of Poker included 68 poker tournaments culminating in the main event. 6,420 players representing 80 nations entered the 2015 main event, each paying 10000 as a buy-in. A record 103,512 entries were spread across the 68 World Series events, resulting in over $200 million paid in buy-ins by players. And then he meant, they mentioned World Series Europe, uh, satellite tournaments, uh, TV coverage on ESPN, sales of uh, WSOP logo merchandise, snacks and other concessions to a captive audience through each World Series event. Uh, participation. Snacks, that's, that's where they get you. Yeah. $8 <laughs> for a yellow Gatorade? Yeah, I know. Me? If there's something to have a petition, I'm going to make a, a, a dueling petition. I'm going to say, dear World Series, go ahead and keep the rake the same, but please, please lower the cost of Gatorade from uh, $8 for a normally $1 bottle to uh, to $3. <laughs> that, that's something I think people can get behind. Uh, so anyway, this go, this person goes on to write uh, just all this different stuff about how uh, – like I like this part. Other sports and games. Most other major sports and game competitions use a revenue-sharing model where a portion of the organizer's revenue is used to compensate the participants, either in the form of player salaries, as with team sports, or via prize pools for individualized competitions. And so he mentions that the NFL, where players get 47% of the revenue, the NBA, where 50% of the revenue, NHL uh, players get 50% of the revenue, Major League Baseball, 43%. And by the way, the announcement, I know it's off topic slightly, the announcement's supposed to come next week. Can we add this to the uh, other topics? Nevada is going to have the uh, NHL in 2017. Mm. Did you hear about this? No, but I mean, I heard. Yeah, I heard about it. it was in the works. Yeah, we even have a name for it. But anyhow, we'll, we'll go to that. But go ahead yeah. now. So, 
This person trying to say poker has arrived as a major sport. Yeah, 10 years ago. Uh, when the World Series of Poker began, it was a promotional ploy by the owner of one casino to get a few high rollers to visit and stay a while. Now the WSOP is the largest, most prestigious poker event in the world, with its main event winner being widely acknowledged as poker's annual world champion. Participation comes from all over the globe. Over 100 countries were represented in 2015. Uh, the World Series generates revenue from TV contracts, sponsorships, licensing, merchandise, and concession sales, and a variety of other sources. It's time for the prize pool composition to evolve, first by eliminating the rake on the top tournaments, and second by supplementing the prize pool following a revenue-sharing model. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to read the rest. Look, look, if it's growing every year, they don't need to do this. There's the old saying, if it works, don't fix it. Now, would I like to see these events rake free? Of course I would. Of course all of well, us you know would. what it's like? Would I like to see any other – I'm going to upset Simp Dog and all the other Canadians, maybe even TML Gay, but they couldn't have picked the worst sport to come to Vegas for Brandon. I could <laughs> care less. Yeah, but I'm just being chance. honest, Jay. I want to care. I want to have something to – listen, I, vote, I root for the Marlins, the Heat – my home university, Florida State, the you know Dolphins, but I've, I've been in Vegas now 15 years. And by the way, oh shit, your uh, flipper fare is crippled. Mm. He's crippled. Mm. Bingo's doubled. But anyhow, I, baseball, I get it. They probably couldn't sustain 81 home games. NBA, yeah, Pac-Man Jones shot up the club. <laughs> uh, but you know, NFL maybe. I, I'd love it. I'd buy season tickets. But NHL, am I really going to go down there? On a Tuesday night and, and navigate through the traffic to park in front of New York, New York. Just watch them play the Ottawa, what have you. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not. Listen, I get it. People love hockey, but I've just, I've never been into hockey. Yeah, I haven't either. I tried. I, I just can't get into it. I haven't either. People are like, oh, hockey is so much more exciting than baseball and basketball. It's a, you know, it's constant action. All I see is it's just shooting the puck back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and a few goals are scored. It just, it just yeah. isn't that interesting to you me. You got the, the, the one team that uh, Gretzky played for right there, you know, right in your neighborhood. Have you ever been to a Kings game? Uh, like once. You didn't like it, did you? No, I wasn't very excited by it. it, it to me, it's like it's like soccer on ice. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> I mean, I know we might get some uh, backlash. No, we probably will. I'm, not, will, I'm but... just saying it's just not for me. It's just a personal choice. So I'm a little upset that we're going to be the first, you know, major team here in Vegas, and I want to be. And maybe I'll go, you know, just to. But I, I, I can I see myself tailgating and going constantly? No, I just can't. I, I mean. Some days you go in this thing for 45 minutes, an hour, the score is 1-0, It's not just that. It's that there's not – it's just the puck goes back and forth, back and all right, forth. They're back all and in. 2-3, and, 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 he flops two set, your boy's drawing dead. Flipper Fair loses. Uh, We're up to three gourmet burgers with the side of fries, a beverage in the tip. What a fail. Flipper Fair, you disappoint me. All right, so, yeah. you know, with, with hockey, the problem is when these goals – Get scored. There's typically not that much of a buildup to it. Everything's just back and forth, back and forth so fast. Just one of these times they get the the puck and the goal, and that's yeah. You can get excited for the moment, but there's no buildup. Like even people say baseball is boring, but at least baseball you typically see uh, some buildup to it. Unless there's like a home run, like a solo home run. Out of I don't work. think baseball is boring. I think the problem with baseball is that the season is too long. But at the same time, I get because of the revenue stream, they can't change it. But fuck it, 162 games. I mean, that's a long. No, I agree. If they season. were to redesign, if they were to start from scratch, they, yes. they would make it less. But, but, uh, 
but I, I watching an individual game, I'm just saying like there's there's build up to when runs score usually, and and here in in hockey you're, you can be say it's constant excitement, but it's just it's a constant excitement and constant letdowns because it's going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Okay, one of the times it goes in, back and forth, back and forth, back and you know, forth. That's back why and forth. I think the NFL is by far the greatest sport because just the way it's structured, the amount of games it is. I mean, unless you're absolutely god awful. Most teams still have some sort of potential, uh, you know, playoff-wise, up until the end of the season. You know, they're usually not eliminated. They're like, I mean, look at someone like, look at the division the Cowboys were in last year. They lost, I think, at one point eight games in a row, and they still could have won the division up until like, you know, and then they weren't even eliminated from the playoffs until two weeks. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, rough. I loved baseball. I'd, I'd look at the box scores, and I loved the NBA. And this is, of course, during the like the end of or the middle, I guess, of the Bird and Magic Johnson era and then the beginning of Michael Jordan. And, you know, but now I, and I know you love your Dodgers and, and I get it. But uh, now I, I just none of the sports. I don't know. I don't I'm not fond of them as much as I was when I was a kid. I think baseball, a lot of it is the fact that the, I feel like the games are meaningless. And when I was a kid, you could kind of identify like with certain players like you knew that. Uh, George Brett was a royal, and you knew that, you know. I mean, you know what I mean. You like, and people stayed with their teams. Now I couldn't even tell you half the players on uh, on the rosters on teams. But back then, I could tell you the star of every team: Kirby Puckett. He was a twin. Don Mattingly, Mister, you know, he's a Yankee. I mean, do you, you know what I'm saying? Do you yeah. remember it that way? Was that how it was for you? Yeah, it was. It was better than that. People could stay. You would stay on the same team longer, typically. So. Anyway, uh, so anyway, uh, going back to this World Series of Poker yeah. thing, it, it's ridiculous. They're just asking; they, they're not offering anything new. It's not like they came up with a new innovative idea that, yes, you're going to lose the rake revenue World Series, but we're going to replace it with this. No, they're offering them to replace it with revenue they already have. So it's not replacing it. They're just asking the World Series to. It's give all about up leverage, right. and they have the leverage. Yeah. As long as people want to play, right? And it's it's a big thing. They have no inclination to do anything. And they're not even not offering going. anything. They're not giving a new idea. They're not saying, "Hey, World Series, we came up with a great way." To where you can make the same money as you made last year, but yeah. not charge the players rake. No, they're just saying you're already making enough from this other stuff, so stop charging Look, us rake. This is my opinion. I have no problem with the rake. I get it. You know, they need to make money. They need to pay the floor staff. You know, dealers and and, and keep the lights on. And you know, they're, they're, who's paying? How much can that electricity bill be when it's thirty degrees there in the the, the <laughs> pavilion? But what pisses me off again is the fucking hoarding of. Food and all the other bullshit. That's that's just like, come on. That's to me is, you know, if there was like a competing model, I thought about this the other day too. If there was like a compete a competing model, like somebody like started, I don't know. You know, you have the NFL and then you had the USFL and people challenging it. See, the Bellagio came out with a series and people were like, well, you know what, this is the inaugural event, and I don't know, just something like that, I would jump to it if it gave me better value. You know, it's just that it's the only one in town, it's the most, I mean, it's really the only thing, you know, and so we're stuck, if we want to play, that's what we have to play. And I get it, but it really does insult me with the price gouging. Like, I know people are sitting here, come on, what are, you're playing an event, you're just, but to me, it's just like blatantly just being disrespectful. Yeah, I, like I said, and I said that before really, too. Like, if you want to get M&M's, like, M&M's are five bucks? Yeah, I've said like, that before, too. I, I've said before that they shouldn't be using the food as, as a revenue stream. It should be something that they make a little bit of money on, 
I'm not saying this should give bargain prices, but should it be stadium prices? Yeah, it shouldn't be stadium price. It should be something that's that's uh, reasonable, not not taking a loss on it, but something reasonable where uh, where people don't a look little at the bit above and, cost is what you're saying. Yes, and and uh, like that just you know I got to the point I won't even pay, I won't eat, I'll bring my own food. Right, that's what I do. Else. That's what I do. I just I. I I will bring my own food in a, in a little backpack, which, by the way, I, I usually bring a backpack the Trader Ruski gave me. Oh, that's cute. But I, I bring I bring the Trader Ruski backpack. I, I bring some food that I bought at the store or whatever, and, or, or maybe some food I brought earlier and sa- bought earlier and saved or couldn't eat it all, whatever it was. Uh, and and if I if I don't, if I forget, then I just wait and I don't eat, uh, or I'll, I'll bring water with me. But yeah, I, I can't not eat. I'll have to bring protein bars because I'll start getting headaches and. Just not feeling good. I can't go eight hours like you can. You know, wake up and not eat till five in the afternoon. But I'll tell you, it it, it really bothers me. Just it, it just reeks of just. Uh, I mean, yeah, they're trying to get money you know, out of every little thing, and they have to learn. You don't have to get money out of every little part of your business. And the irony is, they're still four billion dollars in debt. So they're not even doing it right to begin with. Well, and I've said that they may think they're making extra money, but they're doing it in the short term because what happens is the average player, the especially the recreational player, comes out. He knows he doesn't have that much of a chance. He's not as good as the other uh, pro players. He's probably not going to cash. But uh, but at least he has a good experience and enjoys himself. But if, if he has the memory that in the $1,500 tournament he busted – and, and felt like he was outplayed. They also, during break, wanted to buy a Gatorade and had to pay $8 and had to pay uh, uh, you know, $20 for some mediocre uh, food from the little cafeteria there and, and uh, $5 for M&M's. He's going to say, crap, I, I feel like I'm being taken advantage of by them. F it, I'm not coming back here. Like These memories stick in your mind. You don't want the person to walk away feeling like they were being gouged and because the, the average recreational player may not want to come back if they feel that was their experience. So just... There's no reason they have to squeeze every dollar out of every aspect of their operations. You just just stick to the core areas you make the money from the rake, from the TV contracts, from the sponsorships, whatever, from the partnerships. Don't use the food as a way to gouge people. And and I've said that before, and, and of course, uh, they don't listen. So, uh, yeah, so that, that – honestly, there should be a petition about that, not the rake. But I, I figured out who's behind this – brilliant petition it's from the uh a person that calls themselves uh king david's david king david not king david but king david k-k-i-n-g david it's almost like k-k-k king david maybe he's a racist but uh king david uh has a blog where he set up this uh this stupid petition and if, if you want to see King David's blog, it's uh, any2, that's A-N-Y-T-W-O dot biz, B-I-Z, slash blogs, slash news. That's any2 dot B-I-Z, slash blogs, slash news. Is it David Duke? That's a good point. Maybe it's Cook a King David Duke. Maybe he doesn't use I'm the Duke upset. Every time we talk about this, it gets me mad. <laughs> You know, I'm I just. Serious. Well, you know what else no, was ridiculous? It be a convenience for the players having stuff there, so they don't have to leave and run around. Instead, right, they're trying to maximize the rake and gouge you for everything. They and sell. you know, this city is so fucking manipulative that when they had that colossal last year, 
every place in town jacked up their hotel prices. Yes. Do you remember that weekend? Yes. Like, the, like the last one. was like 200 a night. Yes. You can have that place during the week for 29. Right. And if you book in advance, you can have it for 50 or 60 counting resort fees. Every place in the city, and I even mean the non-casino properties, like the Marriott's and the fucking uh, Hilton, you know, Grand Vacations and – Every place colluded, and they were smart enough to say, well, you know what? We're going to have 30,000 people coming here for this tournament, 25 or whatever it was. Let's jack it all up. But you know what? I don't so- even mind that as much because at least th- that's just like basic economics. But but here they have control over their own tournament. And I mean, but I'm just uh, – right, and I get it. You're right. It is basic economics. But but not the food the part. The food of, part the is like – point I'm making is that's never happened in Vegas. I mean it's it's always been, you know – New Year's Eve, Super Bowl weekend. It's never been because of a poker tournament. Yeah, I know. I that the whole that was city weird. is on lockdown room wise because they know people have no choice but to pay the prices. Right. It's like, terrible. That's just nuts to me. That that is nuts. But and, and yeah, I, I, th- I, you know, something else that was really offensive. I don't know if they still had it. They they had these cell phone charging stations. Yeah, they did. Where where. It was like fifteen dollars to charge your phone. No, it was actually five dollars, but still, like five dollars. <laughs> if I want a fucking massage, I'll find your fat fucking ass and say, "Come give me a massage." I am so sick of these fucking girls coming up to me. Do you want a massage? Do you want a massage? I'm sitting there playing. Do you ever? Does, I mean, I know you don't play live much, Druff, and I don't that much, but even as of late, I'm, I'm you know, listen. It's come to the point. I'm at the Palazzo playing Baccarat. Somebody passed me on my back and asked me if I want a massage. Jeez. I mean, do you remember when it kind of used to be, oh, there's a massage and it was a rare thing? It's gotten out of control to massages. I haven't seen, at the World Series, I haven't seen them do that. I haven't mm-hmm. seen them approach me at the World Series. Oh, they're everywhere. No, I see them right. everywhere. They I don't see, I don't see them. Approaching the legend me precedes you. They know they ain't getting nothing out of well, you. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe they go, oh, that cheap Jew over there, he's not getting anything. He's not paying $2 a minute for a massage. Oh, my God. The massage is every fucking where. There are people getting massages while they're playing the little goldfish slot machines now. I mean, people are getting massages while they're playing slot machines. <laughs> Trader Ruski, am I just kind of getting a little upset because of the Gatorade, or do I have a point? Be honest. No, you got, no, you got a good point because, you know, because it's probably two because the they're charging them so much to be now, there that then they have to be aggressive about sales. So now exactly. they're hassling the players. Now, Trader Ruski. Providing as a convenience. Can I, can I tell Druff a little story about the first time we met our interaction? Or nah, would you nah, prefer nah, to keep nah, it off? Nah, no, no, absolutely. I think that'll be a good uh, now, thing. You know, I met Trader Ruski and, uh, you know, Druff had assured me off the air that uh, he was normal, wasn't going to cause no ruckus for me in real life or on the forums, and it actually even exceeded my expectations. It was a complete gentleman bought me dinner. Now I did, I, I did give first. you, I did give you my endorsement though before you did it. Yes, I, I, yes, I said, yes, I said it's right. going to be, I said it's going to be fine. It, you know, he'll be nice. You're yep, not going to be a problem. Normal, yeah. great guy, yeah. absolutely. So we have a nice meal. He treats, splendid meal. He insists on paying uh, at Spago. We go back to uh, where he's staying, and uh, there's this certain variant of video poker that I had never even heard of. Only a couple places in Vegas have this game. Trader Ruski, what is it called? Ultra bonus or something. Where it's, where it's basically bonuses for would you hit four of a kind. Yeah, and you get like you pick a card and you get some kind of bonus. 
And he, he traded risky, he hit a jackpot right next to me. I was his lucky charm. He hit, <laughs> I think, uh, was it aces with a kicker? I don't know, whatever it was, you hit something for a 1200 or 1400 right next to me. Yep. Um, no, but I, I even said this to him. I said, Trader Ruski, don't let Druff know about this. And he'd be very angry. And Trader Ruski like, oh, you're right, Drexel. Now, what what happened, Trader Ruski, during our encounter playing the video poker that would have really upset Druff? No, well, it was a good experience because the full house paid $35, which or 35, right? So what, what is it? Is eight, what is it, 8 to 5? No, that would, be, uh, that would be 7 to 5. It's 7, 7 to 5. 5. 7 to 5. Right, right, right. But what did I discover? Right, so then, and this is good to learn, because they had two of these machines in the whole place. I just assumed that they'd have them both under the same payment, but the one Brandon found was 9 to 5. So they had a 7 to 5 and 9 to 5 next to each other? No, 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 no. they were different parts. Of the casino, but he had been playing the worst odds game the entire trip. And he had probably cycled. Yep. Thousands of dollars through that machine before, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Uh oh, Druff could never know about this." I well, would... let me let me give you guys a tip. To uh, yes. you probably know about this already, Brandon, but there, there's a site called VPFree2.org. That's VP like video poker free. The word free number two dot org. VPFree2.org, and on there you can get a list at any casino of the yeah. best video poker machines. And, and also often where to find them physically within the casino, and then you know what you're dealing with. Right. And if and if the game you like to play is not listed there, it probably sucks. That's a good point. So I don't know where I was going with all this, but uh, <laughs> we found the better machine, and I made him promise me that he'd stay away. I said, every time now you're losing $10, $10, $10. And, and that trader Ruski, he was steadfast. He said, I promise I'm only going to play at the better paying uh, machine and and I believe that he did. I truly, in my heart, believe that he did. Am yeah. I right, Trader? You never went back to the bad one. I think I did one time when the somebody was at the other one. But oh, uh, he's <laughs> honest. This but, kid but, can't but, even but, lie. But I did try that URL draft. So give it to me again because I didn't. So, so the audience, uh... it's a vpfree two dot org. Or sorry, dot com, not dot org. You're, you're, oh, thank, okay. Thanks for correcting yeah. me. It is dot com, not org. VP but the point I was going to make, I remember com. now. So Trader Ruski, you're playing the bad machine, not the good paying one. And say you're stuck five hundred, a thousand, and you're sweating and you're angry and you're getting a little. Actually, I don't even know if you could ever. Wait, what, what casino was this at first? What casino? Tropicana. Tropicana. Okay. So you're playing this game and you're stuck money. And what would you do? How would you feel if some doesn't matter if she's pretty or maybe it would matter if she's pretty or unattractive, but someone just starts tapping you or pestering you for a massage while you're gambling in front of a machine. You're stuck money. Would it bought, would it kind of annoy you? It would definitely annoy me. I mean, especially I'm so surprised they do it at Baccarat because like, that's like where everybody's so superstitious, right? And all the Chinese yeah, people are. and everything. Yeah. You know, somebody taps them on the shoulder. I'm surprised you know, Asians rights. don't get back on the plane and go to Macau. Exactly. Yeah. By the way, at, oh. at uh, Tropicana, according to VP two, VPFree2.com, the only machines they have that are um, like above 98% return is uh, they have a number of 8-5 bonus poker machines, which are uh, – there's a number of them there, but that's the only thing that's above 98% return. That's 99.17% return if you play perfectly. And that's where the it's bonus poker where it's uh, eight for the flush, 
or eight for the full house, five for the flush, uh, four for the straight, three three of a kind, two for t- uh, two pair, and, and one for jacks or better. And then the, you get bonuses for if you get uh, quads, depending on what uh, quads you get. So well, I'll tell you that Trader Ruski was like uh, a living legend walking through that Tropicana everywhere he went. Trader Ruski, Trader Ruski. I mean the mm-hmm. pit bosses, the dealers, the people cleaning the ashtrays—they all knew him, and they all only had a kind thing to say about the gentleman. Right. So yeah. anyway, uh, so true story. Let's go. Let's see the next topic here. The next topic is uh, oh, Daniel Negreanu. This this is an old story from March. But it's weird. Uh, I, I figured I had to talk about it on this show, of all things. Uh, Daniel Negreanu tweeted to uh, Donald Trump. This is back on March 3rd. But this is really what he tweeted. This is not a joke. This is not his account being hacked. This is really what he tweeted. I challenge at real Donald Trump, which is you know, Donald Trump's Twitter, to release a dick pic <laughs> to prove... That it's average size or more. (laughs) I will donate $100,000 to a charity of his choice. So he he was offering $100,000. Of course, this is smart of Negreanu to do in a way because he knows that Trump will never respond or actually do it. And uh, $100,000 to Trump is not very much anyway. Do you think – I mean – it's just weird even thinking this, but Trump obviously knows who Daniel Negreanu is. Even if he is against poker or doesn't even like it, he has to know that name, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's too big. Well, of you a never name. know. Sometimes, sometimes Donald Trump is surprisingly out of it with things. Like he even talks. That's about, what I'm asking. If you had to bet, what would you think? You know what? I I would actually think if you ask him who is Negreanu, he probably wouldn't know. I don't think I, he pays I, attention I to poker. I mean, well, Trader Ruski, what do you think? You break the tie. I, I don't know. I mean, that's a tough one. I, I'm sure he'd probably say he's heard the name, but I don't you don't know. think he'd say, "Oh, it's that poker professional poker." Well, guy. he did have the he had the U.S. Uh, poker championship right at uh, his at his place. But that doesn't he? mean he knows about poker. That just means someone at his place. No, I know, but still, I mean, he might have been involved once they deep in the tournament. Yeah, and th- this all came from, I, by the way, this this was from. Uh, Marco Rubio, when he was uh, kind of flailing and kind of at the end was trying to hit back at Donald Trump. And uh, uh, so he made a comment about Donald Trump's hands being small and and didn't directly say it, but indirectly accused Donald Trump of having a small penis because his hands are small and that's indicative of him having a small penis. So then Donald Trump, uh, believe it or not, responded to this saying, and let me tell you. I have no problem with what's down there. Something like he made it even more clear that yeah. uh, that that he's. Some uh, say that's what cost Rubio whatever small remaining chance he had. Yeah, yeah, it, it didn't go over well for Rubio. It made him look just kind of childish at the end, kind of like. And by desperate. the way, uh, shout out to Bobby, where he points out that Negreanu won uh, whatever the big event used to be at Trump's Taj Mahal mm. in Atlantic City. Not that that would wow. really matter, but. Yeah, but anyway, so, for the record, I think he knows you'd know who he was. Okay. Well, we we probably different of opinion, but I wouldn't be shocked yeah. if he knew. I just think if I had to guess, I'd say he wouldn't. Uh, so he said uh, – so he, he tweeted to Donald Trump that he's challenging him to release a, a photo of his penis and and is offering 100000 to a charity. Well, he knows Trump won't take it. There's no way Trump's going to – 100000 Yeah. But he's not – he knows the he Bronner's won't – has got that kind of money? That it's just a hundred thousand boom. Not even to worry about it because he knows he'll never have to give it. And if uh, by some shocking 
uh, thing he does that he'll give up the hundred thousand. But but there's there's no way he would do it because Donald Trump, if he wants a hundred thousand to a charity, he'll donate it himself. He's not going to release a, a picture of his penis as he's running for president. Like, why would you ever do that? If you're running for president, someone says, let's see a picture of your penis for $100,000. You'd say no. <laughs> I'm trying to you – know, well, I'm running for president here. I'm not releasing pictures of my penis for $100,000. It's, that's ridiculous. So, so Daniel Negreanu makes it look like he's offering this, but in reality, uh, he knows he'll never have to pay. So that was back in March, and it's been uh, a month and a half, and uh, Donald Trump, to Negreanu's chagrin, has not – presented a picture of his penis. But uh, uh, the funny thing was Negreanu wasn't just saying, show your penis. He actually wanted him to prove that it's average size or more. <laughs> so what if it isn't, though? What if, then Trump's definitely not going to do it. You, you think, you know, how, I wonder how many women Trump has slept with, like aside from his wives that he's had over the years, uh, like how many women has he just like had casual sex with over the years? Wouldn't you think one would have come forward by now and, and, and clarify this just for attention or money? I, I, yeah, you'd think, yeah. I mean, he was, he was, this is how I remember it. He was married when I first, you know, this is when I was a kid, 12, 13 to Ivanka, uh, or Ivana. Ivana. Ivanka is yeah, his daughter. daughter. Yeah. Then I remember they got divorced, and then he was with the Mar- he was with Marla Maples. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, there was a lull where he wasn't married for maybe like a decade, eight years, I don't know. And then he was with the one girl now. Um, you never – I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a good... Yeah, wouldn't he have had sex in that interim time? Like, wouldn't he have had sex with other women, especially given how much money and fame he has and – Clearly, with all these different wives, we don't, he, he we don't really know the backstories. For all we know, he could have gone from one to the next to the next. Like meaning, he was with Ivana and then cheated on her, or started dating Marla. You know what I mean? He could have been with only three relationships. So I mean, I, you're right, though. You think something would have come out? Yeah. It's, it, no matter what it was, if it was small, you think someone would have I mean, come forward and said that. There's been rumors about Ted Cruz cheating and all the stuff with him. And yeah. Like, why? Why hasn't a woman come out either for him or against? Him, like, either come out and said, "Yeah, I've actually had sex with him. He has a huge penis," or, "Or I've had sex with him. He has a small penis." Or it's average. Like, why hasn't someone come out with something? You think with yeah, all this talk about his penis that it would have at some point come out from someone who's seen it? So yeah. Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Or maybe he's paying them off to. Yeah, maybe he's paying off every person in the world that knows about his penis. Like even non-disclosure agreement. He goes. He goes into the doctor. He pays off the nurse as they don't talk about his penis. That Frank Rizzo. He likes that Marla Maples. Apparently, <laughs> giving her a shout out in the chat. I see that. And yeah. saw twenty four saying he dated a hot black yeah. lady. I didn't know about that. He I should use that it. to try to get the black vote. Okay, so uh, so he destroyed New York, but it still doesn't change anything. It's going to come down to the wire. Yeah, it's going to come oh. down. I think it's going to come down to Indiana whether he gets the, the majority. He's getting killed in the polls. Yeah, I think he's going to lose Indiana. I th- I, it's going to be – that's going to be the last interesting thing to see. It's it's not going to matter. We'll get to this shortly, but I don't think it's going to matter. I think Hillary's going to win no matter what. But uh, as far – I think the last drama that remains here is really who's going to be the Republican nominee because there's a number of ways you can go. But we'll get to that uh, shortly. New Jersey – has uh, made an interesting ruling on uh, online gambling companies. So who can get a license there and who can't? Because uh, New- the New Jersey Department of Gaming Enforcement, they do not want to give a license to uh, any company that's uh, actively breaking the law. 
That's so, that bad actors clause, Druff? Sort of, but in, in New Jersey. We, the, the bad actors clause is more about uh, California, but New Jersey has kind of their own version of it. So they, th- there's been the question, though. And remember, on poker, poker Stars had trouble getting licensing there. That's why Isai Scheinberg had to leave. That's why he had to sell it to Amaya, because they were not going to license Poker Stars as long as the Scheinbergs were involved, because they were offering gambling to the U.S. I'm sure he didn't mind the $4.9 billion either, though. No, I, I think that wasn't that bad for him. So... Uh, David Reebuck, who's the Division of Gaming Enforcement Director in New Jersey, has, has issued a statement regarding company online gaming companies that want to get licensed in New Jersey. What if they are currently serving other countries, not the U.S., but other countries that have not legalized online gambling? So this is what he's had to say. These cross-border Internet gaming operations have caused uncertainty with gaming regulators regarding the legality of Internet gaming operations of their licenses in foreign jurisdictions and how those activities should be considered when evaluating suitability for licensure. So basically, if you're serving other countries and you don't have a license there. Uh, like the one guy did, the criminal? Yeah, yeah, except he served the U.S. too. But, mm-hmm. but serving non-U.S. countries but don't have a license well, there either. he was either. a bad actor. Yeah, he was. <laughs> but... Uh, if you are licensed, if you're not licensed in other countries and still offering games, is New Jersey going to care about that? So this is what he's addressing. So <laughs> legislative bodies that fail to enact laws specific to online gaming, confusion regarding the applicability to existing land-based gaming laws uh, to Internet gaming operators, uh, in personam jurisdiction issues inevitably created by the borderless nature of the Internet and the lack of affirmative concrete actions by foreign government indicating whether it opposes Internet gaming by its citizens. So what they're basically saying here in that weird language is that the way New Jersey is going to look at it is if your company is offering online gaming in other countries, but it's not explicitly illegal there, if they just haven't really ruled on it, if it's just like we haven't said it's legal, we haven't said it's illegal, it's just we haven't really uh, made a specific ruling on that then we're okay with that in New Jersey, as long as it's not the U.S. But if it's other countries and they don't have a law for or against online gaming and you're offering it anyway, fine, we don't care. But they go on to clarify that uh, the division wishes to affirm its existing position that Internet gaming companies found to be operating in black markets will not be able to establish the good character, honesty, and integrity required for licensure in New Jersey. So basically, if you're operating in a country where it's explicitly illegal to do so, then you can't get a license there. So that's that's the distinction they're making. If you're operating in a country that's outside the U.S. that just doesn't have laws on this, fine. If you're operating where there are laws and you're breaking them, then you cannot get a license. So that's what they're... Uh, that's so we're the, not going to be seeing no... Bovada, New Jersey soon? Right, right. So Bovada's never going to get a license in New Jersey. Uh, now, po- I don't uh, think they really care to be a frank with you, Druff. Yeah, they don't. And, and uh, PokerStars got the license, of course, because they uh, they sold their operation to a different company. So now Amaya, who hasn't broken these laws, may break And the one guy had to step down, and we talked about that in the other fraud yeah, show. Yeah, like he broke a lot of other laws, but not uh, right. not these laws. So. That's uh, David Geshoff. Gish, what's his name? Trishkoff. Bezoff. Bezoff. You're close. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the total rewards visa. Actually, we'll, we'll get to that last. Uh, yeah. The the Atlantis offer. I talked about this last week, and we even talked a little bit about the food prices in Atlantis. And I was seriously considering taking a trip. To Atlantis, being I gotta be honest, you've been on quite a few trips as of late, and you got the World Series coming up. It's time to just kind of stay grounded and, and 
get back to your roots. Yeah, Jeff. I'm actually going to. You, and some of you may have Traveling noticed. A little that, bit yes, too much. some of you may have noticed I've been absent from uh, from the forum. I sent you a text the other day. Said I was worried about. Yeah, you. Brandon was actually worried about me because I was barely posting on PFA, and it looked like I was just kind of missing. And I, I kind of was. I was just. Uh, I, I have been going to various secret locations, and but that's over for a while. So I, I should be here every Wednesday. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be traveling anywhere. I should be active on Poker Fraud Alert. And uh, you know, one of the places I went, by the way, uh, have you heard of the Bel Air Hotel? In California, in, in LA, yeah, it's, it's a yeah, very I've famous it. hotel. It's a very famous upscale yeah. hotel. I, I actually was there for a few days. Really? How yeah. did you swing that? I well, I can't disclose that, but I was there for a few what days. You can't. I mean, did you get a free comp? Were you with family? What I mean, I, I, no, I don't want to talk about you're it on not the radio paying show, those costs. I was, I was there. Sure, a standard room is quite expensive there. Yeah, it is. It is expensive. So uh, yeah, I was at the Bel Air Hotel, and I, I was at a various other places, and I just didn't have much time for the internet. That's why I was uh, only barely present, and I had ten days off of radio too between April. So I knew and that you went to the East Coast, and then you were in Vegas. So there was another trip in between that. There's actually two different things I went. Yeah, I, I really haven't been around very much. So that's uh, so anyway, the Atlantis. They have they they in Bahamas. This is where the poker stars uh, holds the PCA and in the detention camp. In the detention camp, they have an offer that's uh, tied to the total rewards at Caesars. We talked about last week a new marketing partnership, and depending upon your players' club tier at, at total rewards from platinum to seven stars, you get better and better offers from Atlantis. And the one that's really worth the most is the seven stars one. The rest, I think, you're kind of kind of fail to the point where you're still going to be out enough money to where you should only do it if you really want to go to Atlantis. But it was hard to turn down the seven stars one. The seven stars, you really get a lot of stuff just outright for free because you get uh, four nights in uh, in the suite there in one of the newer towers. You get uh, all the taxes and tips and all these extra- and resort fees, all these extraneous charges they hit you for, that's all paid for. With a seven stars offer, you also get a hundred dollar food credit, which admittedly doesn't go that far over there, but you get it per night, uh, and you get two hundred fifty dollar free play, and you can stay up to four nights this way. I calculated, even ignoring the hundred dollar uh, food credit and the two hundred fifty dollar free play, even aside from that, I just priced it. I went on Atlantis's website and just pretended like I was booking four random nights, and I did it like a few different times of the year. This totals out to about thirty five hundred dollars. So I'm like, wow, that's a pretty good benefit. That even before the food credit and the free play, $3,500 worth I'm getting. So but are you at least uh, are you slightly concerned with the law- lawlessness and potential for chaosness? Yes. In what's basically a third world country? Yes. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what yes. the real concern is here because uh, some things have come out since then that have made me afraid to redeem this. And you may ask, why, why am I afraid to redeem this? Is it because that uh, I'm worried that the refugee camp will recognize my voice and uh, put me in the camp because I prank called them? <laughs> it could happen. In fact, if, if I announce when I'm going, I know someone who, uh, someone who listens to the show that hates me would probably call up the Bahamas and warn them that the prank call is the guy, coming. I think? Well, that could be one of several guys. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, is it the one guy that hates you the most? Yeah, he could be one of them, yeah. So they'll call up and, and warn them 
that I'm coming to the Bahamas and they better get that prank caller who made their refugee camps look so foolish. And, and they could charge with something like disrespecting the state and give you a 10-year penalty. Yeah, in the refugee camp. Yeah. And I'll be eating uh, anchovies on top of mashed potatoes for 10 years. I'm never going to the Bahamas again. It's not worth it. <laughs> if they can call out Fluffer at the Orleans, they can find me in the Bahamas. That's true. That's so. kind of scary. So so anyway, this this is the disturbing thing that someone reported was in an email who tried to book this. Complimentary offers are based on your previous level of casino play. If you are a new or inactive Atlantis casino guest, your upfront complimentaries are based on your rated play from your primary casino. If you redeem oh, this wow. – hold on. This gets even worse. If Yikes. you redeem this complimentary offer so – you hate you there too. Hold on. <laughs> if, if you redeem this complimentary offer, you are expected to play – There's a Bahamian to, host that hates you. Okay, but hold on. You're, you're stopping the best part here. Right. If you redeem this complimentary offer, you are expected to play to the same level of casino play or greater. If you do not play or show reduced casino play, you may be charged for some or all of your upfront – Complimentaries, including rooms. I'm going to say right now on the record, what you just read is a little vague for me to feel comfortable going. Well, no, this is worse. I'll explain what they're trying to say. Worse than vague? Yes, it's actually kind of specific to me. Uh, Including rooms, food and beverage, limos, etc. If you need additional clarification, please contact Casino VIP Services or your player development, etc. Executive. So here's what they're saying. It's very simple. They're saying. We're giving you comps based on what we expect you to play from your level you attained at a different casino. Basically, we reserve the right, Druff. We reserve the right to take away your comps and back bill you for this. So if you show up there on the Seven Stars offer, if you don't play in their casino of what they think a Seven Stars player should be playing, they will say, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, these four nights, they're no longer free. The taxes, no longer free. The room, the resort fee, no longer free. The $100... Meals per day, no longer free. And you can get a back bill for like $4,000. And they're probably going to say either pay it or we're going to throw you in the refugee camp. So this is very, very disturbing that it's actually saying to you, and you're, you're probably going to, by them emailing this to you, this is them informing you up front, that you're showing up there basically agreeing that they're giving you comps up front expecting a certain level of play, and if you don't meet those levels... They're going to bill you for them. So what does this really mean? This means you're really not getting any comps because this is what all casinos do. All casinos will give you comps based on your play. So here they're saying you get this and this and this and this, but then the asterisk is you only get them if you earn them. So that's no rough. What I normally do when I go into a hotel, a casino, and I, I stay there, I never, ever will stay with the terms of all, and this is very common. They say, well, you know what? Go ahead and pay for it, and I'll take a look at your play at the end and let you know what we can do. Right, never. I demand to know up front what I'm going to get. Everything else on top of that is gravy. Right. If I don't have for, know for sure that I'm being told this XXX will be comped, food will be comped, then I ain't spending, I ain't charging, I ain't staying. Right. That's what I say too. Exactly. Exactly. I have the exact same attitude towards it as you do. And so, so there's, so this is all smoke and mirrors. They might as well say you get a million dollars worth of comps. And you know, I always laugh at. I'm sorry, I do. The people that lose thousands, and but they say, well, my room is comped. When this, that very room you could have just bought for two hundred dollars, it just doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, and, yeah, and and so so with the ridiculous thing, as I was saying, they could claim you have a million dollars worth of comps, but then have the asterisk, but only if you earn them. So yeah. it doesn't matter. They're they're giving you nothing. If they, they can claim you're getting a huge list of things, but if you don't earn them with your play, you don't get them. Well, that's the same as you can show up with nothing guaranteed. They might as well say, "Come in, you're expected to pay for everything, but if you play enough, we'll comp things off." That's what they're really saying. So that's that's not giving you anything for free. That's that's just. Copying you based on your play, like any it's, it's, it's very vague, also in the sense that say you go in there and you you get lucky and you win, walk out of there with five, seven, ten, twenty thousand dollars. They could probably misuse that language and still charge you. Right, right. That is the way it's vague to where right they can say, well, uh, uh-uh, that's not what we think a seven stars player is. We think a seven stars puts in this much action. You put in what we think is a tenth of that action, so we're charging right. you uh, for all those comps. Yeah, that's horrible. And and since it's in the Bahamas, you don't have any legal recourse. You, you have zero legal recourse. What they would probably do at that point is either make you sign that you're going to bill it to your credit card and, and, and agreeing to let them do that, or uh, make you uh, put you in prison for refusing yep. to pay a bill, and, and they can do it. And if you think you're going to be clever and say, okay, I'll sign it to my visa, and then uh, when I get home, I'll just charge it back and say it was coerced. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Uh, it is very, very hard. This is a tip for everybody. Very, very hard to reverse international charges. It's a big difference than reversing domestic charges on your credit card. Uh, so, so basically, they will only reverse international charges if it is outright fraud, meaning you didn't make the charge or you were charged more than you signed. So if you sign a, a slip uh, like at a foreign restaurant for $100 and they charge you 1000 that they will reverse because you only authorized 100 But if you sign a paper saying, I will pay 4000 and then later you get back home and go, no, but they coerced me into doing it, that you're going to lose that. Well, i got to be honest. I think it's pretty crystal clear. We just should just stay out of, <laughs> stay out the, of the Bahamas. Bahamas. Yeah. All Americans should. Uh, we should just basically end tourism with the Bahamas and concentrate on our new partner, Cuba. <laughs> and, yeah, and by the way, there's a... Uh... Where is this? There, there's uh, so so here's here's a report by the way, claiming that this actually isn't true. What I just said, this is by Alan from AlanBestBuys.com. You know, the, the yeah, but you got to give a disclosure that you also on that website. No, no, I don't. Uh, we split off though. See, AlanBestBuys.com still exists. You can go there. AlanBestBuys.com. That I don't own. I, right. I own no piece of that. What I do own is Alan's former forum, which well, is you now should still disclose. I'm that. disclosing. I own Alan's former forum, which is now called VegasCasinoTalk.com. I do Some may think it's a conflict of interest. It might be. So this is, this is what Alan wrote. Uh, There's been some comments on the internet that Atlantis expects Caesar's total rewards members to have play at Atlantis, which matches their play at Caesar's casinos. Some total rewards members received a confirmation from the Atlantis for their trips, and this condition was spelled out in fine print. The fine print also says players might be charged for their room if the casino play does not meet expectations. However, when I called the marketing department at Atlantis, they said this does not apply to total rewards members, and the confirmation slip with that fine print was actually intended for Atlantis' players. The Atlantis marketing rep told me the total rewards members could, quote, no play, and the offer would stand as stated. I don't believe that. You know why? No, but I also have to ask, when he says there was talk on the Internet, is he talking about you? Yeah, but <laughs> no, no. Actually, it was the other. It was someone else who pointed this out, and then I commented on it. But, but it, right. it was that. But the talk of the internet's your talk of the internet. Well, yes, yes. But, but anyway, the, the point saying. is, he called up and followed up on this, and he claimed they told him this was a mistakenly sent out. It was meant for Atlantis's own players. But I don't believe that because if you listen to the language again, uh, it said that 
if you're a new or inactive player that it's based on your rated play from your primary casino. So this isn't to their own players. They're even spelling out there that if you're not one of their players, that it's going to be based on your other casino. So well, that's not- and I also like to point out that in the past, Caesars has played the we've mistakenly sent you this email card many times. I'm serious. I've gotten back-to-back-to-back mistaken emails. Yeah, yeah. Well, this isn't even from Caesars. This is from, he called up well, Atlantis. Right, but maybe they're, but they're in partnership. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that Atlantis just didn't want to look bad, and they, oh, that was a mistake, but then if someone shows up and actually does this and no plays them, it's just hard for me to believe these Bahamians over there are just going to take this from you if you show up and you know, redeem four thousand dollars worth of comps. And, 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 Bahamians. Well, I, so do you believe this? That the ones at the refugee camp with the with the anchovies and the and the yeah. anchovy juice and the mashed potatoes that they're going to take this? You show up, you use them for four thousand dollars worth of comps. Don't put a penny in their machines and leave. You think they're going to be cool with that? That never would have happened when that Merv Griffith owned that place. <laughs> and you know, you know he's the one that built that whole. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, he owned the original. Uh, yeah, you know, he may have he may have demanded like gay sex with you in the bathroom instead of uh, paying, but at least he wouldn't have charged you. Was he? Was he a Merv Griffin? Gay? Yeah, he wasn't only gay, but he was known to he was known to have sex with people that he helped. Basically, it was uh, sexual favors were traded for uh, Hollywood favors. In fact, there's rumors as disturbing as this is, and as old as he was at the time. There's disturbing rumors that Ryan Seacrest did uh, sexual favors for Merv Griffin. They definitely hung out a lot together, very, very closely. And I know someone personally who about, uh, this is a lot of years ago now, this is probably 35 years ago, but 35 years ago... Was it a girl? No, it was a guy. Hmm. But 35 years, this guy's like in his early 60s now, but like 35 to 40 years ago, Merv Griffin personally invited him over to his house... And was was flirting with him pretty hard, and and this was uh, again kind of implied that uh, Merv could help out his career. So uh, anyway, wait. So he, I mean, was he openly gay? Was he bisexual? No, he no, he wives? wasn't. No, he was never open Kid? about his sexuality. Never. But it, but it was known behind the scenes he was gay. But it was beyond just being gay. It was like gay and then like uh, pressuring. Young guys into uh, sexual favors in return for. Uh, so when it says on his Wikipedia he died of pneumonia, he basically had AIDS. Well, he was very old then when oh, he kidding, died. So kidding. yeah, but wow. uh, but yeah, that's that's the rumors about Merv Griffin, including Ryan Seacrest. As I said, never w- heard any of this. How that, do you know this stuff? I just heard of these things. But look, Ryan Seacrest for sure spent a lot of time with Merv Griffin at his house. So it's obviously not verified that he had gay sex with Merv Griffin, but there's there's no question that Ryan Seacrest and Merv Griffin spent uh, a lot of time together. He was 82 when he died, died of prostate cancer, uh, game shows, talk show host. Uh, let's see. He purchased a resorts hotel and casino in Atlantic City from Donald Trump in 1988. Then he purchased, in the early 80s, the Paradise Island Resort Casino in the Bahamas, for four hundred million dollars from guess who? Donald Trump, <laughs> and then sold it for one hundred twenty-five. He lost two hundred seventy-five million on the deal. Wow. wow. Hmm. Interesting. So even Donald Trump in two thousand three, his net worth was one point two billion. Yeah, I, I have a, I have an update of something unrelated to this, but I think uh, the audience may want to hear, even though it's unrelated to poker. But, uh, he was married. Yeah, I saw. Wrong, wrong. wrong. 
WWE legend China, not China Maniac, but China is dead. She died uh, in Redondo Beach, California, a place I lived at one point, at uh, about 7.30 p.m. tonight. Uh, People are suspecting a drug overdose. She was only 46, and apparently they they claim in Redondo Beach that uh, this was not a murder, no foul play. And that she did have a history with drugs And prescription bottles were found in the home So at 46 uh, China is gone I really never knew much about her Yeah she was one of those like, what Was it WWE or WWE Whatever worldwide wrestling Well what happened is they were the WWF And they changed the WWE because the uh, World Wildlife Federation uh, Was suing them to change. Is this true? Yes it's true the WWF was originally the World Wildlife Federation, then the WWF was also the uh, the wrestling World Wrestling Federation, and then they they had to change their name because of that. But uh, China was you know, she's one of these uh, muscular chicks who is uh, pretty well known in wrestling, and uh, she is dead. She's forty six years old, so another celebrity succumbs to drug abuse, probably. So so anyway, Irv Griffin was married, by the way. Well, I mean, that, I'm just saying it doesn't, doesn't mean, you know, doesn't mean he was. Mean okay, so, but, so, so is Jerry Sandusky. Well, I I realize that. I'm just saying. Yeah, that doesn't mean much. Especially high-profile people will sometimes get married. Well, and it says that his, he kept most of his personal life secret. Well, not only that, but since he he was so old, like back in the old days, it, it was a big deal to admit you were gay. So if you're in the public eye, if you admit that you're gay, it could be the end of your career. So they, they even when it gets to the later years and it's okay to admit – that you were gay, uh, they're still they still are engaging the old school thinking that they've got to stay in the closet. Liberace, he was gay. Yeah, yeah, right. but he was very flamboyant. See, Merv Griffin wasn't like that. He wasn't like openly flamboyant like uh, Liberace was. Yeah. So uh, anyway, with that Atlantis offer, uh, the only way I would redeem this would be if I had it in writing from them that this is a. Guaranteed comp regardless of play I, it, It's not even okay at this point To get uh, uh, An email from them that just doesn't state What that other people got, what those other people got Like if they sent me a confirmation email Which just doesn't state either way I wouldn't be comfortable either At this point I would need an email from someone in power They're saying this is a guaranteed complimentary uh, These complimentaries are guaranteed Regardless of your play at Atlantis Casino So you're saying unequivocally This is not Druff approved Not At least not yet Okay. And that's how, uh, speaking of uh, China, this is a China who is not dead. China maniac. Hello, the former Dan Omar, the former host of the Zone Blitz. Fraud show? Oh wait, wait, wait! It's not China. It's 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 San Omar. It's his next door neighbor. <laughs> how you doing, Drexel and Drum? Hey, is this San Omar? It's San Omar. I heard you talking about light regulation and homosexuality, and I thought this was a good point. I know it has to be him wow, if he mentions nice if he mentions light regulation. It has to be him. Wow. <laughs> no, you know I heard I, you know, I see nine seven eight. I just jumped to conclusions, and I think it's uh, it's got to be China. Well, you know what happens when you assume, right? Yeah. yeah. How are you? East good, Coast bias. I'm doing all right. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. Big I always kind of envisioned that you sounded uh, older. Yeah, he does sound younger than I expected. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that a bad, but, you know, you talk about you have a daughter, you know, not that much younger than me, I don't know, 10, 12 years younger. Than, I don't know. I just kind of pictured you a little so older. Well, if I had a son or daughter 20 years old, I didn't have them as late as Druff. 
what about it? It's 45 or so. Well, you're, you're older than 45, though, right? A little older, yeah. Yeah. Under guess. 50. Okay. Now, I have to say, you know, regarding sounds of voices, though, like I, I, I listen, I've said this before, I listen to old tapes of me from like 20, 25 years ago, and I sound the exact same. So uh, it's, it's possible to maintain a similar voice throughout your life even as you get old. So uh, Salmar, he, he could be very old, and he just doesn't sound it. But uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, <laughs> I expected him to sound older, too. I expected an, uh, like a guy who sounds about 60. That's what I expected. Ooh. But you don't sound so But you don't sound. It's be, you know it's better to sound young when I expect you not to than the reverse. I could have expected you to sound young and you could sound ancient. That'd be bad. So are you enjoying the fraud show tonight, Salomar? I am. Yes, uh, I am. A little, little, lot of fraud there, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed the Merv Griffin piece. Uh, fascinating guy. I was surprised that he lost money on the deal with Trump. I always understood that he came out ahead on that. That's very odd, too. I mean, who takes that kind of a loss? I mean, that's a big – I mean, what was it again? Uh says, okay, claims he bought it in the early 80s, not really specific on the exact time frame, and then he sold it uh, later on – and this is Wikipedia, so you know how that is – for $125 million for a loss of 275 Then it says Griffin later sold his empire – I don't even know what this means. They're Coca-Cola for $250 million. What does that mean, his empire? <laughs> well, he, he had that, yes, the game show franchises. With right, the but I mean, fortune he, and he, all. he sold that to Coca-Cola? He probably, so, this is what it says. Griffin sold his empire to Coca-Cola for $250 million in 1986. He went on a, a spending spree of hotels so that his wealth in 2003 was said to be around $1.2 billion. Huh. Wow. You think with one point two billion dollars, he wouldn't have to be pushing these uh, young Hollywood guys to have sex with him? You think he could? Just- oh, here we go. Uh, Nineteen ninety one, Brent Plot, a longtime employee who worked as his bodyguard, horse trainer, and driver, filed a two hundred million dollar palimony lawsuit against oh. him. What is the palimony? Is like what? Uh, what is the I'm surprised about that because they don't have that in California. I mean, it. Uh, I'm reading it. I didn't think they had that in California. I of think course. they. I think they did back then, but they got rid of it. Oh, okay. Okay. His attorney said that this is uh, this is Griffin's attorney. This is a shameless attempt to extort money from my client. Uh, the former bodyguard and horse trainer was paid two hundred fifty dollars a week. God, even in '91, that wasn't a lot of money. He lived in a one. He lived in a one-bedroom apartment underneath. The former house of Murray Griffin. Yeah, under, underneath is the key word. Yeah. <laughs> he, he lived underneath Murray Griffin. That should have just ended there. He, he consistently evaded answering questions about his sexuality with a characteristic quip. In an interview with the New York Times published in 2005, Griffin said, I told everybody that I'm a quarter sexual. I will do anything with anybody for, a, for quarter. a quarter. Yeah. It's not even <laughs> right, funny. Right. You know, uh, the, the truth is, if you're, if you're accused of something like that, someone says they had a romantic relationship with you for years and years and you didn't, you just – the first thing your lawyer would say is, my client never had a romantic relationship with this person. Like, like Brandon, let's say you sued me for palimony and, and said that uh, we had a romantic relationship, that we were uh, 
we were uh, gay boyfriends for a long time. The, the first thing I would say or say through my attorney is this is false. I, I've never had that kind of relationship with Brandon. I wouldn't say uh, this is Brandon's shameless attempt to get money. The, the first thing I would say is it is not true. If you don't come out and say it is not true, then it's true. So <laughs> it's, you know, I don't know if that lawsuit was valid in any way, but uh, it looks that – said it got dismissed. Yeah, but at least this guy uh, was having sex with uh, Merv Griffin, the horse trainer. Yeah, that's, that's for some reason the horse trainer it's, part it was his horse me. trainer, his bodyguard, his driver. It's a lot of jobs for two hundred fifty dollars a week. See, the two fifty yeah. a week is a weird part because you'd think if if he really is like Merv Griffin's boyfriend, Merv would overpay him, not underpay him. That Donald Sterling was giving him that black young girl he was dating million dollar gifts. Yeah, this kid should have held off for more. You give up that ass to Merv Griffin, you got to make sure you get paid right. So for those just tuning in, again, the point is don't go to the Bahamas. <laughs> somehow somehow it goes from uh, the Bahamas uh, stiffing yeah. you on comps to Merv Griffin being gay, but it, it all it all leads to the same thing. The Bahamas. Just don't, just don't go there. <laughs> yeah, so I, really, I really would demand that I would get something in writing that says these comps are yours no matter what. There's no play required for to redeem these comps. Uh, play, whatever. Some kind of language that makes it very clear. And even then, I'd be a little bit scared of going. I'd be afraid they'd find an excuse to put me in that camp. So. Yeah. Then it wouldn't be so funny anymore. Then, then 2 plus 2 would laugh at me. They would laugh at me because 2 plus 2 is so mad at us for pranking that, that camp and per, perhaps uh, causing some unnamed Canadian a lot of grief who might be staying there. Uh, they would laugh if after all this that in a Jewish attempt to claim comps and not play <laughs> Jewish attempt that that's that funny. I that I end up that is in funny. that in that same camp that would be like poetic justice unfortunately you might be able to demand a kosher kosher meal and get something a little better right? yeah that's right <laughs> Lamar, have you ever been to uh, the Bahamas have you ever been to this resort we speak I, I of? certainly have I I was there recently I Tom Cruise has a place like a stone's throw from there out on the peninsula. Um, I've always heard that the Atlantis was kind of troubled ever since the housing crisis. Um, they, they were financially strapped. So it kind of doesn't surprise me that they're nickel and diming there. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I think I was at the Bahamas. And the reason I say I think I was, I believe I was like two years old, some, some really young age. I don't remember, but I believe my parents, told me that I was there with them, and I think they even showed me pictures of when I was there. But whatever it was, I was either not there or I was there at a very young age where I don't remember it. But I may have been there. Another story. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Another Salomon. story that always struck me about uh, the Atlantis was that the cruise ships are now allowed to do a day trip excursion onto the property. And and having spent the, the prices that the Atlantis commands, um, that I can't. I just can't imagine dealing with boatloads of uh, day trippers milling about the property and filling up the pool and all that. You know, I also it heard sounds pretty un, unattractive. Maybe now. you can answer this one. I heard that the water there is cold, like in their water park and in the the, the ocean over there. That every the water is cold at least, at least in January when people go to the PCA. Was the water cold when you went there? I went there actually in September, so it wasn't my impression. No. Okay. Maybe that time. But of off, year is not... off property, just sketchy as all get out. <laughs> You're just being hustled constantly, followed. Um, once is enough. 
So, so you're telling me that uh, it wouldn't be a good scene for me if they brought me off property to that refugee camp? I don't think the Atlantis is all that. So um, <laughs> listen, yeah, I got to be honest. It, you know, and I'm not. I'm just giving my opinion. I've been everywhere in the Caribbean. I mean, for the most part, I've been everywhere from Haiti to the Dominican to St. Martin, Virgin Islands. It, it's all the same to me. I'm not – doesn't – I don't know. I have I, always said that. You put me on any one of those islands it's all, around yeah. three times. I couldn't tell you which one it was, except maybe St. Martin. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've done it all. I mean, some of it by cruise, some of it by just – I mean, I was in St. Martin this time last year. It doesn't uh, – I don't know. I'm not really a fan. I think if I actually had to pick any island that I would go back to, if I had to go back, I really I liked Aruba. And Druff, you've been to Aruba, so you can tell me what you think of Aruba. Uh, we were there differently, but I know you were there for uh, the the UB tournament, and course. also the Nat, the Natalie Holloway thing that you commented on. Didn't you help something with that with 60 Minutes? <laughs> or, or no, I wish. Yeah. What did you think of Aruba, Druff? Did you? Yeah, I wasn't that impressed with Aruba. I and no. and I actually got a very nice room there. I, I can't complain about the room well, I had there. But yeah. Aruba itself, I didn't. I I wasn't St. Kitts twice. I actually liked St. Kitts somewhat because St. Kitts is underdeveloped, so you get to, and yet it's not really all that ghetto. So you could. I, I went around the whole island, even to Nevis, which is the the second part of St. Kitts, and and just kind of explored and and went around, saw the real thing, and. Uh, uh, it's it's not like overdeveloped or over touristy. At least it wasn't as of the last time I was there uh, ten years ago. Maybe it changed since then. But right, I I I, I kind of like that there. But I will say though, the, the beaches weren't that great. Like the, the the these great Caribbean beaches that you see depicted on TV or in advertisements, you didn't really see that much of that in St. Kitts. Now, if you're a little bit nervous about going to the Bahamas, what would somebody have to pay you up front? deposit into your checking account to get you to go on one of those state-sanctioned tours in North Korea. <laughs> I mean, you know, people do that. I mean, you, you know, it's all through touring companies. You can't, you know, book a flight from, you know, L.A. or Vegas and go, but they are Americans that make their way to North Korea. If it was, uh, well, if it was a state-sanctioned tour, then I'd I'd feel like it's okay. I don't think North Korea would imprison me just for being on that tour. I, I wouldn't mean, I wouldn't screw around there or do anything that uh, could get me in trouble. But uh, I, if if I was on a state-sanctioned tour, I mean, they're still throwing Americans in jail. They, in they, North Korea, they well, had yeah, but a if, former president every other year it seems to go get the Americans out. But yeah, but I, if you just go there and you don't cause any trouble and you're, you're just mindful to do everything they say, you're not going to get in trouble. Yeah. All right. so, Just don't go with Dennis Rodman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he seemed to get along there. They seemed to. They were buddies. They, they hit it off over, over in uh, North Korea. So that's that's the Atlantis and uh, uh, Brandon. The, the total rewards visa. You you got a pretty uh, impressive offer for them. Now the total the total rewards visa is a visa card put out by Comenity Bank. Hold on, we're getting another nine seven eight call. All the Massachusetts people are coming out of the woodwork. Is this is this China maniac or is this China? Okay, it's at least it's the yeah, it's, it's the real China this time. Uh, for people that don't know, he also used to host a show called the Zone Blitz. <laughs> um, it was a great show. Yeah, I just want to, it was I part of the Vegas Poker Radio Networks. Go, China. How are you, my friend? You got Salomar on the radio for the first time. Sounds a lot younger What's than up? we thought. What's up, T Bone? Keyboard, yep. I got my um, 
Flame Tebow jersey right here in one of those war memorial cases. <laughs> Things unbelievable. But is um, he ever? Is he ever gonna? Is he? I mean, what is he gonna do? Is he just gonna be a commentator and a motivational speaker forever? Is it safe to say? I mean, no trolling. Truthfully, is it safe to no, say his athletic he, career is over? Yeah, he's minus five hundred. Five hundred to win a hundred to be elected to Congress this year. Tim Tebow. Yes. He ain't State Kurt Florida. Schilling, right? Yeah, Korea, we, we the, talked about that earlier. Those are the odds. Wow. Hmm. So Tim anyhow, Tebow has Tim Tebow has more playoff wins than Sam Bradford. He does. So China, were you calling in? You said you were calling in about uh, some specific uh, item we talked about. about yeah, the death North of Korea. China. Oh. North Korea. Brandon was asking about uh, if they're still putting Americans in jail. They just sentenced some kid, I think, a couple weeks ago to 15 years hard labor because he tried to steal a picture off the wall in the in the hotel. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Well, you just—that's so, the thing. If you, if you went there, you just—if you. But he did it. He really did it, though. Like, like I, I admit that he really did it. You could go there and they could say that Jeff stole a picture off the wall. No, but he really did do he it. Was it on though. camera. Yeah, he, he really did camera. it. That's the point. It's not. It's not that he was sentenced for something he didn't do. It's just like an incredibly harsh sentence. It, 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 obviously, it's uh, right. not fair. But uh, at the same time, I don't think anybody's been who's American been in prison there for crimes they did not commit. At least I haven't heard of that. Right. So you just it's, you're just stupid to commit any crime over there. I mean, the one guy brought in a Bible or did something with a Bible, an American, maybe he's a missionary, and he got arrested and sentenced for for whatever the religious. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, if I, I if I, I went, I would, I just, would not go there. I'm I'm scared of that. Really, place. No, I think I, they're fucking crazy. They, they are. If if I went, I would you just pay I'd me be, enough money to go there. I would just be aware of every rule they have and make sure to follow it. I wouldn't screw around. I bet you couldn't even access the the fraud site from there. It's probably blocked with that internet censorship. Yeah, that would be a problem. Like it would, I'd be blocked from it, and yet there'd be people like cock bombing the site, and I go, oh, do I want to break the law and get around the their block and use a proxy or something? And then I can see myself getting arrested there for trying to get on Poker Fraud Alert and stop someone from like cock bombing the site. And then if you tell yeah, them they, you're in North they, Korea, they find the hotel that you're at, and they prank call you at all hours of the night. You and the family can't get no rest in North <laughs> Korea. The whole thing is a debacle. Yeah. yeah. So they they, record, they put a recorder in your room too. They record like everything that you do. Really? Yeah, and that's like I think they let you know that too. Or if they don't, it's pretty widely known that they do. Hmm. Well, Actually, I've seen some. I've seen some Vice stuff on it. Interesting. Yeah. I I wouldn't go to no North Korea, and I'm also deathly afraid of going to Congo. Congo. Anywhere where there could be Ebola or pirates, it just kind of worries me. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I got I, one question. Yeah. Did, did you guys do the Mike Dentali thing yet? Yeah. What What was your take on that? My take is that I I believe that he made some agreement on the break that he's going to just fold to whatever this girl goes all in with, and then and then was so that's all he was thinking about. So when she went all in, he didn't bother to look at her stack and, and, and didn't realize that when he folded, that it was a nonsensical fold. Like he just remembered what yeah, he told that's her. What I, that's what I think too. I think he told her he would like play soft because he was the big stack, which is completely legal. Right. But, but I think he made a mistake like that. And 
then everyone just jumped on him, and he's getting fried for it. Well, like, but I think he deserved being fried. If you're going to collude like that, then uh, you deserve it. It's not really. I mean, you can fold it if you you can fold hands if if you want. No, no, but you can't make an agreement with someone. I'm going to fold to all your raises to keep you in the tournament. You can't do that. That's that's collusion. That's that's chip dumping. I just think that uh, I, I, whether he did that or not, I don't know. I think he was willing to take it easy on her because he knew her, and he had the big stack, and she had the little stack. And he likes pissing people off, and I think that he thought he would get get off on like, you know, everybody like, what the fuck? Well, you're are you saying doing? he's a, you know? you're saying he's a high limit satellite troll. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, this guy seems to get into this stuff a lot, but like I said, like I think he just misread the the blinds because he's well, yeah, he, yeah, all he definitely over. didn't realize that she was like down to that low. Like he just didn't think of it. He just thought he's folding to her to do her a favor. And which they probably discussed over the break. He's like, "Oh, don't worry." She's like, "Oh, I'm down to just about nothing. I'm done. I've got to go all in at some point." It's like, "It's like, hey, don't worry. You're small and big. If it goes, if it comes to like blind versus blind, you go all in. I'm folding no matter what. Don't worry. You're gonna get my blinds every time. Like something like that." Right. And then, and then she does it, and he just auto auto folds. And then, and then they're like, "Wait a minute. How do you fold to, right. to less than the big blinds?" Like, "Oh shit!" Like he forgot that. You know, he he was so remembering making that promise to her that he didn't bother to look at her stack. And and and, right. uh, and that's but that's still cheating. Like I'd be so pissed if I'm one of the people at that table, knowing that two of the ten people get nothing, and, and that I'm trying to fight to, to not be one of those two people. And then there's two people trying to help each other out like that. I'd be really pissed. Right. So that's but it's still only cheating if there's a known agreement. Yes, there's but no I, I'm sure that there was a known agreement. There's no proof, but it seems very suspicious. I believe it was. But accurate. it is possible too. He got a lifetime ban from all Hard Rock properties today, and. It's uh, who knows? Maybe they pulled up on the security, like them talking. Oh, really? I didn't hear about that. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, I was listening to Tuckman's podcast uh, right as this was starting because they had him on, and they had the two guys he was arguing with. Yeah, see, I and wish I we had that here. Look. Tuckman gets all the good guests. Yeah. He so I guess he got yeah he got the lifetime ban, and uh, yeah, that was it pretty much. Um, it was it was pretty entertaining to listen to. If you can, if it's on there and you don't have to like subscribe, no, and pay I don't. For no, it or no, I can, yeah, in fact, I was even telling someone like, "Oh, message me with the relevant parts. I'll skip to it because I." It's just it was it was like right during our show. It was bad timing. If it was only like a day before, I could have had something prepared. See, and he's getting fried a lot too because he had an ace, but like he kept trying to t- make the point to them, like, "What if my hand was like seven deuce?" Like, well, would you guys be saying the same thing? You know, like, you just misread it. But I don't know. If, if, there's proof, if there's proof that he cheated, then whatever. But, yeah, he definitely misread it for sure. Well, it, 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 was like, it was like misreading it, though, in the process of cheating. That's, yeah, what, I, that's what I don't like. Of course, but, <laughs> but there's no proof that he made the deal. There, there's no proof, but just there's enough circumstantial evidence to where I'd be really pissed. I understand why everyone's pissed at him, and I understand how it looks. It'd be very shocking if if that, especially his his explanation made no sense. If if he gave a better explanation, saying uh, yeah, I, I knew she was short stack, yeah, I knew all that, but but I had already decided at that point in the tournament that I'm so far ahead that I just had to fold everything, even aces. So I'm just like auto folding everything, and I didn't even bother to look at her stack. Well, there he has some benefit of the doubt, but here he's saying that in their long conversation during the break. She she didn't mention once she was short stacked or that she had lost the hand right, right before. That's that's outrageous. That's There's a, no way that he, he didn't hear that. But one other thing that, that he he said he was drunk and the two guys said yeah he was drinking he, and he never drinks I guess so he was like probably fucked up a little bit too at the same time so 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, know- uh, it's a weird situation, but with everything he's been accused of, I guess over the years, it's hard to give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, it it definitely is. So, so uh, Brandon, uh, the uh, this is interesting. Brandon posted a an email he got from uh, the Total Rewards Visa, which uh, for those of you that don't know, if you get the Total Rewards Visa, which has no fee, you get uh, you get some kind of fail benefits. You spend like seven hundred fifty dollars. I think you get like a uh, hundred dollars in rewards credits. But the big you- the big selling point is that you get this is I don't even understand who would really want this, but you get an unlimited for one day buffet pass when you get the card. But it's not even for every buffet. It's like, it's like you can't get it. It's for every buffet except for Caesars, which is the best one. And then the Rio uh, seafood buffet, which I guess you could argue maybe the second one, at least it's probably the second. Yeah. You have to pay that. You have to pay like an upcharge to get to those. Yeah. But you, so you have three free buffets, but they have to be used in the same day. Yeah. And and who's going to eat, Especially if you're a local and you apply for that card, you're going to eat at three fucking buffets at Caesar Properties in a day. Yeah, but you also get like you also you're get platinum like, for a year. Well, yeah, and you also get seven, right. if you spend seven fifty on non-total rewards things, then you also get a hundred dollars in rewards yeah. credits. But the, the the there's a few other uses to it. For example, if you don't go to Vegas, if you have rewards credits, but you don't go to Vegas every six months, if you don't earn one reward credit in six months, then you you lose your reward credits no matter how many you have. So with this card, you earn one reward credit for every dollar you spend, uh, and then up, you get five times if you spend a total rewards properties. Like if you go to Caesars, you'll get five five times rewards credits on anything you spend there. But anyway, you can use that to make a purchase for a dollar and earn rewards credits that way every six months if you don't go to Vegas. So that's a use for it. You also get platinum for as long as you have the card, which isn't worth very much. Platinum doesn't really do much for you these days. But uh, what I use it for only now is that uh, when I go to any Caesars property, basically the only thing I spend money on there is tips because I, I use my rewards credits for food. I get the rooms free, but you get 5% back on the tips you leave because you can charge your tips. So that, that's what I do is I charge my tips to that card, and then uh, I get 5% back. That's the only thing I, I use that card for. Otherwise, it's kind of a fail card. But uh, Brandon got an interesting email Brandon used to be a seven star, as you guys know, and uh, Brandon, I guess, uh, decided the seven stars uh, wasn't really worth it to him. Given uh, well, I mean, I, I just developed what they call brand loyalty to other properties that better suit my needs. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so Brandon's status lapsed. And when were you last a uh, uh, diamond or higher? Like 2014? I was a di- I was diamond up until a month ago. Okay, I didn't know that. I thought maybe yeah. 14. Okay, so, nope. so so anyway, I've, been, I've never been lower than diamond in the last five six years. Okay, so so but now you're lower than diamond, right? Uh, as of March 31st or April 1st, I should say I was. Yes. Yeah, right. So okay, so now I'm platinum because of the card only. So the re- yeah, so the reason I'm mentioning this is not to needle Brandon for his uh, lack of Caesar status now, but that he got an email from the Total Rewards Visa, which he currently has. He has the Total Rewards Visa. He's had it for a few years. He got an email from them saying, "Get your diamond status back." And then they wrote the following. Missing- well, the funny part was they sent it on April 1st and they wrote in bold <laughs> letters, "This is no April Fools." Oh, okay, at least they qualified it. So I said, missing your diamond status? If you spend $4,000 on your total rewards visa card by July 8th, you will maintain your diamond status through January 2017. 
This means you can continue to enjoy all the great fan of hits you've been accustomed to, blah, blah, blah. So uh, the main point to be Diamond, by the way, is to avoid resort fees if you stay at any Caesars property. Because it, Platinum used to do that too, but not anymore. Now Platinum has to pay resort fees, just like anybody else. But Diamond gets to get out of the resort fee at all Caesars properties. So that's uh, that's the best thing with the Diamond. The, secondarily, you can get into the Diamond lounges. You do get a one one-time $100 uh, dinner, and, and that's pretty much it. Uh, and you get some priority lines. But that's and, pretty you much may, and you may get room offers. No, wrong. That, that's a, that's a myth. That is a myth. Room offers, let's see, this is the, the most common... I mean, I got them for two years that, and I never played. But that's, so. not, that's not related to you being Diamond. This is the most common misconception of the Total Rewards program. Your offers have nothing to do with your tier status at Caesars, except for seven stars. Seven stars, the free rooms you get as, as a benefit, that's a different story. But every other tier, and even seven stars for like free play and stuff, it doesn't matter what tier you are. It matters what what's known as the average daily theoretical, which is basically how much they think you're losing every day uh, on average uh, every time you visited the property every day. That's what matters. That's what your offers are. And why was Brandon getting free room offers two years after he was last there? Well, because they liked his play before. They're trying to get him back. But but I'm telling you, being diamond means nothing as far as the offers you get for free rooms, for free anything else. The only thing diamond matters is the guaranteed benefits that are spelled out in black and white on their website. The, that's the only thing diamond's going to get you. So the, the offers is not going to do you any good. But, but the, the best thing with the diamond, if you stay at Caesars Properties, is the avoidance of the of the resort fees. So anyway, they offered Brandon to get Diamond back, which is not a normal part of this card. Usually this card, uh, they will only give it to you, uh, you only get Platinum for having the card, but you don't. there's no way to earn Diamond through the card. Now, you can earn Diamond through the card. Now, you have to spend $4,000 on the card by July 8th, which is, uh, uh, yeah, depending on how much you spend on credit cards, not that easy. Really not that hard. But it's also not that hard. But you, but you you got to spend four thousand dollars on the card by July eighth. But he can get diamond back. Now the question is, can you get diamond? Can you redeem this offer? Let's say you just you're a listener to this show. You've never been diamond before. Can you call up and say, hey, my my uh, buddy Brandon Gerson got this offer. Can I have it too, Brandon? What's the answer to that? No. Yeah, unfortunately, the answer is no. Now, has anybody tried to actually call them and say this? Yes, two people have. Okay. Jeannie and my friend George. Okay. So they both called up and they both said, uh, hey. They were told, unfortunately, that this offer is not applicable to them. Yeah, and and I believe the reason for this would be, and this is just me guessing, by the way. I'm I'm just guessing the reason they're offering it only to former uh, members who, uh, who had Diamond before and don't anymore, which is basically what Brandon is. Uh, I, I think this is probably some partnership they have with Caesars to where uh, they, they either just have this general partnership hoping this is going to bring the, the customer back to Caesars once they're diamond. And, and it's like a part where they both get something out of it. You know, the, this, the credit card gets more expenditures on the card and Caesars maybe gets the person coming back to the property. Or, or maybe Caesars is even paying them something for this. Uh, something like that. There's some kind of marketing agreement where they Caesars and Commodity Bank who offers this card decided that this is worth it but only for people who are want a diamond. They they're not interested in giving this to people who just want to achieve free diamond for themselves. And I'm sure this is on the Caesars end they don't want this because uh the Caesar uh, the Caesars end they don't want leeches who are just going to 
stay at the property, you know, avoid the resort for use the diamond lounge and barely gamble. They don't want that. So they don't want to make it easy for those people to get diamond. They, they only want someone back who once had a good history there, like Brandon. So it's probably that's why they're targeting it specifically at people who were once high and have, have lost their status. And that's why they're offering through the card. Still interesting. If you got this, if you got this offer, I think it's definitely worth it, provided you're going to be staying at the properties. If you're not going to be staying at the properties, it's not worth it because the main thing you're going to get from being Diamond is well, no, I, I think it's worth it for, for me just because I will spend that money anyhow, and even if it's just to get through the lines of the WS. Well, I was going to say that too. For a free meal, it's right? Worth it. Well, I was going to say that too. I was going to say if I'm not, I would never go out and just charge four thousand dollars that I normally wouldn't just to get it. But the fact that I mean, look, today's day and age, I can charge my electric bill. I can charge. My car insurance, I can charge my cable. My, you know, you could easily charge that kind of money without buying things I normally wouldn't do. Well, so yeah. It, well, so so that's what I was going to say. If if you go to the World Series, that's the exception because at the World Series, it really is very helpful to bypass the main line and go into the Diamond Seven Star oh, Room. But you're a cheap Jew. I mean, just a hundred dollars alone would. I, I, if you're going to go to a property, yes, the hundred dollar dinner alone right, is worth. Yes. It. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to charge things anyhow. But, uh, you know, what I don't get, uh, Jeannie herself was a Diamond member, like I was. It just expired for her April 1st as well. She also has a Total Rewards visa. Neither one of us use that visa very much. We have similar credit lines. Um, unless, like you, I'm, I, I'm at a property and need to charge, whether it's tips or just something there. I only use a card maybe every couple months just to show activity on it. Like I'll charge a meal or I'll charge gas or my phone bill just to, you know, not let it go too long being idle. But we have, I guess the only non-similarity we have is that one at one point I was a big player there, but it was years and years ago. So that, that must be the case of why the yes. offer is extended to me because they're hoping that Do you come uh, back. Yes, it's it's like an incentive to come back. I think it's like a marketing partnership where both both entities gain from it. Where the the credit card gains from it because you got to spend four thousand dollars on it and uh, and and uh, well, yeah. But the other thing is, uh, you know, not all cards, but you know that one since there hasn't been a lot. When I don't think I've ever, in fact, I can say I know I've never made any purchases on there and not paid it during. The billing cycle, meaning you know, I'm not giving them interest, so they haven't made any money off me. Well, that's not well. First of all, that's not true because well, they make it, money from the merchant, but they make money from the merchant where you charge it. But 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 you know what? This even though it should figure into it, this never does. This is this is a flaw in current credit card marketing, and this is why all the credit card bonus whoring works. And that is that offers made to you by credit cards are never based upon whether you carry balances with them. Right. They, they they just never look at that. They should look at they they should look and eliminate cust- benefits for customers like you and I because we we don't make them much money and in fact we sometimes take from them with bonuses and stuff and then just uh, never use them again. So uh, if these credit card companies were smart, they would target all the great stuff to the people who carry balances and interest and all this other crap. That, that's the type of customer they want. But for whatever reason, none of these banks do it. They don't ever consider that in making offers. They should, but they don't. This will eventually probably change. But but for uh, up till now they don't. So you're correct that they're not making much money on you. But I think this is like just a 
break-even marketing partnership where the credit card feels like they're not only getting $4,000 of charges from you, but it's going to make you more used to using that card? Like maybe they'll just keep using it after that? Well, you know, even going deeper, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow they know that I've given action, decent action to other casinos. I wouldn't be surprised if they know their marketing department knows I have lines of credit with other casinos because they can easily check that as well and that it's based upon that versus someone like Jeannie that normally, for the most part, sticks to the poker and doesn't uh, even play anything that's plus EV that, that's you know a casino game. Um, so I think maybe there's even more deep thinking. You know, I, I, I actually disagree on that. It's, anything's possible, but this is not uh, a, a lucrative enough offer to make it worth delving that deep. I think that the, Caesars keeps making all these different marketing partnerships. I think this is just one where uh, they've decided that certain people who they'd like to see back in their casino – you, one being you because you used to play a lot there, uh, that this is a way to get you back there. Uh, and then at the same time, uh, their marketing partner uh, gets something out of it too. It's, it's, like, it's like a win-win the way they see it, both a credit card and, and uh, Caesars. And this is why you're being given this offer where the average person who they don't want to see back as much as you is not getting this. I, that's, I, I don't think it goes much deeper. Otherwise, I think they'd be offering you better stuff. If they if they had intel that you were still gambling a lot elsewhere, I think they'd be offering you a lot better stuff to get you back than this. So, Especially because this is being done through a third party. So I'm looking right now. I'm logged in and, and I'm looking at it, getting a hotel room tomorrow. Um and it's showing that I can get a free room at Rio, Flamingo, Bally's, Harris, Planet Hollywood, the Lynx, and everywhere but Paris, Caesars, and the Cromwell. Um, but since I am gold, I've never done this, but as a gold member, if I took advantage of these offers, even though it's saying $0, I would have to still go pay resort fees and taxes. Is that correct? Uh, taxes, I don't know. Resort fees, yes. So I, don't, I don't know. Taxes, I think you wouldn't pay. It's resort fees. Now, you probably pay tax on the resort fee, but you wouldn't pay taxes on the room. That's, that's my belief in this. No. But you're definitely paying a resort fee. I know that for sure because uh, uh, I know someone that was platinum that did this, and they had to pay the resort fee. Hmm. But no taxes. They paid, like, you know, whatever the resort fee was, I think, plus tax. But the tax isn't much because it's tax on the resort fee. Yeah. So that, that's what they had to pay, and I think that's what you'd have to pay. Unless you got this diamond. Now, I know you told me that you – one thing that concerns you with this is that you don't know how long the processing time is for this. So what if they, what if they don't process it till July 8th and then – Well, that's the thing. Another, another I would months. want it you – know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this within the next, I don't know, two weeks to a month. Uh, you know, we'll get it done by hopefully at least the middle of May so to give it a week or two or third week of May so I could hopefully utilize this during the World Series. But I don't know how – right. I, it may not be – it may not take effect until August, which really won't help me. Obviously, I'll use a hundred dollar food credit, but the real perk that I want it for is for the World Series. Right. So, so what I would do is I would contact, I would get someone as high as you can there at the credit card company, and maybe even get a, t- a contact at Total Rewards about this, and and ask them uh, for sure when am I getting this? Am I getting it July eighth, which wouldn't be very good for the World Series? Uh, am I getting if I spend it way before July eighth, will I get it like at the end of the billing cycle for the credit card? When, when can I be sure I will have this? And then make sure you get like nailed down an answer as much as you yeah. can. So anyone that's listening that may be similar to myself, uh, if you haven't gotten the offer, 
And uh, you're probably not going to. Well, you probably won't get it then if you don't have the offer. Well, right, but I'm just saying. And you know, if anyone else has gotten the offer out there, I'm just curious because I, uh, you know, two other people that I know that have. I mean, how many people really have that credit card that were also just diamond? Uh, and and played a lot before that. Like, yeah, you, send me a tweet or somehow let me know if you've gotten it. it's you know, Brandon Gerson on Twitter. I'm just curious if anyone else uh, has gotten this or knows of anyone that has gotten it. Uh, I this, don't know. this is interesting, uh, Marty. Tried to call in a, an hour ago and says the call in goes straight to voicemail. Though we know that's not true, because uh, oh, you just text me. Because we've gotten calls from. China. No, that's happened the last week. It took me thirty, forty minutes every time I'd call. I'd go to voicemail. Maybe there's a problem. No, wait, wait, Marty's but, not fibbing here. Well, no, I don't think he's fibbing. I he's acting he's, in good faith. No, I didn't think he was fibbing. Are I you guys thought, maxed out on incoming lines? No, no, no. Here, I'm, I'm going to prove it right now. I'm going to. I'm going to use. Did we my, lose Traderuski, by the way. Traderuski, are you here? Uh, he, he's to come to the team. I'm here. Oh, okay. ah. oh. I, th- I thought he was. I thought he. Uh, T Buck is saying if Drexel is getting the room comped, he should be able to get the resort fee waived. I don't think it works that way. No, no. He's he's thinking of like a comp from the host. That's different. He does. I don't know if he realizes how backward Caesars is. You, you just can't like walk up to someone and say, "Hey, let me get you know like a normal casino," and they look at your player, they talk to you, and I mean, this is a place literally where, I mean. Back in the day, I, I've you know I, I accumulated most of my play, or at least what they think is my play, and I'm, I'm not hiding this from anyone. Over, I don't know how long would you say that? Because I, mean, I started before you, but how long would you say that the, the time frame was of playing the bot? Oh, I think back from like 2000 to early 2012, or no, but how long? Like a year? Oh, well, yeah, you were playing it before me. I, I was playing it for about uh, a little less than a year before they got. Uh, okay, so maybe I played 18 months. Um, and you know, of course, I I played high at times, which is the highest was twenty forty, you know, ten twenty blinds, twenty forty limit hold them, and I had some bad sessions in there, and you know, uh, especially towards the end, once things kind of got changed, but there were multiple times where I'd lost three, four thousand dollars, or two thousand dollars, or whatever, and I I was staying there, and I'd ask to have food comped or something. And what do you think they'd tell me? I'd lose three, $4,000. Now, also understand back then, they didn't know what we were doing. So they'd look and they'd say, Jesus, this guy cycled through a million dollars of coin in. Because, you know, you're playing the bot, you're playing really fast, and they weren't calculating things right. So I'd go look at, a host would look at my play, and they'd see I lost, you know, probably less than I should have with that kind of coin in. But still, you know, I lost 3000 4000 My average bet was a couple hundred dollars. You know, it was I was a good player. I'd ask for a free meal, or I'd ask for. I'm not, I'm not trying to. I'm never greedy. I just try to get the fullest of what I can get. You know, just take advantage of it. Uh, and w- what would they say to me, Druff? Would I ask for a meal, or would I ask? For They'd say use your reward credits first. Yes. So you literally can go in there and you could lose thousands upon thousands of dollars. But if you've accrued a couple hundred dollars in RCs over a few years of saving them, they would make you they tell you it's company policy that you have to use your own earned root comps before they give you and i always hated that it's the only place I've, i know that, that, that yeah you know that. why they do it too is so they can so they can have the host have you by the balls because uh what they hate is how you can self-comp with those rcs they want you to feel like you have to play they want to feel they want you to feel pressured to play to earn your comps so uh they want you to blow your rcs as fast as possible so they they basically say to the hosts Make them blow their RCs first, so this way you have them by the balls, and they're going to have to play enough to 
justify further comps. So this way they avoid people who've just accumulated a lot of RCs but aren't going to gamble anymore. Yeah. So so they'll you know they'll let those people use their RCs they earn, but they're definitely they're definitely not giving them anything further until they've used those. It, it's a crappy policy and it's it's very player unfriendly and it's dumb. They should they should use some more common sense in doing so. By the way, here's an update about the phone lines. Uh, Tide is correct, and I got some text from other people. I tested it myself. For whatever reason, the main line is having an issue that uh, it's going straight to voicemail. Now, uh, I have some questions for the two gentlemen we have on the line. Now, China Maniac, did you call the Al Charleston line or the, the main phone number? I called um, 775-FROG-55. Okay, what about you? Uh, do we still have... I did the same. Okay. That's, I did the same. That's, we- I wonder, that's so weird because of that number... Is, is it goes straight to voicemail, but the Mount Charleston line, the good old Mount Charleston line, gets through. So if you want to call in and for the re- remainder of the show, call the Mount Charleston line. Uh, that does get through right now. I just tried it myself. 702-430-1808 will get through. 702-430-1808 will get through right now, even though the main line will go to the voicemail. I don't know why. I'll have to investigate this when the show is over. Uh, maybe because two people are on the main line and nobody's on the Mount Charleston. I'm not sure what it is, but that's that's the way it is right now. So uh, let's let's get. Can to... I ask China a question? Yeah, go ahead. It's kind of a treat to have them there. Are you doing any sports gambling? And if you are, are you posting anywhere other than PFA or? No, I haven't really been gambling much. Just. Um... Actually, last night I put a big big bet on Drew Smiley in the Rays, and that's like ah. one of the only plays I've taken recently. Okay. Uh, I, I, I'd like to follow you. And uh, Drexel, are you still involved in the Skunk Works, the super secret uh, algorithm forum? No, that kind of uh, lost momentum after that disastrous UFC fight. Yeah, uh, no one's posted there in ages. Yeah. Okay. We should. We you know should. What? But I also think, you know, and you could obviously, you're the site owner, you do what you want. But I think that when football season starts, maybe that will pick up again. That That's kind of what got the momentum going. Um, but no, I I, ha- that, I haven't posted in there in, in, since probably January. It's been dead quite a while. Yeah, it's been very dead. We, we should have. We should I mean, nothing should... lends it. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Nothing lends itself to. Uh, I don't know, algorithms and numbers and formulas and baseball, you would think, but maybe the passion for baseball just isn't there to begin with. Well, I'll tell you about baseball. With with betting on baseball, and I, I've done this kind of on and off since the 90s, I've always found, at least with myself, that uh, I've been much, much better in baseball in the early season, like the first month and a half. Oh, yeah. Then after yeah. that, because it, it's, it seems like after that, it gets really hard that they've uh, they've just really got everything down at the books to where it's really hard to find value on anything. Where uh, in the first month and a half, especially with with some underdogs, uh, is fine sometimes that uh, have some value. Uh, I actually made a bet the other day, which I really liked and won easily. This uh, I bet on, uh, on Washington with Strasburg going against. Uh, Conley of uh, Miami. Who's, who's it wasn't so easy for a while, though. Well, it was t- they were leading the whole way. It just it, it was a blowout at the end. I admit that it was close for a while, but the it was uh, it final score was seven to one, and they were never trailing. So, but uh, I I figured you know, Strasburg has looked good so far this year. Washington's obviously a much better team than Miami, and and Conley was kind of a mediocre young pitcher who had kind of just an okayish season last year. 
uh, for Miami. I, it was like minus one thirty nine, and I, I just thought I said that's a that's a good line to have for for Strasburg versus Conley with Washington versus Miami, and, and Washington was coming off of a loss the day before against Miami, and I've uh, so I, I just felt I felt very good about that one and, and bet it, and it won like seven to one. So uh, I, I I'll place the odd baseball bet here and there. I haven't placed many. I just I look at them, and if there's something I really like, I do it. Otherwise, I don't I don't bother. But uh, I do find that like first month and a half is, is better for that. After that, at least uh, with me, I've uh, it seems very very difficult after like mid. I made it a point to follow the preseason and and maybe to bet on it to pay particular attention to get my attention. And then you jump on the first couple of weeks and every total is a flat nine. Um, yes, they whoever's setting the line doesn't have any feel for what's going on. Um, and now you're seeing it tighten up. Druff, let me ask you, is it possible for us to call Marty? Yeah, he's I, calling it. No, it's I going to voicemail. No, no, I'm already no. looking at the internet. People tell, tell are saying him, tell, conspiracy. Tell, tell, tell him to call again. I, 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 I saw well, the he's call. He's listening. I'm not. No, I, no, okay, he can call again. Him, okay. I he, gave he, him the Mount Charleston number. He said he's he already a post he, he, on he, Scat he, saying okay. there's a conspiracy <laughs> in the works. I don't he, he can call in if he wants. I, uh, I saw the call coming in, but I, I didn't press it in time. Right. I saw like the first, like the last ring of it, and I pressed and just missed it. I right, so. just text him and told him to try yeah, calling. Try it I'll, I'll check more. I'll look at it more. Uh, it doesn't make a noise or anything. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. Ring. It doesn't. Sometimes I miss it. Okay, here he is, Marty. <laughs> hey, hey, I have a, I have a great idea. How about publishing the correct call-in number so when people try to call, they don't go straight to your voicemail. Okay. That would be a that would be a great idea. Okay, Marty, did you understand what happened? It's the correct number. It just isn't working right for some reason tonight. Ah, uh, you know what? That's that's not my problem, Todd. You're the one running the show. Get your shit together. <laughs> hey, you, you publish a number. Uh, I've heard enough. I've heard, I, I, just don't, I don't want to deal that's with gonna it. That's going to start a Marty. war. I, I just don't want to hear. I think I I explained it. I explained that I don't know yeah, what's going wrong with it, and I'm getting I'm getting blamed for that. Not even like a, not even like jokingly. It's already like this like angry drunk thing going. I, I just don't want it. Uh-oh. I just don't want it. If he wants I think to, you're a little quick with the trigger. No, nah, if he doesn't, if he wants to blast me in the forum tonight, he can. I just I didn't like where this was going already. I think I, I answered. I, at first, I thought he maybe thought I gave out the wrong number, and I, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. But then he starts telling me it's my problem. I have to somehow be psychic and know that one of the lines is having trouble. Tonight, like, how am I supposed to know that? Yeah, but you know what this is going to do now. Yeah, if it happens, it happens. It's you know, some, it's, it's hard to China, tell with him though. China, what do you think? Are the floodgates going to open now, China? Yeah, this would be like um, I don't know. This is going to be like when North Korea tests one of those missiles and it yes. lands in some other country. Oh, God, you know, you know what Something though? Like so, sometimes this happens, and you're sure it's going to start a war, and then the next day he'll wake up and go, "Yeah, I was kind of smashed last night, and kind of, kind of going off, or right, whatever." And then he'll just like ignore it. Like you never know what's. Sometimes he's going to go crazy, and sometimes like he's going to recognize the next day he was drunk. And uh, I can guarantee wherever he is, he's typing right now. I, I admit, right now he probably has me on Microsoft Word lockdown. <laughs> All right, let, let's get back to the. To this, I just, I just didn't like the way that started. It just got off to a bad start. It got off. To, you know, I, I decided years ago, not even related to Marty. Obviously, I decided even with dating, if it gets off to a bad start, I'm just done. Like, well, I just, not the one girl with the big nose. You talked with her for hours, even after she hated you from the. That was 25 drive, years I, ago. I'm talking yeah. about recently, like more recently. I said. It's so, listen. What's going on with uh, 
Andrew, J- I don't know anything about this $20 bill. Oh, yeah. So this is strange. Um, I I thought this was a joke at first, but it's actually not. They're, they're changing the person on the, the $20 bill. It's been Andrew Jackson. And uh, it's it's not going to be Andrew Jackson anymore. He's going to be moved to the back of the twenty dollar bill, on like on a horse or something weird like that. They're going to kind of stuff him in the back, as an homage to the fact that he was on it at one point. But uh, they are now putting on. Uh, they're going to put on abolitionist Harriet Tubman on the twenty dollar bill. She's going to be on the front, and th- that's going to happen. It's, it's not going to be right away. They've got a. Uh, print these bills. They've got to design the bills. They've got to. There's a lot. There's a big process to it. Uh, I knew it was going to come on. I'm, I'm on a story here that it's, it, it play. It auto plays some crap, but I just stopped it. Anyway, what night of the week? By the way, people are asking me on the call line. What night of the week do you do the best by the other websites radio show? I don't understand the question. Alan's Best Buy. Or what is the site? The other site? Oh, no, I, there's, there's no show associated with that. That's the that, that site's kind of like the the redheaded stepchild of Poker Fraud Alert. What is it called again? It's called VegasCasinoTalk.com. Uh, do you have how, do you have are they posters from PF? Is that is there like a Drexel over there? No, there like there, a, there, there's some crossover between our own posters on Poker Fraud Alert, but there's not, there's no real Drexel on that site. It's uh, is there it, a Brittany Griner's clit? No, it, it's it's a different type of site. There actually is trolling over there. Believe it or not, even I have to deal with trolling. Not really against me. But what is it called again? I'm going to look at it now. It's, it's VegasCasinoTalk.com. And are it's you the a, full owner? Yeah, I acquired it. I'm the full owner, and uh, it's it's just a it, it's not. I'm not as involved with it as I am with Poker Fraudler, which I consider my main site. It's just kind of a a side project. And is your name Druff over there? Yeah, I'm Dan Druff over there too. Yeah. You got 36 people online there right now. Is that accurate? Probably. Even uh, have you heard of uh, of Gene Scott, who's been writing for many decades about like deals in Vegas, and she even gave me a shout out on her blog. Saying it's a, it's a it's a good resource, but it has a lot of trolling. She said, "Who's Alan Mendelson?" I, well, he, he he's the one who ran Alan Best Buys. He's he's oh. he was the original founder of it. Wait, now he's posting on. Okay. Yeah, he's he's like a regular poster now. And what did you buy this for? It, it's not important, but it's a. I got I got a Best Buy. <laughs> You're really great at dodging. These. No, no, but I got a Best Buy. Let's just say that. Look at this. They're all Alan Mendelson. Well, he, but this one's his site, so he still has a, an attachment to it. In a way. He's, he's not a mod or Great gift wrap-up dates. So he knows that in April. Adios. It's all Mendelssohn. Yeah, that's what he... 2008, Harrow's lost $5.2 billion. I mean, here you go. There's Druff. Any 99% plus VP games left at CET properties in Vegas. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's get back to the Harriet Tubman thing. All right. So, so uh, she, yeah, she's going to be on the on the 20, and it's, it's going to take... Some years until you have a uh, Harriet Tubman twenty dollar bill in your wallet. Uh, there's also been announcements about uh, the five dollar and ten dollar bill. What's going to happen with those? Now the one dollar bill can't change. That one has to stay as George Washington by law. But I guess they they have the power to change the others at will, and that's why they're changing. Wait, can I ask you one more thing? I'm sorry. <sighs> I, I'm looking. I'm just fascinated by this because I see you posting on other forums. You've known about this wondering. for a long time. The, but I've never looked at it. it look, it's real now. The VegasCasinoTalk.com is whatever whatever's on your mind. Is that the, the version of Flying Stupidity? No, not really. Kinda- this is what happened. I bought Alan Best Buys, and th- it had a whole lot of forums that were uh, really not used. It had like you know, 15 to 20 forums, but some of them hadn't been posted on in years. 
So I, I not wanting to kill messages, I wanted to pretty much keep everything the way it was. That I didn't want to delete things. I consolidated a lot of things, a lot of forums into one. So that whatever's on your mind was like five different forums on there that combined into one. And then it's just kind of like a general place to post. But it's not used very much. I think you're posting from your own forum. Newest member. Remember, we have Crow Diddley on this Vegas Casino Talk forum. I told you there's, there's – there's, well, there's a, it's not poaching. There's a crossover. But there's a Crow Diddley on, on uh, yeah, the same TFA. Guy. Now on this one, there's a Row Cridley. <laughs> that there, can't be right. That's right. Maybe the same guy. I don't know. All right. So anyway. Uh, did you offer any uh, – did you offer Crow any cops to go over there? Yeah, he can do whatever he wants on the site for free. 20 free reps? No. <laughs> There's no rep on there either. It's it's a, more of a basic form. Yeah. Right. So, okay, the, uh, getting back to the stuff here. It just doesn't even seem fair. You have two forms. I don't even have one. You can start one. I mean, it's a, you you kind of had one for a while. Oh, right. Okay, so anyway, the uh, so they're going to do some other changes. For example, the $5 bill. That uh, Lincoln is going to remain on the front of the $5 bill. But the image of the Lincoln Memorial on the back is going to be redesigned to depict historical events that happened there, uh, such as uh, opera singer Marian Anderson's 1939 concert and Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech in 1963. These are now going to be on the back of the $5 bill somehow. The back of the $10 bill is going to tell the story of the women's suffrage movement, the, which gave the uh, women the right to vote in 1920. Among the women to be honored on the back of that bill, the $10 bill, will be uh, Lucretia Mott, Sojourner Truth, Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady, and Alice Paul. Somehow they're going to do all this in the back of the $10 bill. I only know two of them. I know Susan B. Anthony and Katy Perry. Who are the other ones? <laughs> uh, well, it's actually Elizabeth Cady Stanton. But yeah, uh, Alice Paul, Lucretia Mott, and Sojourner Truth. I don't know who they are either. Soldier of Truth. The only Lucretia I know is was Phil Ivey's ex-wife. She follows me on Twitter. I find that weird. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And, and uh, now on the $20 bill, Andrew Jackson is being smacked off the front, and he's brought to the back, and he'll be incorporated into the existing image of the White House. This all sounds like a joke, doesn't it? Let me ask you something. I mean, you're a cheap Jew, but nonetheless, would you be offended if they either got, just did away with change, meaning everything came out, you know, whatever the price is set, I don't know if you could even do that, but so it just came out to be an even amount, or you got rid of pennies, nickels, and, and dimes, and no, then be, everything was I'd be fine rounded up to a quarter. I'd be fine with it. But, I mean, do you think, don't, I mean, I, I'm, uh, the other day I'm sitting there, I leave my house at noon, I maybe I buy a coffee, I get a smoothie, I come home, I have like $2.40 and change, you know, in two different pockets, and I'm just thinking, there's got to be a better way. I mean, I, 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 do either one, any of the gentlemen on the line, I mean, did change bother you guys? This is where I'm supposed to say Bitcoin, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, you could use credit cards. That you could have done that for a long time. But I know I think yeah. they should get. I think they should tone down the change and bring it to just quarters. I'd be fine with that. What is it? Is it Europe? They don't have pennies or what? I'm not nickels? sure. I don't know. Those are, yeah. All right. Well, how about this? Do you, it costs two cents to make a penny. Like, how stupid is that? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they, and think about how many pennies there are. And with, de- like, the debit cards, credit cards, like, they're just becoming obsolete. I just have no idea why they keep them. Well, speaking of obsolete, there's been a stupid movement recently to remove the $100 bill 
uh, be saying that oh, people can use credit cards for large transactions, so why have a $100 bill? People can just use it for illegal things and money laundering, despite the fact that, and a lot of people don't know this, the $100 bill is the second most commonly used bill these days, only behind the $1, but not even that far behind the $1. Hmm. So really, they they, uh, they definitely shouldn't do away with it. In fact, there should be a $500 bill because the $20 bill of the early 70s is worth more than the $100 bill is today. So killing the $100 bill now would be like killing the 20 back in the 1970s when, strangely enough, there were bills as high as $10,000 back then. Uh, I mean, I just I don't want to get in the middle of it, but Marty is texting me. He just wanted me to say that he was just joking. He said he was ready for a fun segment. I tried calling. He now just hangs up on me. Thanks for my seven seconds. You have my number. I'm not going to bother to call in. He's like, I was just joking. Okay, it just sounded like like a like an angry uh, drunk. It didn't seem like a joke. He sat out a couple orbits. Bring him back. Yeah, look, <laughs> you know, he's he's a member. He's a member. We're all getting too old for this shit. Should I just be able to do a podcast? Anyhow, so why are they doing this? I mean, it seems like every other year now they're introducing either new counterfeit measures or a new bill, a new twenty, a new. Well, they're they're doing this to. The thing is, every group these days claims to be offended that they're not represented or they're being uh, there's racism or sexism or homophobia. Oh, so this whole thing is the you know think of who they're putting on there. They're they're putting on a black female who was uh, uh, an abolitionist you know, against slavery. So they're putting on a figure that's going to really please. Uh, so basically, a, a, our currency is going to become like postage stamps. Yeah, it's going to have a hundred dollar bill with Elvis on it. We're gonna, I mean, Rosa Parks is going to get her own. Yeah, no, 15. it won't be Elvis, but Elvis is a white male. There's no way he's going to be on there. But uh, yeah. Th- yeah, we're going to have I – mean. and they're going to have all this uh, stuff about on the back of the bills giving education about uh, historical events that – you know, not just horse historical events, but ones that seem to uh, – Look, I can sit here and tell you with a straight face, whatever the currency is, a 5, a 10, a 20, 100, I don't know what's on it. I don't read it. I, I, I know what it is when I have it in my hand. I use it. I spend it. I mean, they can give me one that has – the history of our nation, the Constitution. I'm not going to look at it. I'm going to put it in my wallet. I'm going to put it in my my billfold. I'm going to use it as legal tender. Well, yeah, I understand that. They're trying to say that it's, it's more like the honor. I mean, no. if I asked you right now, any of you, tell me what exactly is on a hundred dollar bill front and back. Can anyone here tell me and describe it pretty accurately? I sure as shit can. I, I bet you. I bet I would bet money that drop knows. The, the back, I actually don't. I really look at the back. Yeah, I mean, that's my point. I mean, I don't, you know, I think it's just, uh, I mean, and what is this going to, this is going to cost us money, I assume, right? I mean, some, but not that much. Compared to the federal budget, even the budget of still, the... Uh, I think it's still a waste. It's, just, it, I, I think it's, it's a waste of time. It's kind of stupid. It's like, the problem is this is just, uh, it's an attempt to make certain groups feel good, feel represented, and it's just it's just changing too much too quickly and kind of pointlessly, like... I, I th- but I the think press th- that the Democrats will receive at this time is is pretty valuable. It's like passing out little handbills for the Democratic Party. That's true. It's too bad Thanks the bills Obama. won't be, they won't be printed in time though. It won't be printed in time for but the election. Just the buzz, just the story. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, I'm sure the people in power who who decided this are uh, Democrats who, who want to see this happen. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's kind of like political correctness coming to our currency. You know what the problem with this fucking world is now? There's too much political correctness. It's it's ad nauseum. It's it's just it really it's nauseating. 
I mean, it really is. Like it, it, I'll tell you, you know, you have a kid. I don't have a kid. I don't even know if I would want to bring a kid into this world. You know, I look at the way it was when we were all young. I mean, we're roughly all, give or take, within a decade, you know, or so the same age. Or or, or at least uh, Sandalmar sounds like he's the same well, age. Yeah. <laughs> Thinking of the, the thought that having a child now and they would have to possibly go to school with a boy's room, a girl's room, and then a, trans, a transgender's room. Well, here, I mean, just, talk, well, all these different that. things that we never even had to think of. Well, that's it, one it of just, our topics, actually, the transgender. Yeah, I know. That's why I mentioned it. But And look, I, I get it. You know, I'm not – I don't think – I mean, I know this is kind of a wide-ranging statement. I don't believe homosexuality is a sin. I support gay marriage. You know, I, I'm of the belief that whatever people – choose to do in their own homes and their own private lives in their own bedrooms if it's not hurting me if it's not hurting a child if it's not hurting you know society then it's totally fine uh you know that that's that's my truly my belief but you know we've come to the point where it, it's almost like people can't speak their mind and no matter what it, it seems like someone is always offended and i mean i don't know what was even said today with kurt schilling but it's reached the point that you can't even speak your mind because out of fear that you're going to get reprimanded, you're going to get fired, you're going to uh, be tarnished. I mean, it, it's it's just it's incredible. Yeah, you know, it, it, but it's, you know, Drexel, I I think the kids today don't give a shit. That that speaks to our generation, our sensitivity about blacks and homosexuals. Kids don't give a shit about. I mean, they're all dating each other now, and and. You know, being gay isn't such a big thing to kids twenty and under. Well, it, well that's I mean, an it's, issue for us. Well, it's changed a lot, but, but he's not even saying it's an it's an issue for him. He's just saying that uh, people are afraid to speak their mind and, and say what they really think because uh, everyone jumps on them for being exactly. racist, yeah, or racist, or homophobic, or, or transphobic, or something like that. And you can't even give you your opinion on an issue regarding that. I mean, without... it's like, you know, it's okay. This is a perfect example. I, I don't remember. You know what the context exactly was, but there was a small business. I think it was in, in in Arizona, and the owner was interviewed for something, and he spoke out, and he just said that his values that he was against gay marriage. He he just didn't, you know, that was the way he was raised. Maybe he even interpreted the Bible. I don't remember, but because of that, and he was he owned a small restaurant. The backlash was so strong that he was forced to close down his restaurant. People were picketing not- and boycotting. I'm sorry. But not from kit. Well, but the point I'm making is it shouldn't be at at this point in this country that someone speaks their mind like that and just says, well, I don't think my values aren't that I think, you know, gay marriage should be legalized. And they should not be punished. They shouldn't lose their livelihood. They shouldn't be mocked and, 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 you know, basically publicly tarred and feathered for for lack of a better uh, analogy. I mean, do you, you kind of get what I'm saying? Well, I, like, I, I felt just, the, the yeah, left. Has, the left has done it, this for many years. They've done this for decades, where they try to uh, censor speech that's uh, against uh, their points of view, and, and and disguise it by saying it's hate speech, and, and therefore has to be stopped. And, and that's that's the problem. Is there's a lot of uh, censorship under the guise of preventing hate speech, and that's that's the problem. Uh, so. Yeah, the transgender thing. Let, let's talk about that since it's our, on our agenda. And, you know, and I still hear today. And this is amazing because it, I remember hearing this when I was ten years old. They're still fighting 
to try to get the Washington Redskins' name changed. And, <laughs> yeah. and, now, and they're doing this thing again. You know, every couple of years you hear this, where whether it's the Redskins or certain colleges. You know, I went to Florida State. I, you know, they're the, the Florida State Seminoles. But it's okay because the Seminoles, you know, in that context, are, it, all of it is just, I don't know, overwhelming is the right word, but it's just, it, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, it, it's just yeah, everyone's everything. Being too, everyone's being too sensitive. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, honestly, I, 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 I really think so. I mean, I should be able to say that I don't think, in you know, my values and in my heart, the way I was raised. I'm not saying this is how I feel, but I should be able to say that I don't support gay marriage or I don't think homosexuals should live in a traditional, you know, male and female type dynamic without repercussions, without possibly losing my job or. You know, it just—I don't know. Well, and that's I, and that goes back to a lot of my policies on the forum about people posting views that uh, um, have racism in them or anything like that. That I don't want to say people can't post such and such because it's racist or homophobic or whatever, and I'm going to censor it. I want everyone to just be themselves, and, and uh, uh, as long as they're not hurting individuals in some way on, on, and, on the forum. And you've done a good job of that. Uh, you know, the thing that I like better about the community now is, you know, going back even four or five years ago and, you know, 10 years ago, tremendously so, that those views that you just expressed were were basically a policy of just being able to, you know, say what you want. But a lot of it wasn't done to express yourself. It was more for the shock value of it. And I, I, I don't like that. I don't like just you know, I mean, even now on PFA, to a certain extent, there are things that, as I've gotten older and I've gotten more mature, I look at. And I'm like, you know what? This isn't what I represent or what I agree with. Uh, but I think there's a difference between being able to express your thoughts and also using whether it's racism or just whatever is for for, for the shock value of it. And that's that. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, and I've, I've tried to cut down like you I, have 100 on, on, on the shock post just to be shocking but I, but i always want people at the same time to be able to express their views even if controversial even if uh, offensive that if that's their views that they can express them and then let those speak for themselves and then however those people get treated on the forum for expressing those views it, it, that's on them for how they express them or 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 what their views are but that i'm not going to decide to be the thought police and say that certain types of views or certain types of statements aren't going to be allowed because they're they're politically incorrect or offensive in some way I'll even let people insult Jews if they want, because uh, if, if they want to post that, they can. Uh, so I don't – anything that's not hurting specific individuals on the site, uh, I will let stand. So yeah. uh, anyway, getting to like the transgender thing, it's an interesting argument, and, and I can actually see both sides of this one. And that's why I find it irritating. That people Is this like, something that's come up in the news recently? Or well, it's, it's been for years, but it's recently really – Catching fire for whatever reason, especially is it like because of Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, isn't that what kind of brought all this? At least in my eyes, that's what brought all partially, this. Partially, but but it's also partially because some states are passing laws now regarding uh, uh, regarding this. Either way, like either that it's uh, allowed or disallowed. But the the big question is, you have these p- transgender people, mostly men who became women. It's it's a few women who became men, but not many. It's mostly men who became women, and and some are ones who had full transitions where they don't even have a penis anymore. Some are living with like women every day and take hormones and all that, but still maintain a penis. Uh, some of them are more like cross dressers, where they look like a man in a dress. They don't. They haven't taken hormones. They're just uh, dressing as women. Uh, 
So, so it's a, a range of, of what would be considered transgender. But the question is, what bathroom do these people use? There's a, male, a men's room and a women's room. If you are living as you're a man living as a woman and you consider yourself a woman, which bathroom should you use? So there's the argument that if you consider yourself a woman and you live as a woman and you dress as a woman, that if you go into a men's room, not only will you stick out like a sore thumb, but you're also risking that you're going to be assaulted in there by uh, men who are going to be offended to see you in in their room. Maybe they'll even think that uh, you know, you're in there to, to, well, look, to look at them so that it's unsafe for these people. So if you're living as a woman, uh, why shouldn't you be able to use the women's bathroom? Then there's the argument on the other side that – if you're a man, you're a man, and that these people, just because they want to put on a dress, shouldn't have the right to go into a woman, uh, a lady's room more than I should, as, as someone who is a man living as a man, that if you're a man, you just should not be going in to a, a place like a, a women's bathroom. Well, yeah. I know in the one uh, example that I gave, you know, Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner thing, that there was an article recently that I read that he stated that at I guess whatever country club he belongs to in California, that he now showers, changes in the woman's locker room at, at the country club. And he says everyone's been supportive and comfortable. And he's never felt more in his own skin. And uh, I thought about that. And to me, I, I, I'm, the things that you're saying kind of came true to me. You know, I, I was thinking, is that really right? And then I'm thinking more along the lines, well, I mean, so does that mean he doesn't have a penis? I mean, I, I, I don't even know. But he actually does have a penis. Well, that's what, well. Did, do we know that was this, the surgery I'm pretty, I'm was never sure, done? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it has not been done. So, I mean, if that's the case, like, should he really be with women? I mean, I don't know. It, you know, all this stuff is uncharted territory. It's not anything we've ever really experienced on this kind of open level that we're so discussing openly. So, I don't. I think we're kind of making the rules as we go along. Well, and it's a, it's a tough one because wherever you pass a law, there's uh, and change something, then there's it's always open to abuse. So let's let's say a law is passed to where anyone who, who's uh, living as a woman can use the uh, women's restroom. Well, then what would stop me saying, okay, starting right now, right now, as soon as this radio show's over, I'm going to live as a woman, and I and I go up and put on a dress, and I go, ha now I can go into the women's bathroom and ogle women there while they're going to the bathroom, or, or I'm going to go and shower with women at the at the YMCA. Well, uh, according to the law. I would be allowed to do that because right now I decided I'm a woman. And so, and then when I get back home, I can decide, you know what? I don't want to be a woman anymore. I'm going to be a man again. And that, that is a legitimate concern that, that this could open. I don't think anyone's saying it's based on your dress, though. I mean, no, 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 he's, but, legally, but, he's legally a well, woman. Well, so that's, that's what I think is the proper middle ground. I think the problem is you can't just say anyone who ident- self-identifies as a woman could just abruptly say, I'm a woman now and go in. I even had a story on uh, on the forum I posted of this guy who claims he's a woman even though he dresses as a man, looks like a man, even has a beard. He does nothing to, to be like a woman except he just says, I'm a woman. <laughs> and and he calls himself Danielle and he you know he claims he's a woman. Other than that, he, he does nothing physically to, to appear as a woman in any way, shape, or form. He's exactly the same as he was a few years ago when he was claiming, when he was a man. So, uh, and he hasn't changed anything about his body, he hasn't taken hormones, hasn't changed the way he dresses, nothing. So uh, there's got to be, you, you can't let people like that into the ladies' room, or you can't let people who just decide to put on a dress today because they want to ogle women in the shower uh, and say they, quote, self-identify as, as a female. There's got to be some process to where um, 
you gain the credibility, such as a, a legal change in, in your in your gender that you, you file with with the government, or a certain amount of time that has to pass, something like that, to where you've actually demonstrated that this is how you're living, and that you're not just a pervert who's decided to uh, uh, put on a dress and, and, and ogle women in the ladies' room. So I I think that would be, I think that would remove some of the criticism that's coming from the, the side that's saying that this isn't right. Uh, unfortunately, there's, there's people on the left saying, oh, if you self-identify as a woman, that's it. You should be able to use the ladies' room. I, I think that's going too far. I think that just the letting it, – it's opening it too much for abuse. And, and uh, if you're going to have that, you might as well not have a ladies' room. You might as well have – everybody's in the same room. Well, let me ask. China, Salomar – I should say Salomar first. You're older than us. You're maybe like half a generation. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, I didn't. I don't mean that to be rude. No, I'm just go, saying, go. you know, you're you're half a generation older than us. What are your views on on all this? Well, I have a I have a health club, and um, you know, we have men's locker rooms, women's. We have a family changing locker room, and I can tell you that in the women's locker room, there are privacy stalls. There are there are opportunities for more privacy when changing. Um, it's not an issue really that I've given much thought to. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. China, what about you? All right. If you, if you have a dick, you use the men's room. That's it. <laughs> See, he's, he's more hardline on this than me. I'm kind of. Well, in but the he middle. also is a host of the Zone Blitz, which is an NFL show. Dominated by men, so he's going to be. I, I'm kind of in the middle on this one, believe. I actually, with I actually... women reporters going into the men's locker room, so. Well, but they don't have to let them in. They could say. So, but not... again, is was there something specific that happened that this is in the news or why? Well, I mean, it's it's it, a few factors. Been... There, cha- there, there's a few st- like North Carolina passed a law that that no businesses or, or local governments are allowed to uh, pass laws or make decisions to allow. Uh, transgender people into, into the bathroom of the opposite sex of what they were born. So basically North Carolina is saying what China is saying. If you are you have a dick, you use the men's room, period. And, and so that, that got into the news. Do we, do we even know roughly what the statistics are, like what percent of all Americans are transgender? I don't even know. I, wouldn't I, I, don't, e- I don't know either. Maybe 1%, half a percent? It's, I don't even Yeah, it's pretty low. I don't know what it is, but it's uh... – did, did, did any of you know anyone in your life close or – even by proxy, that is a transgender. I don't. I, I actually, I, mean, I kind of do. There was a, uh, there was uh, this is from party lines that I called back in the eighties and, and early nineties. A guy who ran a party line. Uh, I, I was hearing from like women that dated him at the time that that he was into cross dressing, and then a few years later he uh, announced that he's going to start living as a woman, and that's what he does now. Now he identifies as as Michelle and and lives like I think he still has a penis, but he still he like lives full time as as Michelle now, and uh, so to this day he still does. That's that's the only person I've really known who has uh, been transgender. I didn't know him all that well. I knew him kind of kind of from the party line world. Did I lose everybody here? Yeah, I lost everybody. What the hell's going on here? Uh oh. Something happened. Okay, hang on, everybody. My my Skype crashed, which means everybody's off the line. So I've got to I've got to reboot Skype. This is what happens when you use a 
crappy third-party tools for your radio show. Actually, Skype's a very mainstream application, as I'm sure you know, but it, it just crashed and booted everybody off, except me, because uh, I am broadcasting directly to you. Everybody else is on Skype in some way, either uh, directly through Skype or they call in and it gets forwarded over to me. Uh-oh. This is a big problem. <laughs> it says, you're already signed in on this computer. Please sign out and try again. Hmm. That is a problem. I'm going to have to work on this. I don't want to reboot because then it's going to boot me off the radio too. We don't want to do that. So let's see if I can just close Skype completely through the process explorer. and Try to start it again. Okay, I'm going to try it again. Apologize for this uh, tech fail that we are experiencing here. It just like abru- abruptly crashed on me. It was weird. Okay, let's see if I can log in now. Well, let me log in. Answer is yes, here I am. Okay, so now it's time to reconstruct the call. That's uh Ugh. Why isn't this working? Yeah, Brandon's trying to call my cell phone. I'll call Brandon back if I can reach and find him here. Usually when this happens, like nobody wants to answer. Okay, Brandon, hey. here. Yeah, this is my Skype just crashed. Okay, I had the the other guys are on the other line. I guess if you want to call them back, yeah, tell them they can they can tell them, you know everybody oh, I guess call they're in. listening. Everybody call in. Was that a Skype? That was Skype crash. Skype just crashed hard. Yeah, it had to be on your end because the three of us were still. Connected. It was. It was. It was on my end. It just. It just crashed for no reason. Put All right, put China, if you're listening, and uh, San Lamar. That might have been my bad draft because I, when I tried to call back in, I called the group instead of you personally. <laughs> oh, look at you, kiddo. Uh-oh, Still awake uh-oh. at twelve twenty. So actually, it's at twelve twenty. This is Trader Ruski. He was the the catalyst of my Skype crashing. That's bad. Okay. Well, China Salomar, call the uh, radio station. Yeah, if, you can call you the can radio station this. if you can get in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I. But just... I do have a transgender story. Okay, go ahead. Right. St- tell us the truth. No, so I had a client that I had moved out. You know, I have a headhunting business is one of my businesses. Um, this was like 92, and I moved him, his wife, and two kids out from, from Boston to uh, California as one of the top software engineers in the industry. And we had become very good friends because it took me like two years to get him out of this big company to this other one. And then, you know, it was probably like – he shared it with me probably on the first Netscape browser. He's like, Dave, I got to tell you something. I want you to look at this link and then call me. And he wrote this whole story about how he had. Oh, you, you just know, outed yourself, Trader Ruski. Oh, oh, well. He was <laughs> born a, uh, you know, that he always felt he was a woman and that he had been living a lie his whole life. And then he pretty much just. Uh, has transitioned now into a woman. And I did place him as a man and a woman. What do you, what do you mean you placed him as a man as a woman? So in other words, I, I got him a job with one of my clients when he was a man, and I got him with a job with another one of my clients when he was a woman. Wow. 
<laughs> he got two. <laughs> he got two different jobs at the same time. Yeah, no, this is over a fifteen to twenty year period. Oh, I, I thought like like one day he shows up as a man, the next day he's got to be a woman. No, no, no. That'd but be a good. I, you know, so I just think it was you know it was a trip. I you know it was just weird. You know, back in early nineties, and I think a lot of this stuff, and to talk about like what Drexel was talking about earlier. It's about, like, the small business and stuff. You know, I mean, it's really just the echoing of social media. And while there were back then, you know, when there used to be five or six channels and a handful of reporters, now there's, you know, thousands of channels and a mil- millions of reporters because everybody's on social media. They so call it just, going viral, I believe. Yeah, I mean, that's just that amplifies everything. So it's just all of these issues where if these things happened 15 years ago when the small business person made a comment, it wouldn't have, you know, nothing would have happened. Yeah. Well, here's here's something else that happened, uh, I think it was last year, maybe the year before. There's a big controversy where, where some uh, bakery didn't want to bake a cake for a gay wedding. They said, we don't do it. It's against our religion. And, and boy, do they really uh, get it. In fact, there's there's talk about passing laws to make this illegal, calling it discrimination. And I, I don't agree with that. I think that uh, if, if you have religious beliefs that, uh, that gay marriage is a sin and you don't want to serve any, any you, know, you don't want to provide services for gay marriage, as long as you're not interfering with those ceremonies taking place, if this is your personal choice, that you don't want to serve that customer to do something that's against your religion, I think you should have that right because there's going to be plenty of bakeries that will take their business that won't care about this. So you're never going to have it where every bakery is refusing to bake them a cake. If if a few bakeries here and there don't want to bake cakes for gay weddings because they they don't agree with gay marriage, that's that's not stopping gay marriage in any way. That's just saying we don't want to be part of it, and they should have the right as business owners to do that. But there's there's many pressing – to, to force them to. And I think that's very dangerous territory to force businesses to be part of something that they don't believe in. It's one thing to stop someone else from doing something you don't believe in, but just to say, I don't want to participate in it in any way, that should be everyone's right. What if yeah. you were a country club that wouldn't accept blacks? Well, but that, that's but that's actually stopping someone from uh, that. That's excluding someone. That that's that's a little different. That's actually saying. Uh, Can I ask something here? It's a little bit. We're not topic, letting you but, do this. He, saying we're not letting you do this, and I don't want you to be part of the, of what you're doing is two different things. I've always wondered this, and I have I have a handful of very intelligent people on the phone. I went to Florida State. <clears throat> that's in Tallahassee in the panhandle of Florida. And there's another university that was also in the same city. It's it's Florida A&M. And it's considered, uh, it's in the, uh, uh, I guess, you know, a, a league or a class of what are termed historically black colleges. <clears throat> and I've always wondered, how is it, and, and you know, there's a number of them like uh, Bethune-Cookman, and I mean, there's probably 30, 40 of them. If... And I'm not trying to, you know, play the race card and, and spark some controversy, but I've really always wondered if somebody made a historically white college, that, that I mean, it would never go. It would be burned down. It would be protested. It, the government would, I mean, would shut it down. But how is it – I mean, I guess you understand my question, but how is that able to be that there are colleges that just cater only to blacks? And I, I think like Florida A&M – 
from what I remember, at least you know, ten, fifteen years ago, there was still there was actually uh, whites that attended, but it was a very, very small amount. It was like one, two percent. You know, the majority were were African Americans. How is something like that allowed? But well, I don't think I don't think there are, you're not allowed to have a, a university that will not let white people in. But if it's a if university was just all black people going there, and, and white people just don't but apply, but they're actually called and referred to. You know, as historically black colleges. Yeah, well, I know. There, there if is... you use that term historically, well, and you know, I, I will say that things like that or what irritates me because you know, and again, I'm sensitive, and I I, I do get that African Americans in general uh, have been mistreated. I mean, anyone that's intelligent can't argue otherwise. But at the same point, point, I, I do think things such as reverse racism. Where I mean, you get where I'm going with this. Yeah, but I, you know, I'm actually fine if there's there's black colleges. They're known as black colleges, and that's where uh, black people like to, some black people like to go to only be with other black people. I, I'm fine with that, even if if it wouldn't be fine to have a white only college because the, the the blacks are still a minority. But where where I don't like the reverse racism, as you talked about, is uh, in in racial quotas for hiring for school admissions. That 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 is a form of racism. It doesn't matter which race it benefits, and uh, it. it the, the goal should be at all of these places that the best person qualified. Yeah, that's the colorblind decision to where you don't care or know about the person's race, and if you know, you just, it just doesn't factor into it. And yeah, it's the best person, not the best black person, or the, the black people get a, an easier way in because of historical discrimination. Blah blah blah. No, the goal should be that everybody is on the same level, and their race doesn't matter. And I don't that's, think we need to be giving Indians more casinos. I think we're even. <laughs> no, the Indian gaming. There's there's a lot of exposés on that. That's it's a big fraud. It's a big fraud where a few Indians. It get makes really a rich. few people rich, and right. the, the 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 people still in the tribe. A lot of the members are basically living in poverty. Yep, yep. It's it's. A I don't understand how that still goes and, on. And and large companies are getting in on it now. Like like uh, Caesars quote managing these properties yeah. or MGM quote managing these properties. It's totally not what was intended. It it shouldn't exist. It should just be uh, if gaming. I've always felt that it should be up to the states and localities, and it's just very very simple. If if you want to have it, then there should be a licensing procedure open to everyone, and whatever counties or cities don't want it should say we don't want it here, and then it won't exist there. But so so for example, if California legalizes full gambling, there should be. First of all, not every state should have to. Every state should decide. But let's say California decides to do it. Then every county or city should have a right to say, we don't want it in our city or we do want it in our city. And whatever wants, whatever counties or cities do want it, then the licensing process should be open up to anyone who's qualified to run a casino and manage it, not just uh, ones who are Indian or whatever else. Yeah. Well, while we have uh... – China, who I know is is obviously very uh, educated about sports, and and we also have Salomar. I think do you want to segue into uh, the sports topic, or do you, do you want to go on a little bit more about this? Do you guys have anything more you want to add? No. Uh, the only thing is, like those all like quote unquote all black colleges or black colleges weren't all the they were there like like a hundred years ago, right? Like when they couldn't go to like white colleges, right? I, I don't, I'm not educated enough yeah, some to answer of them that. Are. I don't know. I assume some of them have them, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know how long. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of them. I know in Florida alone, you know, there are more than 
probably the half a dozen at least. And I, I don't care. All over the I, South. I, I don't care. Let them exist. I, it doesn't bother me. No, I'm not saying it bothers me, but I, I just – if there was, you know, like I said, a college or like you said, if, if black people want to hang out with only black people, you said that you're fine with that. But if white people did that, then they'd be called racists. I mean they would. Yeah, yeah. I know. But that's, that's but, a little different. Yeah, though. but that's what all the other ones are though, you know. Well, there's there's really not many white, all white. There's there's very few all white colleges. No, but I know. But if you went back thirty years or however long it was until opportunities were given, then that's basically what they were. Yeah, we're talking we're talking about today though. So it's, yeah, but uh, no, I but, know. But, but I, I, at the same time, I don't I don't care if these exist, and and I I do you know the majority. Whatever you know, whatever the majority race is in the country, they're always going to have uh, certain privileges from being the majority race, even uh, if it's not explicitly said. So, so if they, you know, if a minority wants to have certain colleges where they are, where it's not seen as socially appropriate to have the same thing for the majority, I'm fine with that. What I don't like though is at general colleges, at state colleges, at whatever, that someone who's a different race than me has a better chance of getting in. Just because of their race, that's a problem. That's to me is, is discrimination. That that's racism, and it doesn't matter what race it's against. If it's against white people, it can still be racism, and I don't like that. And I was against that uh, uh, back when I was in college, twenty five years ago. I used to speak out against that, and I said, I said it's ridiculous that what you, the the goal should be to make race not an issue ever, not not go the other way and start uh, giving privileges. Are they to still country clubs in the United States that won't admit? Females or African Americans? Yes. That that literally it's in their policy that they'll say we're not. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm asking. They they are. I know there's an o- local Elks Lodge that doesn't allow females to become members. That's a little different, though, because that's that that could be seen like guys wanting to get together and uh, you know not feel like. Uh, they they have to watch themselves around women or that you know there's a lot of it's a difference between the genders as far as like little clubs they it, that starts to become a slippery slope where you start telling clubs you have to let women in so it was wasn't it as recent as a couple of years ago where they have the masters that there were no women mem- no female members i think like the i think that ended IBM. quite a while ago like a decade ago but i could be mistaken i don't think it was no i think it was like the new ceo of IBM that went in like two or three years ago, I think might have been the first female member, I think. But anyway. By, by the way, there is some uh, discrimination in, in jobs that uh, by gender that uh, isn't really talked about, but most people are okay with. And that is, if you go to a preschool, you're not going to find any male teachers. And If you do what? You go to a preschool, you're not going to find any male teachers. And any male who applies to teach at most preschools will be rejected simply because they're male. And it's just generally assumed that most people feel comfortable leaving their very young children, many of whom can't speak or describe things that are happening. They they want to leave them in care of women who are much, much, much less likely to sexually abuse young children, which is true. Women are very, very, very unlikely to sexually abuse young children. And by the way, uh, 2012 was the first year that a woman was a member of Augusta National. Anyone have a guess who the first woman was? She was in politics. Very was it? Oh, was uh, Condoleezza Rice? Very good. Ah, Wow. So, yeah. So got two points for that one, I think. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, let's let's get to the um, the uh, one more political topic, and then we'll go to the the sports thing. Uh, I, I think it's pretty much over the election as far as 
when it's all said and done. I, I'm trying to. I've We've tried, been saying this for 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 a long time. I know, but now, now I'm, I'm really, really convinced. I just. But what did you think? Maybe a month ago, you thought that Trump can somehow still win, that he can win the main election. I'm, uh, what's what's changed now? Than I mean, I thought you've always in all these fraud shows, you've always basically have been steadfast that Hillary Hillary's going to win. Because well, I'll tell you what's changed is that uh, the polls for Trump versus Hillary have gotten worse and worse for Trump to where he's now getting so clobbered in the polls right now in a hypothetical matchup that even if you want to say those hypothetical matchup polls can sometimes be wrong, uh, that uh, it's just so far apart now. What what are, what, are, what are they polling at? I don't know. I haven't checked in a couple uh, of weeks. It's like, it was like 15 points or something pretty steep like that. and And because Trump is such a polarizing figure, I don't see him – changing much and hillary's been around so long it's not like you're going to say once trump goes against hillary he's going to expose her for what she is if there's something that you know people are pretty aware of what hillary is and the, the interesting thing with hillary is i think she she's going to win despite just about nobody in the country being excited about her campaign like nobody's excited about her being president except for very few people but but yet uh, she, i think she has the overwhelming chance to actually she's not up by 15 she's up by like nine right now but it, it keeps getting bigger and bigger and i just don't see it's, I don't see Trump coming back from that. I just, I just think that the people who see him negatively are going to continue seeing him negatively, and I don't see him changing that at this point. Uh, and, and if he doesn't become the nominee, if, if uh, he doesn't get the majority and then the, the broker convention happens, they pick someone else, there's going to be enough backlash from that to where whoever is selected instead uh, is, is not going to beat Hillary anyway. Like I, I think Kasich could actually beat Hillary if he were to have been elected normally. In the primary, but now the only way he could get it literally is by uh, some kind of brokered convention BS. There's no he's mathematically clinched out of it. So, but it's strange for you to even suggest that he you think he could win it when he can't even win his own party's nomination. Yes, well, because his his appeal to his own par- party versus his appeal to the general public is different. Uh, just just as if, let's let's say hypothetically the Hillary suddenly decided to run as a Republican last year, like she would have lost the nomination. She she would not have won in the as a Republican. But she'll win as a Democrat. So I'm not saying that. Uh, yeah, but should... that's that's not a that's no, no. But I'm saying I, I'm, I know it's it's an extreme that's... comparison. But I'm saying that you can appeal to the general public more than you can appeal to your own party, and that that's Kasich's situation. That uh, uh, appealing to your own party is not always representative of how you're going to appeal to the general public, especially the independents in the middle. I, I mean, he can't win it at a brokered convention. I mean, he's he's won one state. Well, you never and know what they're... they even. Well, there's look even as, talk that they would they even look Republicans in the. They even look citizens in the eye and and and. Well, they've got a tough situation because they don't really want Cruz either. They don't like him. They don't like Trump. So if they pick anyone else, they're picking someone who either didn't win any states or someone who won very few or or just won. So there's not there's not a, an easy choice for them at this broker convention. Whatever they pick at this broker convention, they're going to be un- there's going to be people who are very unhappy, and there's going to be a backlash. Well, okay, let me ask you this, or I'll ask everyone that's on the phone this. Judging by polling numbers and what they say is the path needed for Trump to collect the required amount of delegates to make it to the convention, is he on... I mean, I guess from what I've read, it, it seems as if there's, he's on the right path, but there's basically little to no room for error. Is that is that correct? Uh, kind I mean, of. Like he's not behind. If everything that's estimated goes the way it's supposed to going forward, shouldn't he nab the nomination? Uh, I'm not sure, but I thought if he lost Indiana, that he would he would not get it. 
but I'm not sure. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, that's what I heard too. I heard there was one state that was that could hinge. Yeah, that's uh, we got. We have a caller here. Caller nine one six. You're on the air. Or we lose him. We lost him. Okay, never mind. So uh, anyway, uh, so I, I, I this is why I think Hillary's gonna, he's she's going to get in tomorrow. She's going to be Bernie Sanders for sure. Even, first of all, he'd have to have a, a miraculous comeback at this point to even win. Ignoring the super delegates, but the super delegates—it's not. That's not. It's not even worth talking. Yeah, it's not even worth talking about. He's not. He has no chance. He has no chance. It's like saying you and I could be on the moon one day. Of course, (laughs) anything's possible, but it's it's not going to happen. Yeah, he has no shot. So it's going to be Hillary there in the Democratic nomination. The Republicans—it's such a disaster at this point. Uh, Either Trump gets it, and and they either get the majority, or he doesn't, and they give it to him anyway at the convention. And, and he'll go on and get clobbered by Hillary. He, he will, is a, is a fact. Or they pick someone else who, under normal circumstances, might do well against Hillary, but because there will be such a backlash that they're picking someone who, uh, who who barely got any votes or didn't get any votes or, or didn't get any delegates to the normal process, there will be such a backlash that there's going to be uh, – well, uh, I've said from the start, Ruff, that I agree with what you've said uh, that – what they need to do, you know, they've botched this from the start. They never unified it before Trump, when Trump was getting the coverage and, and getting the luster, when he was getting more momentum. They, I mean, it's it just, it, it's done. They, they failed. They need to just let the process play out fairly and, you know, take the next four years and prepare and move forward. I think they're going to do more damage to the party alienate more people if they pull some shenanigans than yeah. they would accomplish no by point. forcing their will and telling us or telling Republicans I should say who they think the nominee should be. Yeah, right. And and the thing is they're not going to gain from it because whoever they put up instead of Trump's going to lose going to lose anyway. So, so exactly. might as well just let Trump lose. <laughs> so that's a, it's going to lose no matter what. So Hillary who who is very beatable, who had a lot of flaws as a candidate We'll get uh, her in four years, and when you're more organized, yeah, who had a lot of flaws as a candidate uh, is going to take it uh, probably fairly easily because of a fail on the Republicans' part. The, really, the Republicans beat themselves this time, <laughs> and that's what's going to happen. She's going to be the president. What if she gets indicted? It's not going to happen. There's it, just too much. Uh, I've asked that too, and it just it doesn't. It won't happen. There, there's uh, there's too much. She has too much power. There's too much influence, and the, the, you know, and the uh, Department of Justice is controlled by Democrats. They're just, it's just not going to happen. They're 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 going to find a way to dance around it and get out of it. It's just it's just going to it's not going really to dance around it. It's just not going to happen. It's just going to uh, get stuck and go nowhere. That's what's going to occur. To some de- to some degree, she represents the status quo. I mean, Democrat in office, Obama. You know, the housing crisis, the stock market that what eight thousand or something. And your 401k in a month or two is going to be at a record high. Um, things are good. And, uh, I think Trump was doing well, you know, the first three months when things appeared to be in free fall, you know, in the market and the stock market and things have come back. And, you know, the Democrats are in control of the Fed. They control monitor, monetary policy in the, interest rate and the printing of money and uh they can make things happen until the end of the year and if uh you can get a chevy for zero percent you still get a job and your 401ks at a high you know the luster of trump the discontent that he represented uh is diminished and that in my mind that's why the numbers seem to be falling 
Um, well, and and the, yeah, that's a good point. And the the other thing is that uh, there's certain people who, even if they are unhappy at the moment, just don't like Trump, don't like what he stands for, don't like his attitude, don't like his controversial statements, don't think he's ready for the presidency. There's a lot of concern about him to where even if they are frustrated and would like to see an outsider come in, they don't want it to be him. And there's enough people who feel strongly about that to where uh, they would vote for Hillary going, well, I don't like her, but boy, I can't imagine Trump as president. I think it'll be a disaster. It's the choice of the better of two evils is what you're saying. Yes, and and I think that... uh, Somebody who, who scares you less. Yeah, and in fact, this is this is kind of, in some ways has some similarity to the Nevada Senate race when Harry Reid was last running, and and Nevada the Republicans picked uh, Sharon Angle, who was a terrible candidate. She was a Tea Party candidate who was terrible and who was crazy. And uh, uh, there were so many Nevadans I talked to who said, "I hate Harry Reid. I wish I didn't. I, I don't want to vote for him." But uh, Sharon Angle scares me. She, she's crazy. I just can't see myself voting for her. I've got to vote for Reed, even though I hate him. And and so I said, the funny thing is, all they had to do was throw up a very ordinary, nondescript Republican candidate who wasn't even good, just wasn't bad, and he would have beaten Reed. Instead, Reed won because everyone was afraid to vote for Angle. I think the same thing's going to happen with Trump, where people who don't like Hillary very much are going to vote for her just because they can't picture Trump as president and are afraid what would happen to this country if Trump was president. And, and, uh, She's going to get a lot of votes that way where we're just some Kasich-like candidate who who may not excite you but doesn't have a lot of gotchas, at least uh, not at the moment. Uh, people would vote for him just because uh, they really don't like Hillary. And if he seems like likable enough, they'll, they'll go they'll go for her. I mean, they would go for him there. So that's uh, – and Cruz, he's got, he's got his own problems. He's, he's also uh, has a lot of likability issues. He's got a lot of baggage. He's got a lot of uh, – uh, a lot of things that can be attacked. A lot of things people don't like about him. A lot of people think he's way too conservative. And uh, so he's not going to be beating Hillary either. So the two leading Republicans right now, I, I think, would get crushed by Hillary. I just can't see any path the Republicans have to winning the White House in 2017. I just don't see it. I'll offer one. Um, it's always been There's always been this theory that Trump never really wanted to actually be president that this was just a great publicity roadshow, perhaps. Um, what if Trump gets into the convention and there's there's a buzz that, you know, his bid might be threatened, and he goes into the back room and throws his support behind Kasich? He says, I accomplished what I wanted. I got the fame and the attention that I was after. I never really wanted to hold the nuclear suitcase or whatever. And, um, again, he throws his support behind Kasich. You know, I guess if that happened, that would be possible. If, if people didn't feel cheated by it, if Trump was, if Trump kind of gave up on his own and said, uh, I've decided I don't, uh, don't want to go forward for whatever reason and this is who I support, then, then there would be some unification there and people wouldn't be bitter. But I just don't see Trump and his ego allowing that to happen, even if he didn't. And I actually believe that theory that he originally did this as a publicity stunt and just to get uh, attention and and didn't expect this to to work and and just thought this would be uh eventually he'd be laughed off and he he would drop out and he would get publicity and people would talk about him for a while and then shockingly to himself even he did well and he's like well might as well run with it but then at the same time doesn't really know what he wants to do if he's actually president but i think now that he's gotten this far if you think about it if you're president 
you go down in history forever. People will know your name forever. People will talk about you forever. Hundreds from hundreds of years from now, when all of us won't be remembered at all, at all, uh, and, and even fam- famous people of the day will not be remembered at all. Uh, presidents will be. They're going to talk about presidents for for hundreds or maybe even thousands of years. So he gets to really cement his place. Not just in current popular culture, but in history. And I think for someone who has as much of an ego as Donald Trump, I, I think that he doesn't want to pass that up. And I think he's kind of deluded himself now into believing, yeah, I can do this. Everyone's telling me I can do this. I can do this. I'm, the, I'm what this country needs. And I don't think he's going to give up at this point. How is George McGovern remembered? He, didn't he win just Minnesota or something? But he didn't win. Pre- uh, he didn't win the presidency. See, I think Trump exactly. And Trump could suffer the same humiliation, you know? If, I don't if, know how delusional he is, but... If he thinks that he's going to lose for sure, then then this could happen. But I think he believes, because he's defied the odds this thus far, that he can do it once again in the general election. That he can... He can uh, all he needs to do is go one-on-one against Hillary, and he'll show everyone what she is, and, and everyone will turn around, and it'll be this shocking come-from-behind victory for Donald Trump. I think he believes he can do it. So that's, that's why I don't see him giving up. Uh, now, if, if his f- support was falling massively, like even with the Republican Party, and, it, and he kind of just squeaked in, but, but all the momentum was going the other way, then I would say, sure, but look, look in New York, like he just killed it over there. Like the, that type of thing just energizes yeah. him. So Yeah. There's no way you run that marathon without believing. So Yeah, so, so, I, I, so I, I don't think that uh, we're, we're going to see anything other than President Hillary. And yeah, I don't like to see that, but that's, that's the reality. And I don't want to be delusional about it. And it's just one of these things, you, you think about it, and you just can't find a logical path to where it doesn't end up there. That's uh, that's that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, let's let's talk a bit about the uh, the the NBA and this crazy last day of the regular season. Uh, Golden State, I really thought they were going to be dead because they were. Uh, this is at the, I think it was on April ninth or tenth. They were they were playing San Antonio in San Antonio, who had not lost at a, at home yet this season. And they immediately started off like ten points behind. So I thought I thought their record, I thought the chance for them to break the record was dead. I thought they were going to finish with seventy-two wins, just like Chicago had in ninety-six, and that that was going to be that. But uh, they they persevered. They came back. They actually won uh, fairly easily in that game uh, against San Antonio. And then the the final game against Memphis, a uh, uh, injured Memphis team. You knew they were going to take that. So they they. Finished with 70, 73 wins, nine losses. Golden State set the record, but that was not the biggest story of that day. the The biggest story of that day was something I didn't expect to be a big story, or at least not that that big of a story. Kobe Bryant was playing his last game. It was at at home in uh, Los Angeles versus Utah, which uh, was a very average team. They were like right at five hundred. They had just been eliminated that day. From the playoff contention by Houston, so they were not playing for the playoffs or anything. I tell you, they would have given Golden State more of a fight than Houston's doing. Yeah, Houston's awful, <laughs> but but uh, Kobe Bryant was playing his final game, and you, you knew Kobe Bryant wanted to do well. You knew he wanted to look good. You knew he didn't want to go out with a failed game, but he's wanted 
for a few years now to look good and hasn't. He just has looked awful. He hasn't looked like himself. And you can want something a lot, but if your body doesn't cooperate, you're just not going to be able to do it. And it's been you know, but I kind of – it's very strange, especially, you know, you living in L.A. and he's brought you five championships. I don't know. It, it kind of seems like you've in some ways bashed him. I mean, it's not like <clears throat> he's a fail. I mean, he – Tore his Achilles because Mike D'Antoni was playing him forty something minutes a game for almost the entire season. Uh, then he dislocated a kneecap. I mean, you know, he had these debilitating injuries. No, I'm not blaming uh, him. I'm just saying. And, and, you know, and lastly, look, listen. I mean, I, I guess in his shoes, he probably didn't need the money. But look at any normal human being. He's guaranteed twenty five million dollars just to show up. What was he going to do this year? Retire? And just give him the twenty five million, no, like just, he did what you did, what I would have done, what China would have done, what any of us. Would I know, have Lakers done. were just stupid to give him that type of money. It was the problem. It's I'm not. I don't blame an athlete for for seeking the most money they can get. Well, you know, but the first f- five years of his contract, he was underpaid for what he delivered. I mean, I I don't I don't. But they're not required to give him. That's just kind of the way it works, and and they're not required to pay him on the back end now extra money. Especially he made a lot of money all these years, so uh, it's not like he was yeah, hurting for money. He also made the Laker organization a no, lot. No, he, of he money. did. But the thing is that the way it works in sports, you, you don't owe back money to players who may have uh, earned you more money than than you paid them or than they were worth. It, it's just uh, when you give someone a new contract, it should be what they're actually worth. Especially in the NBA, where there's well, there's that's cap not rules. The way it is in reality, I mean, look at you know how much. Michael Jordan made his last season. He, he had signed a one-year deal for I think twenty or twenty-five million, which was unheard of back, you know, in the nineties. I'm talking about his last year with Chicago. Uh, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I don't, I, you know, if that if that's how they looked at it, like this is a farewell gift for everything you've done for, you know, our organization. Um, well, there's a, there was a problem with this. The, the problem with this, there's a few problems. There, there was the cap problem is that you don't you can't just spend unlimited money in the NBA, and second. There's the problem that he always wanted to be the number one option. He didn't want to say, I'll, I'll take a lot of money, but I'll take a back seat and uh, let a new Laker era begin behind another star player. He wanted to be the star player, and he wasn't going to stop being the star player in his mind until he left. And that's what everyone knew, and that's why no other star players would come during these final years in, until Kobe was gone. So it was basically th- total throwaway years. For the Lakers, and honestly, they didn't even make much progress from from draft picks or anything. They really don't. Once he leaves, they're, they're, the team's in shambles, and they really have a well, lot of work say to it's, do. I mean, I, you know, I, I I do think immaturity, withstanding with you know what happened with with Nick Young and that whole. I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe that. You know, cheating video, the thing that got on the internet. You know, I think. Uh, they have some good pieces. You know, I think the one kid, the point guard, is, is, is decent. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, Julius Randle. Um, he hasn't lived up to what they hoped. Well, I mean, it's his second year. It's still very early. I, I, I know, but I'm, seeing not, I'm, not, I'm not seeing any, not, any kind of know, stars or even secondary stars out of that group. I'm just not. I mean, it's not like we're talking already about you know, someone like a Kwame Brown, who, you know, you, by the second year people are already calling him, or the guy from uh, UNLV. Went number one overall just not even three years yeah. ago, and there, he's already being called the biggest bust of all time. The point I'm making is that the NBA, you know, a lot can change. I mean, from what I've read, I don't, I don't know if this is true that Kevin Durant 
that the two choice he's going to definitely leave Oklahoma. This is a, his last run there. And the two teams that he's torn between that have the best chance of signing him are Washington, D.C. and the Lakers. You get Kevin Durant in L.A. now. Okay, and it's a whole other ball but game. Then you, it well, is. You, need, you need a second. You need a second. Oh, okay, uh, but you need a first per, to the start. It's a start. I mean, you're not going to. I mean, yeah, they're not going to be in the NBA Finals or the Western Conference Finals next year. It's not going to happen. But it's a start. I mean, remember when they got Shaq before they had Kobe? They traded, uh, or they signed him away from the Orlando Magic when he was a free agent. I mean, that was building block number one. Uh, I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know. It, the biggest it, thing for the Lakers is the fact that Kobe Bryant is gone. The fact that he's gone is going to draw free agents there. That's the difference between That's the difference between somewhere like L.A. and Boston. Boston may have a great coach. They may have all the pieces. But when it comes down to it, these guys want to be in Hollywood. So it doesn't. It, the Lakers will be back at well, some hope, point, whether uh, uh, a couple I mean, of years, five years. I, I hope so because the, the organization's taking such a hit. It's become such a laughing stock in the last few years to go like to, to win like fifteen games, sixteen games, whatever they won, is, is a disgrace. Well, also, their management is 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 just been in ruins. I mean, it just well, I mean, yeah, the, the ownership. They have sucks a brother now. and sister that are feuding. The sister dating the president of the Knicks, who she wanted to hire as the coach of the Lakers, but her other brother who handles the business side of things. Or the basketball side of things wouldn't. I mean, do you remember that whole thing? Yeah, you know, she wanted to hire is, Jackson. It wasn't going to. It wasn't going to matter much. No, <laughs> I'm not saying. But I'm just saying there's dysfunction no, there's itself dysfunction. just within the organization. There is. There's big dysfunction, and Jim Buss uh, is an idiot. He's a terrible owner. And I think he said if there's no improvement next year, he's going to step down. Yeah, I don't believe it though. He did say that, but I don't believe it. Yeah. So, so the, the thing is, anyway, Kobe Bryant came into his last game. I thought it was going to be an embarrassing failure, and the first six and a half minutes, it was. Uh, Kobe wasn't just missing all his shots. They were embarrassing misses. They were way off. Uh, he, he, he was missing layups. He was missing. He, he went 0 for 5. I watched the entire game. No, but they, they, were also, they were also horrendous misses. They weren't even, like, close. They wasn't, it wasn't like ones that almost bounced in. These were just way off and going, oh, my I God, mean, this is going to be an embarrassing finish for him. And the Lakers also just couldn't score. They had four points after the first six and a half minutes. Four. Now, Utah wasn't scoring either, so Utah was shooting terribly also. So it was like 6-4 to four with, with 5.30 left in the first quarter. Then things started to change. Kobe started to hit a few shots, including some, some semi-difficult ones. And you started to see some glimpses of the old Kobe, and I thought, okay, he hit a few lucky shots. I've seen I've seen that before, where he makes some shots that he used to make, but then he has a whole lot of other misses. Well, now I knew they'd be giving him the ball a lot. I knew that that was the whole plan to just keep giving him the ball since the game was meaningless anyway. Might as well let Kobe score as much as possible. But then in the second half, especially, he really started to turn it on, and and was really making some tough shots that you would not expect him to make anymore this season. And and uh, he finished uh, 22 for 50 and with several three-pointers, and he finished with 60 points, which, yes, that was a little bit skewed by the fact, or a lot skewed by the fact that he was constantly given the ball and shot 50 times. But still, he played a It doesn't matter. Shockingly shots, good game. I mean, even with, with – and I watched the game twice because I, I just was so amazed by it. Uh, and they weren't playing the best defense again, but it's not like they were just, you know, letting him just shoot with without even putting their hands up. I mean, 50 shots or not, I mean, they were down eight points 
with like a, two minutes and change left, and he just was on fire. Yeah, he was. I mean, he couldn't miss. And I mean, look, you can give anyone any other day. You can give him fifty shots. He still probably isn't going to score sixty points. He may go ten of of fifty. And score 23, 20. I mean, it was an impressive performance. I don't remember anyone ever exiting a Hall of Fame career in any sport with that kind of performance. It yeah, was incredible. It, it was, especially especially at the he end. Won he won the was, game. I mean, they yeah. came back from eight down with, with him making. He scored at one point, I think it was 15 or 17 points in a row. And this, wasn't, right, and this wasn't like the All-Star game where they just let them run up and, and keep making easy layups. He was making a lot of shots from a distance. That were difficult or semi-difficult, yeah. where these were not giveaway shots. He was these, doing his fadeaway jumper from yeah. like twenty-two feet out. It really looked like, especially at the end, the old Kobe Bryant, which is amazing that he was able to, for one game, uh, channel that and bring it back. So and, he ends up scoring the most points by any player in the end. This is the most. I don't know if it ends the season this way, but for most of the season. Or almost, maybe even almost the entirety of it. He was rated as the most inefficient player with the number of qualifying minutes, but nonetheless, he ends up scoring more points than anybody else did this season uh, in the last game, and, and tied for his own record for fifth in most most points scored of, of his entire career. And then he shattered the record for the oldest person to ever score sixty points, the most by a player in the final game. I mean, it was incredible watching it, and they won the game. It just it, you couldn't have asked for a better end. He, and he hit the game winning, the game winning shot. Yeah, right? and, I mean, and then he did it. He had a speech at the end, which actually seemed like he just was kind of speaking off the cuff and didn't. It was if it was prepared, it didn't sound like it. It, it was actually a good speech in that it it, it wasn't. Uh, it seemed to be from the heart and and really how he was feeling at the moment and not uh, some prepared BS that he wrote. So uh, so I actually thought it was a pretty good speech at the end too when he. Uh, after the game was over, that he he's made to the crowd and, and to everyone watching on TV, so it was a, it was a good day all around for him. It truly was a Hollywood ending. I mean, you couldn't really. What more could he ask for? They, I didn't think they'd win their last game. You know, I, I he went out I mean, the game before that. Who they play? He got they got blown out. Who was the second to last game? The last road game was it Houston? Maybe or yeah, I think it was Houston. You know, anyhow, I didn't think they'd win there. I think they were eight or eight and a half point dogs in that game against Utah. Yeah, and and I saw and also just to, to watch the beginning of that game with the five embarrassing misses, like not even close. I just go, oh my god, this is going to be so embarrassing for him to just shoot like this the whole game. You know, maybe make twenty percent of his shots and may have a lot of horrendous misses, and the Lakers are going to lose by fifteen, and this is going to be like, wow, what happened to Kobe Bryant? Like this, this is how it ends for him. Instead, it turned around. It's actually funny. I remember now. I was actually on the phone with China for part of that game, yeah. and I was a little bit behind live TV. And I'm fast forwarding through commercials, and I'm he had like we started talking, and he had like 24 points, and we talked for like 15, 20 minutes. And by the end of it, he had I'm like, "There's 40, there's 45." And China's just like unbelievable. I mean, it, it 60 points. That's insane. They could give him open looks all day, and you're still not going to score. You know what I mean? It just it's hard. Yeah, and, you know, and, uh, it, it, it's. I guess it kind of just. Uh, I mean, it puts. A, you know, I think, and I wrote this in a post on the fraud site. When they look back at this season, of course they'll remember. You know, the, the fail and, and just the worst record in, in, in the history. But now I think they're going to remember it more for that last performance 
I think when you think of the 2016, someone asked me in five years about the Kobe's last season, I'm going to think of 60 points the last game of the season. That's what I'm going to think of his last game. Yeah, a lot of times ending well is is uh, so important because the last impression people have of you, if the, if the first impression is good and the last impression is good, a lot of times they forget what happened in between. And uh, so that that's, can be said for this season is that uh, you remember Kobe when he was good and all the amazing things he, he did on the basketball court when he was uh, in his prime. And then you uh, and then the end was a fail, but then the very final game was so amazing uh, on the good side, you, you remember a lot more of that. You remember a lot more of the good, and a lot of the fail starts to fade away in your mind. As you think of the final season, as Brandon said, instead of going, oh, my God, that was a terrible, embarrassing season for the Lakers, you think, wow, he finished with 60 points and just uh, looked like his old self. That was an amazing ending. I mean, that's how I'm going to remember it. You know, I'll, I'll you know, but uh, I think... It's not... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, there's not too many... I mean, for an individual game, yeah, that's the best. But, I mean, the only things that I can really compare this to... Um, so like a top top player, like be maybe like John Elway's last game, or Barry Sanders going over two thousand yards in his last game, or Bill Bill Russell winning like what was it like nine titles in eleven years? I think he retired as a champion. I think it was like, eight and eleven, good. but yeah, that's still ridiculous. Right. But yeah, John Elway. I mean, I guess you know Cal Ripken, but that was like the All Star game. He had a home run. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's definitely up there. Yep. You know, in terms of final appearances, I mean, the NBA is kind of different than, say, the NFL because, you know, you remember Brady or, you know, Manning's going to be, you know, winning a Super Bowl and retiring. But uh, like it, to play that well in the last game, you have to play well. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like Manning didn't, Manning didn't even play well. He kind of got lucky that his uh, defense is so good. Yeah, and if I'm Kevin Durant and I'm watching that with all the stars and the hype in L.A., I mean, exactly. that definitely helped kind of bring back, you know, Showtime. Well, you know, what's, what's interesting, one of the biggest cheerleaders for Kobe at this game, surprisingly, was Shaquille O'Neal. He was there acting, acting like the two of them were best friends. And I, I was kind of surprised to see that. I wasn't that surprised to see he was there, but... Uh, with, with how much he was there around Kobe and talking to him and acting like his best buddy, do you, do you think that, that Shaq has gotten over the, the, the animosity he had with Kobe? It, I mean, it was reported years ago that they had uh, became friendlier. That was what was said, at least in the press, that it wasn't like that night was the first time. Um, and I, I, I recall through the years in the press that they've made complimentary, you know, little statements. Um, you know, what he did, I mean, you, I guess, and I, you know, I, I remember this from back in the day, but you know, this was still before social media. Do you know what really alienated the two? Do you know what, what the exact moment was that really alienated them beyond repair? No. When Kobe got arrested. Oh, uh, and he said for, it. Shaq, he said Shaq does he, it all the time. He, 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 well, no, he didn't say that Shaq was raping. No, white no, but girls. That, that he paid. He, he paid off that, women. Yes, he said yeah. that Shaq, and it came out that. That Shaq, who was in a relationship or maybe even married, uh, was openly cheating on his wife and paying off people to be quiet, and he told detectives that, and it got back to Shaq. And uh, you know, it's kind of strange. You know, Kobe didn't really take a lot of heat for that, more than he probably should have. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I read that, I was like, "Wow, I can't believe he said that." <laughs> yeah. Um, right, but that's another social media thing. If that happened now, that would have been everywhere. 
but you know the the thing, the other thing about Shaq, he always has loved just being, you know, in the center of. Well, of that's what I was thinking when I was watching and, this. You know, even if he still like privately behind closed doors would tell somebody that guy's a jerk off, he still would have gone to this big hurrah and had the light, the spotlight on him, and you know, it's really hard to to truly understand or even guess how Shaq. Or even how they both feel about it. Well, that's, that's what I was thinking when Shaq was there. I'm thinking, I wonder if Shaq's just here kind of for himself to, to be part of the moment rather than uh, because he's supporting Kobe or that he likes Kobe now. Just that this is a moment he can be part of and, and be part of in the spotlight, and he wants to be there for it. I mean, how many uh, – I think Kobe got the better of him, right? Did, uh, how many ti- – I know Shaq won one more title after the break. Five to four. Yeah, five he to won four. It with, he won it with the Heat. Yeah, that was with it. With Dwayne Wade, and did Kobe win two? Kobe two, won two more. Yes, two more. Okay, so I guess maybe you could even say Kobe got the better end of it. But if they would have been kept together, you probably have two or three more. Yeah. Yeah, but Shaq has, Shaq has three Finals MVPs. Yeah, definitely Shaq left too early. It was too. I, I really hated to see that happen as a Lakers fan. I, Shaq still had uh, plenty left at that point. Uh, Kobe had good points of what he was unhappy about, that Shaq was uh, being too lazy in the offseason, getting fat. Uh, you kind of take a while. That's why get... he was predominantly hurt every season. Yeah, and so so he was. Uh, he had good points about this, but the thing is Shaq was still very dominant at that point in his career, and uh, you know, I know Kobe. He saw it as kind of almost like unfair because he he put so much work into it. He he, he was a very hard worker. He took everything so seriously, and Shaq didn't. Shaq went to the off season and didn't I mean, do crap. You know, we're sitting here and we we've, we've talked about and you know this is just because of injuries. This is a guy that took care of himself. That how much of a fail, you know, Kobe's last year was, and maybe people will remember it, you know, that way too. But think about someone like Shaq. Do you even? I mean, I know China because we, you know, China. And I talked about this, but Druff, do you even remember what a just? I mean, you want to talk about a shell of somebody? What a shell Shaq was his last season, his last two seasons. What his stats were, how ineffective he was. I mean, do you, Druff, do you remember where Shaq, what team he retired with? Um, was it Cleveland? No, it was the Boston Celtics. Oh, it was Boston. <laughs> Wasn't it Boston? Right, China. I think it was Boston. I'm pretty sure it was Boston. Yeah, at the, at the end he was he was uh, worthless. But. Yeah, and then I mean, then before that he was with Phoenix, and that that never went anywhere. And I mean, it just it was really really. He also, <coughs> he went through a he went through a big divorce, lost a ton of money, and like he's maybe still trying to make more money. Well, yeah, and you know, I I also uh, with Shaq. There were a few between the not keeping himself in shape in the off season and the fact that he was really just a he, he was, was a brute force. He, but he was taking so much of a beating because they put so many players on him, jump on him all the time. He was taking such a beating that I knew that his body wasn't going to hold. Between that and the bad conditioning, I knew he was someone who was going to really go downhill starting like age uh, thirty five or so, thirty five, thirty six. Yeah, just a side rule. I mean, he was listed at like two hundred and fifty, two seventy. Like, even in the heyday with those Lakers team, when he was in pretty good shape, he had to have been over 300 pounds. No, no, no. No, he, no, he was like 302 or something, but I never believed it. I, I always thought he was actually closer to 400. When they used to list Allen Iverson as six foot, 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that guy's five. Well, yeah, they always exaggerate. Seven. They always exaggerate the height, especially ones who are in the lower end of the spectrum there with the height. But, but they, but the, yeah, the weight for Shaq, I always laughed at that when he was like three o two, when he was showing three o two, and and he was definitely way more than that. One of my one of my favorite sayings, China, is big guys don't age well. <laughs> no shots, but uh, they they just generally don't. Somebody weighing three fifty yeah, uh, gonna. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that I uh, made my point. Yeah, he, he he retired as a Celtic. He went Magic Lakers. Then in a span of three years, went Heat, Suns, Cavaliers, Celtics. Yeah, I forgot about the Celtics. <laughs> and uh, he was listed. It says here his listed weight. His final season was 325 pounds. Um, I mean, he's been There's out of the no league. Way. He's been out of the league for five years, and he's only 44. Uh. Four-time, I mean, yeah, I guess if you look at his stats, you know, four-time NBA champ, I mean, obviously, there's no doubt he's a Hall of Famer, 15-time All-Star, MVP, three-time NBA final, won four champions, uh, four four championships. I guess the only other thing that's kind of interesting, we talked about this as well, um, the the proposition was if, if you were starting a franchise, if you were, say, a GM or an owner of a team, and... All things are considered equal. You're getting both players, you know, when they're 18. Would you pick LeBron, an 18-year-old LeBron, or an 18-year-old Kobe? I, I, and I still believe this, even though other people tried to get me to change my viewpoint, I would pick an 18-year-old Kobe to lead my team over an 18-year-old LeBron. Uh, Druff, you went on record, I think, concurring with me as well. Yeah, I I did. I I feel that Kobe has more of the demeanor to, to be a champion. Yep. And I agree. Uh, and especially in the playoffs, it's it's really more of the player you want. He's got have that killer team. instinct. Yeah, he has. That, and you know that that's something. And, and you know what? You can like Kobe, not like him, but I respected him for this. I think him and Michael Jordan are the only two people that uh, in NBA. You know, I guess in, in my generation that I've looked at and I've just said that that they're so vicious, they're so vindictive. The only thing they care about, no matter what the cost is, is winning. And, and I think they're the only two. That had that that edge that just you know they'd punch somebody in the face if they had to. They just, you, you, you know what's funny? You know who's the opposite of this? And part of the reason they, they they didn't work together. Dwight Howard was the opposite. He was like so not a champion. He was someone who who could put up some some pretty good stats and and uh, and and you could see a lot of upside with him. But he just wasn't a champion. He was just someone who wasn't going to get it done and wasn't going to get all the way through and and uh, um and and lead he's, a team to the and lead a team to win the finals. He's already on the downs. What, what about Tim Duncan? Tim Duncan, uh, yeah, he's he's actually been he has five championships. Yeah, but he was actually he had a, a great coach and uh, and was uh, surrounded by a lot of. He never players. would have won those championships. I mean, if he didn't have Tony. Pa- I mean, the first championship he had, you have to remember, he still had David Robinson, although that was at the end of his career. Uh, but he's won with like five different casts. Well, like, yeah, and what was most I mean, amazing with him is that he's... No, but four of those championships have still been the big three. Ginobili, Parker, and, and Duncan. I mean, when well, you say he, different yeah, casts... But every, cha- but every team that's won a championship has people like that. I mean, Kobe had Lamar Odom, Paul Gasol, you had uh, Shaq, Shaq had Dwayne Wade. Everybody's got somebody. Well, yeah, I'm, I, not, I'm not saying that, that Tim Duncan isn't a champ. I'm just saying that I... Five-time <laughs> champion. Yeah, I know. Well, but I don't. What is your point? You're saying because I said that Kobe, to me, had that 
just killer instinct that I mean, do I think well, Tim Duncan? Duncan, Duncan should be in there. That I, I think too. In terms of picking somebody when they were young to be the cornerstone, is that what you're saying, or just? I would probably take him or Shaq over Kobe or LeBron. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Though, though, though you know, and, and as Duncan, he did have the advantage. He also had a, a great coach. He was under here. You know, Popovich is such a good coach, and uh, uh, and and they, they had a, a lot of good pieces. And that t- they're a great uh, front office for that team. He had a lot of advantages there. I'm not. I'm not taking away from from Duncan's accomplishments. And one of the most amazing thing for Duncan was how long he was effective. He's 40 now. Uh, so, right. so the fact that, so finally this year he went downhill some, but, but up till the, up through last year, he was still very effective and that's amazing. Uh, especially a, a big guy like that to be at 39, still, still so effective. And then at four, almost 40, he, he wasn't the same player anymore, but he was still contributing some. He was, this is really one who, who aged well in the NBA. He's Maybe widely regarded. Like, go ahead. Yeah, he's widely regarded as the best power forward of all time by just about any, like basketball people, you know. I don't know. I, 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 it's not to have anything against him. I don't. He's a he's a fucking first ballot Hall of Famer. In my eyes, in my generation, I think the best power forward, in my opinion, I'd go with Carl Malone. What about Kevin Garnett? I'm still going with Carl Malone. Carl Malone, yeah, efficiency wise, he's very good. I mean, I mean, but you're asking, it's like picking the best kind of lobster, you know what I mean? They're all just stellar. Sure. It's just, I guess it's almost a personal choice, you know? It's not, I mean, it's just something I, I, to debate. Uh, Carl, Kevin just, Garnett, you know, fucking, he's still give me playing. Shaq, give me Shaq over anybody because he's just he was just unguardable. He's just that much of a force. Well, yeah, during, during his prime, he, re- he really was a huge force. Uh and I, and, you know, being a Lakers fan. But he was fan, always a liability at the end of the game because of the free throws. Yeah, the free throws were a little bit of a problem, though. I will say, when he was in his prime, it was such a big difference when he was on the floor versus when he wasn't, on both ends, on the defensive end and the offensive end. Just to have him there in the center, it, it really made a huge difference. And uh, uh, that that was a, a very big factor for the Lakers. The, but the, just there weren't as many years where he was super effective like that as there were with some of these other even with Kobe. He had a longer time of being effective, even with him going downhill. Kobe's problem was that he was—he uh, started at 18, and uh, eventually his body just took so much wear that it started to break down. But even Shaq, when he was so dominant, he never had that killer instinct. He was always kind of goofy and laughing. He didn't seem to take it personal if he lost. That's what I mean. He just didn't have that that next level. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't think he could have won. You know, if you would have put. I don't know Paul Gasol around him, and you would have put you know Brian Shaw, all those Laker you know great role players uh, along you know Rick Fox along you know with with Shaquille minus Kobe Bryant. I don't think they win four championships. No, he, he did need Kobe Bryant. That's why if you go back uh, when before Kobe Bryant had really developed enough in the. Uh, before the ninety nine two thousand season, the Lakers were were getting beaten by the Jazz every time in the playoffs because they uh, uh, Shaq himself wasn't enough. But, but here's uh, here's some texts we got from the five one two. Duncan was ten times more coachable than Kobe. Lakers had Phil Jackson. What the fuck are you talking about? I, I can t- I still I think Popovich was a, a better coach than Phil Jackson. I think Phil Jackson. Yeah, there's another thing about Popovich never coached before he got Duncan. I don't think. What do you Did mean, you like, Kramer, Phil, Jabbar, 
didn't Kareem Abdul-Jabbar come out this year saying that Duncan had a better career than than Kobe? Did he? I, I mean, the greatest Laker of them all. I didn't. Well, I know he came out and said that uh, something along the lines that Oscar Robinson or somebody that was old school would, would crush. Stephon Curry, which kind of is a weird comparison. Uh-oh. They all made news for like saying the old school would have. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the older players have been criticizing Curry. I don't, I, I don't remember that about Duncan, but maybe you're right. I don't know. I, I think uh, you know it's funny. A lot of these older players, uh, I, I think, kind of resent Curry. They want to believe that uh, he's only succeeding because uh, the players in the current NBA suck, and that he would have gotten crushed back then. But I, I think I a will lot of say these... this now: we're seeing, without a doubt, the peak of Curry. There's no way because of his body. His weight and the, the fact he's already becoming injury prone. There's no way you're he's, you're going to see somebody be able to maintain this for five, six, seven years. Well, his it's ankles not, are the problem. He's always had ankle yeah. problems. That's it's just not going to happen. I mean, I'm, and he's he's an he's an amazing player. He's awesome. But I'm just saying the level, you know, the expectations, the numbers, the performances that he's put up. Uh, I mean, it's, it's enormous expectations well, to it, even it, think he can match. For the next half decade, he, he might match it for agree? a while. I think he can match it for a while, provided his ankle doesn't uh, flare up. He's been having uh, he's been having a lot of problems with his ankles, and he, he's only uh, twenty eight years old. So, if the, if that eventually becomes more and more problematic, then you may see a very premature end to to Curry. I mean, to shoot four hundred plus threes in a year. Uh, uh, yeah, I just I. I mean, what, you guys think that this is just going to continue? Well, I, I mean, think China, the, what the, do you, you, China? What do you think? You think three, five years he's going to remain this dominant, or you think he's peaking if, right if now? He, if they can keep the same team there, like m- the majority of it, it just like Druff said, if he's he- if that ankle is healthy and he's healthy, yeah, I don't see why he couldn't even get better than he is now. Really, and he the, the the amazing talent he has more than anything is making some super distant three pointers regularly. That he just makes the, he's not someone who who has to hug the three point line. That he can be he can be way back there and make uh, shots they don't expect him to, to surprise them with. So it's really uh, uh, he really has a lot more options of where to shoot from and and and, and still make shots. And it's. It's really amazing the the shooting he does, and I, that I don't see going downhill in the next in the coming years, provided that he stays healthy. But here, you know, I I want to from the nine one six we had a complaint that uh, sports talk sucks. I want to I want to do something we were talking about earlier, but uh, we forgot, and we had a request for. We'll see if this works. We're going to call. Uh oh. The number you dialed is not oh, a so working number. I'm try a different. Please check the number and dial number. again. I was trying to call up a, a one of those IRS scams, but I guess you can't call into it. I guess it only calls you. But let me. I have one other number for the IRS. Let's see if I can fake IRS. That is. Let's see if I can call uh, another fake IRS. So can, I can try to Google them. I, I have to kind of wanted to reach one of these people and pretend I'm calling them back. But uh, let me see here. The one I just tried to call there was obviously a phony caller ID. So. Okay, here I have another one. This was given to me by uh, Gamblebot Chaped, Chafed Penis. That's the one. He, not Gamblebot, but his Chafed Penis. So let's, uh, let's try to call this one. The 304, a fake IRS. Ugh. The number you dialed is not a working... Damn it. 
Well, people, I'm not going to keep dialing these, but if you if you have a number that you can call into, that's to return a call from the phony IRS. This is the IRS scam where foreigners call you up, usually Indians, and say they're from the IRS and you're about to go to jail for unpaid taxes and you have to pay them immediately. And you know, people, especially senior citizens, fall for it. Uh, I, I love to prank call scammers like that for obvious reasons, and uh, so if you can find one of these, especially one that answers the phone late at night. I can even do it earlier in the show so we're not calling it a funny time. So, yeah, you know, send it to me, dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com or PM it to me, Dan Space Druff on the forum, and uh, or any kind of scammer phone number I can call. Uh, it was funny. I, I should have taken this number down. I was trying to go to the Coachella forum, this, you know, for the Coachella concert. I tried to go to their forum today and I mistyped something. And it ended up sending me to one of these phony, like, your computer is, is infected sites. Call this number to release it. And and I just closed it. I'm like, ah, I should have written down that number for, for radio. But, uh, yeah, any, any of these scammer phone numbers, I like, I like to call into and screw with them. I, I like to call that guilt-free prank calling. Because uh, you know you're doing a good thing by wasting their time and screwing with them. Here, I just got to... Message from Bobby Orr. Let's see if it's giving me a phone. No, he says the same, we have the same scam going on in Canada. Yeah, I know you do. I, I have a, a Canadian friend who's uh, no, Brandon's not a girl, but he he uh, he posts about these calls. He gets a lot of calls from uh, like that and fake calls from Microsoft and other things like that. And he's in Canada and he gets tons of that stuff, much more than I do. So they uh, they they like to hit the Americans and the Canadians and. I, I've always wondered why they, they – I think the U.S. government could do more to clamp down on this, even if they can't get the scammers themselves in their country of origin, just by uh, making certain, making it difficult from the financial perspective where it's, it's difficult to send money to countries where this typically takes place and uh, even put some restrictions on the banks or, or punish them for processing too many of these transactions. Something like that. Where, where, because if believe me, if they if they cut off the money that way, these scams are going to stop. They just haven't put the proper effort into doing it. And, and same with shutting off, you know, eight hundred numbers that are used to call back into. These should be able to shut down very quickly. There should there there could be a lot more done to stop these than than there currently is, especially from the standpoint of sending money, like the the old Nigerian scam. Like how hard would it have been because of how prevalent this was to just Stop money being sent to Nigeria. Just, just stop it. Just disallow it, or disallow it without uh, a, a bank officer's approval. Something like that. So this way, if someone is comes it in, even worth? Is it worth putting the resources into that? Do you think? Yeah, just to put, put an end to the problem so it doesn't spiral out of control. Especially because it victimizes, it victimizes people uh, like like seniors and others who uh, um, can't afford to lose the money. It's, it's not like just like rich guys losing it who who, who will say, well. This sucks, but at least I could afford it. These are a lot of times seniors on fixed incomes, and they're they're uh, they're either just not all there mentally anymore, or they uh, uh, they get scared easily. Whatever it is, like the I, I feel so bad when I read a lot of these stories of of the the people who get victimized by this, and I just think there's not enough being done. I think it's too much being looked at as how do we catch the scammers? Well, you can't really do anything to them if they're in another country that's not taking the problem seriously. But but you can at least stop the flow like, of money. Like uh, Addis Ababa. Yeah, Addis Ababa, yeah. 
a lot of this, uh, like there really could be a lot more action in many ways that the government could take to put an end to this, and and they're just not. So, I, I think it's just uh, they, they think that just putting out bulletins. Okay, watch out if you get a request from a foreign person for money, and the IRS will never call you. Well, that's great. You you put out those bulletins, and it gets to the people who the people who see them are the ones who wouldn't fall for the scam anyway. Like you don't have to anybody who's listening to this show is probably not likely to fall for that type of scam. Everybody, every one of these listeners, I'm pretty confident if the fake IRS called you, you wouldn't send them a dime. I know everybody on this on this call right now would never fall for it. So when I get those, my, my thought is, damn it, I wish I was recording this right now. Like, that's always my first thought. You know, I don't get these calls. I was just thinking the same thing. Why is Why are you getting targeted? I don't ever get these calls. I I don't get that many, but I you know what I, I get the most of are the phony computer calls, and it's because Dell someone stole my information from Dell, which isn't hard because it's it's you know they have such a presence in India, so some some Indian there stole their database and sold it to other scammers or gave it to their brother who's scamming whatever. So for that reason, I get a lot of calls related to computer. I've never had the IRS one, though I have some friends who have, but I, I've never gotten that one. Uh, a lot of people that are getting targeted are like older people that still have landlines. You can just openly look those numbers up. Right, right. And sometimes they, they have a lot of info. Sometimes they have social security numbers and stuff. So they'll call up and say, hey, well, can I speak to whoever? Uh, you know, Can I speak to whatever name? The person, yeah, that's me. Okay, are you, is your social security number this? Do you live at this address? Where the IRS? So they sound very official, except the fact that they, they have foreign accents. In fact, I, I bet there would be an opportunity for Americans to travel to India and take part in these scams, I bet someone with an American accent would be very valuable to these scammers because that's the that's the one thing that kind of hurts them is you go, hey, hello, I'm calling from the IRS. Uh, you, you owe us very much money, my friend. Like, you know, then it becomes obvious to some people something might be wrong. But if if uh, an American sounding person is is making these calls, that would really be valuable. Uh oh, we just got a message here. Someone, I think someone's hanging up. Yeah, Trader Ruski finally had to go. Yeah, I saw something about awesome show. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Good. Well, hey, Druff, did you, Druff, did you see um, the forum that um, you need to buckle up already? Yeah. Okay. Well, I might as well read this, even though I, I saw this. Okay. This is a message from Marty. He's already uh, ta- he's he's already taking the gloves off. Yeah. yeah this is the the forum. He wrote, "Say what you will about Tide Poker." That's the name of the thread. But I always extended Todd respect to post on the site and had his back when it came to trolls. Well, I wouldn't say that all the time, but uh, kind of goes back and forth with Marty. Sometimes he's on my side, sometimes he's against me. Uh, usually more against me. When he called my radio show, I was always gracious and let him speak his piece. I don't appreciate calling into his fail cast and being hung up on within 10 seconds. Todd, you fucking suck at, at uh, relating to people, he says. Especially those who are far more interesting than you. No hard feelings. You just suck ass at, quote, radio. Hmm. He says, notice I put, quote, radio in quotes because your show is just a cringeworthy ego fest and a vehicle for you to massage your nutbag to the sound of your own voice. Such a lightweight. (laughs) 
Well, first of all, Marty, I, I want to thank you for the last line. I know you were criticizing me a lot in the, for most of the post, but at least calling me a lightweight at the end. I, I, I think Marty's trying to tell people that despite all this, he's impressed the fact that with the fact that uh, he thinks I've lost some weight. And uh, yeah, I, the truth is, I, I've, I've gained some back since I made an effort to lose some weight about three years ago. But I'm glad, Marty, you still think that I'm looking good, and uh, I appreciate that. Uh, as far as the rest of the post. So uh, what is it, the peace treaty's over now? Well, I, guess that's, I guess he's declaring it over. But look, here's the point, is that when I called into his radio show, it is true, he, he did let me speak my piece, and he was gracious, but I'll tell you who also was gracious, me. I didn't call in and come at him in an inflammatory manner. I didn't start criticizing him. I didn't blame him for any kind of technical problems with the phones. I, I called in and was very polite and uh, very cordial, and that's why it was easy for him to be cordial back. What he doesn't realize is that he will call into this show and either be drunk or confrontational or both, and then is surprised when I don't react well to it. But I find it very stressful when he comes on here and he's very loud and, and he's very angry and very agitated and I, I, I just kind of feel like I'm dealing with this drunk guy at the bar that just wants to yell in my face for no reason. And I just don't want it on this show. So when I'm getting that impression that's what's going on, I, I just cut it off. And so but I think we all can agree, though, China Druff, he does bring the hits. Well, on the forum, he brings the hits. Uh, yeah. on, on the radio show, the problem is it, it – see, the fact that he puts a lot of his posts in Microsoft Word lockdown, which is what he refers to, where he actually, he actually does think before he makes his posts and sometimes, you know, he puts effort into his posts and takes time. And there, this for that reason – his posts can be a lot more entertaining than his radio calls where you just get the raw, drunk, angry Marty, which, which isn't nearly as fun or interesting. And, it's, uh, and it just becomes very kind of contentious, but not like fun contentious, just like, like an angry, drunk guy that's stressful to listen to contentious. And I just didn't want that here. And so when he called in and complained about the phones and giving the wrong phone number, I, I, at first I gave him the benefit of the doubt, and I, I explained to him that I didn't give anything wrong. It just turns out the, the main number was having problems taking multiple calls tonight, but, uh, but the Mount Charleston line worked. And a normal human being would have said back, okay, I, I didn't realize that. I didn't realize you didn't know that. Okay, no problem. Instead, he said, well, that, that's your problem. You should know these things. And he wasn't saying it in a jovial, joking manner. He was already coming to – confrontational and, and believe me the rest of the call would have had the same tone so i didn't want to let it go on for 10 minutes with shouting and screaming uh, i just i just didn't want that so that's why that's why i hung up on him later in the thread he called me a featherweight you both need to figure out how to make this relationship work and he, 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 the calling a couple weeks ago was great yeah but that's rare i was just gonna say that, that's rare though see that's the problem is i give him back what he gives me and if he calls in and acts in a reasonable fashion then, then I, I don't uh, treat him badly. Then I, I lead, let him stay on the air for a long time. I don't uh, say anything derogatory. None, none of that stuff happens. It, it's Even if he disagrees with me, none of that stuff happens. What, when it happens is when he calls in drunk and angry and, and, and tries to dominate the whole phone call and tries to yell at me constantly and uh, often nonsensically. It, it just doesn't make good radio. It just gets everyone stressed to listen to. It gets me stressed to listen to, and I, I just don't want it. Like It's... it's, it's he thinks that I can't take him being on and, and uh, giving me a debate about something. It's not like that. I just want uh, – it, it's got to be at least a semi-respectful call. And, and when we're already starting off with uh, falsely accusing me of giving out wrong phone numbers and not uh, 
not being aware of, of, of problems that just crop up in the middle of the show and that somehow it's my fault. Like, you start off that way, I don't want to hear more from you. So having said all that, gotten that off your chest, would you be welcome? Would you welcome another call from him? I'm sure he's heard what you've had to say. Well, uh, yes and no. I, I, I another time, yes, but tonight I'm sure he's even drunker. He's no. made like he's made like 13 posts in a row on the, on the thread there. Uh, I'm not even kidding. So, like, we're going to get the same anger and calling me a lightweight. Well, that's the only good thing he said. But he'll he'll be uh, telling me I'm afraid to debate him. Uh, it'll be the same thing you guys have heard for years on here. And and I now China China's kind of like uh, Switzerland. He's neutral. You know, he's, he's friends of everyone in the family. China, what are your thoughts on all this? What's the solution? So we all can just coexist in our early forties and fifties peacefully. Um, I, I, I honestly, I, I don't, I don't know what the solution is. I know it. I know the solution. The solution is Marty. When you want to call in, one, don't be drunk, and two, uh, call in and act respectfully. Don't come in. You know, yelling at me about the phones, especially you know, I, ma- I made an effort to make sure we get your call through, which I did. Uh, just, just come respectfully, and a lot of that is related to your sobriety. If you if you get super hammered before you call in, you're going to be angry. You seem to be an angry drunk, and and that leads to all the problems. I, I think if you call in sober, or at least mostly sober, then I think we're going to do a lot better. Yeah, Druff, that's when you start. Um... You start hitting the buttons on all the sound effects is when he's, like, really drinking, right? Right. Well, see, see, that's another thing he's got to understand is I hit the sound effects because he's being so ridiculous. Rather than giving a serious response to the ridiculousness, uh, I, I play ridiculous sound effects instead. Well, this is what I think. I don't think there's any need for a full-blown-out – what would it even be? War, war number 15? I mean, who can keep track? No, a lot more than 15. I think we should just stop talking about it. I think – that if he says his intentions were to just call and he was kidding with you, that's what he texts me, that we shouldn't let this escalate. We should, yeah. uh... Yeah. Do you agree, China everybody Maniac? Just needs, everybody just needs to be positive. Yeah. And maybe it's just time to call to the show. We've been on now six hours. I'm exhausted. Well, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I'm, tired. I'm not looking to start a whole... Uh, War with Marty or have to ban him on the forum. I, I don't want to do any of that. In fact, I will say something positive about him, and that is in his return to the forum up until tonight where he did the thread talking about me for 13 posts in a row. Uh, prior to that, he made good posts on the forum that everyone liked. In fact, I think what he doesn't realize, and I hope the same The forum has been much better since he came back. Yeah, and uh, this is what I think he doesn't realize. I think he doesn't realize that what people are tired of is, is seeing the trolling of me and, and also just angry negativity against others. I think what people like are his life stories, things that are going on with him, uh, things that are happening in his everyday life. And people like those type of posts. They don't like the angry trolling against uh, other members here, especially the the super focused Like how he's been me. crushing the cash games live. Yeah, they, people like those stories. That those that He gets like a big, long train of green rep for that, uh, where, where he doesn't go over that well is where there's the... Uh, the, the angry posts where he's trying to troll someone. Well, maybe there's me. a compromise somewhere in the middle. Maybe you can pay him to post like you did before. <laughs> yeah, of this shows uh, after this, you know, the site has such a large budget. Yeah. Well, I just don't want to see a war. Actually, I, I never know, paid him to post. Been it, happy. It was and, actually and, Poker News paid him to post. Yeah, so. I know. 
and maybe he'll just hopefully wake up tomorrow and be positive, and you're positive, and this won't go any further. Yeah, okay, here, let's, let's see some other text messages here. We got from the 512, I, I hate to contradict what I just said here, but uh, I'll read it anyway. Anyway. He said, uh, I like the Todd trolling. This is from the 512. From from 916, uh, this isn't very nice. Tell China he has a woman's name and that WWF China just died today. Well, we already talked about uh, that China. But no, this is China Maniac, C-H-I-N-A Maniac. And it's not uh, it's not just the name China. He used to host the Zomblitz. He did. That's, that's a little known fact. Uh, from the 505 saying, Bipolar Marty at it again. Yeah, that guy gets it. Uh, from... The 650, uh, can't wait to go to Vegas to get my virtual reality porno in my hotel room. Now, which which hotel room would that be? Wherever C-Money's at. So, hey, so Marty, he brings the he brings the hits on the text line, too, huh? Yeah, I guess, yeah. I guess he does. You know, uh, virtual reality porn. Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day. Not about virtual reality porn specifically, but I was thinking about, like, in the future, in, in the... 50 years from now, 100 years from now, I probably won't be alive to see this stuff. But And if I am, I'll probably be too old to appreciate it. But uh, think of when there will be technology good enough to not just watch porn, but to kind of like be part of it in some way, even without physically being there. And, uh, you know, like, like you could be part of the porn film from your own home and actually feel like you're having sex with the porn oh, star. Oh, oh. I'm glad you just said that. There's something I wanted to post on the fraud site, yeah. but I didn't. I didn't post it. But I remember saying, "Well, you know, what? I'm going to bring this up on radio." There's been a lot of controversy in the porn world, guys, as of late, because uh, Brie Olson has started a GoFundMe campaign to enter rehab. Hmm. Have you guys heard of this? Has been all over the news. It even made like Good Morning America. You guys heard this? No. Somebody go Google it. And, and so anyhow, she's basically saying she's all fucked up because of the porn industry, because of Charlie Sheen. She's afraid to leave her house. Uh, and she's hooked on uh, benzos, which uh, are the class of drugs that like Xanax are in. And Didn't everyone, didn't everyone do those? Yes. Yes, I thought. And she started a GoFundMe campaign to raise $50,000 to enter rehab. But people are calling shenanigans. I mean, like anything else, some people take her side. And her real name is Rachel something. I don't know. It's not Brie Olson. Some people are taking her side. And others are saying, bitch, you got a house. You have a Mercedes. Sell that shit. You know, they're kind of pissed that she's begging for money. She apparently has some assets. Her listed net worth is like four or five million. She's claiming she's broke and, and is in poverty. Uh, anyhow, it's a very interesting read. Uh, she wrote this long thing in, in, on her GoFundMe page about what pornography did to her. Uh, who knows if it's honest? I guess everyone, or if, if she, her it's probably words semi, are sincere. Probably semi-honest. Everyone, I guess, needs to read it themselves and, and come to their own conclusion. But anyhow, it's, it's been all over the news the last week. Um, and, you know, for those that don't really know, uh, you know, she's a porn star. I mean, she was pretty prevalent five, six years ago, and then more prevalent in recent days or years because she was one of the goddesses that lived with Charlie Sheen during his meltdown, and apparently she claims he was infected with uh, HIV, 
uh, when they were together, although she claims she never, uh, you know, it was never transmitted to her. And I guess she also claims she used uh, condoms when, when they had intercourse. But either way, I meant to write a thread about it because it's kind of interesting. I noticed there was no uh, airtime or you know, no mention of it on PFA. But, I don't know, whenever you guys have a look or if anyone's listening, I, it's kind of an interesting read. I don't like most GoFundMe campaigns, I, I, not, and not just uh, our individual friend who uh, likes Bitcoins who had one. I, I don't like them in general. I, I think for the most part, people are asking for money for something that uh, should really be their responsibility to pay for. Uh, where I could understand GoFundMe would be, yeah, someone has a a true family tragedy that, and, and they're really poor and, and can't pay for it. Uh, the guy that got killed... Excuse me. The guy that got killed, uh, that was in the the high roller thing. You know, I'm talking about the high yeah, roller yeah. sex romp. They started a GoFundMe campaign for his funeral, and they're all fighting back and forth. Yeah, that and was that was another. Did you one. read that? Yeah, that was interesting. I actually posted all those. He had like four different women in his life, and yeah, they're all fighting. Yes, and <laughs> <laughs> like four different women at the same time. Yeah. So. Right, like most of the GoFundMe thing, they're either scams or people who are just being selfish and asking for money for things that are really their own responsibility to be paying for, and that the public shouldn't be paying for them. And, and they they pitch it in a, in in a misleading or uh, manipulative way to try to guilt you into giving them money for it. And uh, or, or there's people who who can afford something that uh, they're asking the public to pay for, which, now, which is ridiculous. It's been suggested to me in Texas by multiple people. That I start my first GoFundMe account to get Drexel's new laptop with a stereo mixer, but I, I have so far resisted the urge to do so. People really want the, uh, you know, uh, into the night show. You know, you know and, I know, and you know what? I I could even start one if I want. I could start a GoFundMe and say, "Hey, Poker Fraud Alert loses every uh, money every." Uh, every month, uh, if you enjoy what Poker Fraud Alert's about, and you like the radio show, uh, c- can you donate so at least I break even every month? So we could like, chop it, maybe even go to Pollo Loco. Yeah, change. <laughs> I could, and I can get chicken that I won't talk about. But yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't do it because I, I just would feel like a beggar doing that. I, I just I, I just don't do it. It for would that tarnish reason. your name. It would. Like if David it, Baker wouldn't like it. Yeah, David Baker would really make fun of it. Now, look, the, the point is that if if I was broke. And that was the only way for me to continue running Poker Fraud Alert. I'm like, well, damn, I can't afford this. So the only way I can continue taking this loss every month is if others cover it. Then I, I would swallow my pride and do it because it's either shut the site down or run this. But but if if I can pay for it and and not uh, suffer really really any kind of tangible way, which which is the case, and it's not a whole lot of money that that I'm down every month on this, then I'm just going to pay it and and not worry about it. And that's and that's. But I, I've seen like even these. Uh, one of these poker documentaries, I forgot what the damn thing was called. Uh, this one that they interviewed like high stakes players or something. What, what was it called? Uh, I think the guy who was behind the micros did it. I remember. I can't oh. think of the name. I know what you're talking about. Whatever that's. China, do you know? Was this. I mean, you know. Yeah, I thought maybe China would know this. He follows a global poker. China? China? Said, I think we lost him. Mm. Well, I can't remember. Okay, well, anyway. Uh, the, the the thing is that uh, whatever that was, they were asking for money on GoFundMe, and th- this was this was like 
the guys who were putting this on were very successful high-limit players for a long time who uh, I think they had since quit playing poker, but they made a lot of money in poker. So, so now we've and, – and they were selling it for commercially too. They weren't just giving it away for free. You had to buy this film. So I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. They're selling the film that they're going to make. These guys made a whole lot of money in poker. They, now they're asking us to pay for their documentary too? They're, they're asking us to pay them to make this and then sell back to us? So I, I thought this is very cheesy to do that. So I, it's like that type of thing. Even even our, our Bitcoin friend there, uh, when, when he runs an illegal online poker site, makes a lot of money from it, gets in trouble when he knew the risk the whole time, keeps all the money he made, uh, and, then, and then wants people to pay for his legal fees. Well, pay for their legal fees with uh, all the money you made from this illegal poker site that none of us ran because yeah. we didn't I want to run an illegal poker. Way. Like, you know, like, like don't do that. If you... If you want to run How much it, did he end up cashing out that whole deal? Oh, I think a lot. I don't know. It but wasn't a lot. It was like, what, 5000 4000 It wasn't oh, nearly no, what he Oh, asked. no, I, th- I thought you meant the site. No, 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 no. The, yeah, on the no, GoFundMe, I'm talking about the GoFundMe. Yeah, the GoFundMe, he got like 4000 I think 1000 was his own that he put in anonymously, too. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I, I think most of these uh, GoFundMe campaigns are BS in some way or another. And they count on... What is surprisingly to me, the generosity of the general public. I never knew how generous the general public was until I uh, until I was involved with this show, and I saw all the donations to the free roll that people were making. And I'm not believe me, I'm not criticizing anyone who's donating to the free roll. I think it's great. Uh, in fact, it, it opened my eyes a little bit to to how people are just. Willing to, to open their wallet. And these aren't large sums of money, but people there's a, some people who donate all the time. That that if you add it all up, it actually adds up to some real money. And uh, even those who who just donate occasionally, people who are, are happy to donate some just because they they like to to help it. And I I, I think that's great. I think that's very nice, and it says something nice about human nature. But unfortunately. Uh, People take advantage of that, and I would never take advantage of it, but there's, there's in other aspects of life, there's people who take advantage of that general generosity that people have, and people are doing things to that are well-meaning and, and give money to people or causes that they think are uh, truly going to help something or someone, and in reality, they're being taken advantage of, and I think that's too bad. So the, the majority of that stuff, I think, is, uh, is pretty crappy. Every once in a while, I come across one that I... Th- Think is legitimate, and I think it's uh, understandable why why people are uh, are asking for. It. You know, I it's I have a friend who uh, had a GoFundMe, and I had mixed feelings about this one. And yes, Brandon, it's an, it's another girl, but she she had a uh, a vision problem. She's had to wear thick glasses her whole life, and she she needed some surgery. It's not like your typical laser surgery; it was some kind of uh, actual problem. Bad corneas, maybe. I, I don't even remember what it was, but she she needed some surgery to correct it, and uh, I, I think she she hasn't even been able to drive for that reason. She takes the bus or rides her bike everywhere, and she she's. You, gonna, her, you met her on the talk lines, right? No, no. Oh. But but anyway, I, I never dated her. By the way, it's just someone I know. But anyway, she she put a GoFundMe out saying that her insurance company ruled it as cosmetic. And therefore, she needs you know, such and such thousand dollars to complete the surgery on her own dime, and you know she can't afford it. And it's true; she didn't have much money. She uh, she she works a pretty low-paying job. So, you know, on one hand, she really can't afford it, 
And she really, this is something she really needs. She's not saying, oh, let me have a nose job to look better. Like, this is, you know, something to help her see better. But at the same time, I asked her, I said, I was even considering donating to this. And I said, well, the insurance company, like, how hard have you tried to fight this? Have you appealed it? Have you uh, talked to anyone? You know, I can give you some advice. She, she wasn't that interested in doing that. She wasn't that interested in fighting the insurance company. She kind of just wanted everyone to just, well, okay, I failed with the insurance. Now I'll just let some, you know, everyone else pay for it. So, like, on one hand, I thought it was kind of a good cause. On the other hand, I thought she didn't try hard enough to fight the insurance companies. I think before you ask anyone to give money like that, you should exhaust every possibility with the insurance company and make sure they are absolutely saying no. And She's I felt raised $18,000 in six days. Who has? Uh, oh, Brie Olson? Rachel... What's oh, Rachel. Name. Brielle's. Uh, Rachel Oberlin. Mm. And uh, well, yeah, high-profile people always raise a lot of that. Of course. But uh, but see, I never, I never, never ended up giving any money to that girl. In fact, I told her in, in lieu of money, uh, I, I said, uh, you know, if you need some help and some advice with uh, fighting the insurance company on this, I, I can help you with that. And she just didn't seem to. She's like, oh yeah, sure, I'll get back to you, and never did. So, like. It's it's I've got to see, before I donate to anything like that, like I've I've got to see a, a real legitimate effort to pay in some other way, like the, like the get the insurance to pay. But it seems like people kind of give up too easily and just default to oh I'll get GoFundMe to pay. The movie was Bet Ray's Fold. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Moon Girl. Uh, I think some of the people who gave to that movie as an example, they just wanted for a small amount of money. You feel like you're affiliated with. A movie, um, I don't know, Micon, just to be associated with that whole drama for ten bucks, you know. It, well, yeah, the people who so, donate to it, I don't. I'm not really criticizing them. I'm criticizing those who are asking for it. So, I'm, I'm, like the, with the Bet Race Fold guys, uh, I just think they shouldn't have asked for it in the first place. The people who actually gave money to it, uh, th- that's just them being generous. And I don't, uh, even though I, I didn't do it myself and, and wouldn't give it myself, like. I don't blame those who are giving money, more of those who are asking for it. So, uh, but thank you for the, the name of that movie. I was, uh, it has escaped me for a while. The... Marty needs to do a GoFundMe for that book. The kid <laughs> has a book in him. I'm telling you. Yeah, you know, if uh, he actually might, and, and something else he could do if he ever would be willing to come back to Vegas, if he were to say on Poker Fraud Alert, I'm going to come to Vegas for the seniors event, which he qualifies for now because he's over 50. He's he's uh, 50, 51 now. If if he wanted to play this World Series seniors event, he could. If he's and I think it's a thousand dollar buy-in. I'm sure people on Poker Fraud Alert would stake him, not necessarily give it to him, but they'd stake him for this thousand dollars. Just just even for the lulls of seeing him play the seniors event. Just just the especially if if he committed to type up a full report uh, like every day. Or, Wait, huh? You're, you're going to stake Marty? No, I'm not. I'm just saying that. Oh. Uh, I'm saying that if he asked for this on the site, I bet he could raise a thousand dollars. But but I've asked him before if he wants to come play it. Not that I was going to pay for it, but if, but if if he wants to come play that, and he said no, 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 I'm never coming back to Vegas. It's a shithole. I'm never coming back. So he's very emphatic that he will not return to Vegas. Marty, so that that's out. But I, honestly, I think he could raise it, and and, and you know, provided he's not banned, he, he's welcome to uh, to do what to play in what event? The, the seniors of I'm sure, he's I'm well- sure our generous benefactor. He offered the, the benefactor offered to 
put both you guys in the tag team for the lulls. <laughs> he, he really would. I of know. course he would. But even if not just that person, it could be it could be uh, several people together that stake him. So I, I bet I bet people would easily stake him for this thousand dollar seniors event. And I, I'm thinking, why not? Like he has some effort to get to Vegas, but he's already back in the states. Uh, I think he's in Northern California now and visiting his mom or whatever. So you know, he could always drive down to Vegas uh, in a month and a half and uh, go to the World Series. I, I'm I, I'm surprised he doesn't take advantage of that. Because, yeah, what, what if he had a big score? You know, he's he's hit some tournaments online. He could he could. Uh, he could conceivably win or or uh, do well in one of these. So, I, so her her Brie Olson's money got frozen by GoFundMe <laughs> because she was doing webcamming. Oh, really? At the same time while raising this money, so she was told that she had to stop webcamming. Although it was you know legal, like it's not. I guess webcamming isn't legal business, but she had to stop webcamming until the campaign. The GoFundMe campaign was over. So what was that? Like you give a certain amount, she does a personal webcamming? No, no, no. She just was doing that as her day job, like to still grind money. But she wrote that she can't do webcamming right now because GoFundMe would view anything as adult-related being a violation of terms of service while the campaign is going. Mm -hmm. They've already froze the donations Uh, once. Oh, I see what they're saying. And they thought the thank you videos I was sending were porn. But they're not. I, I, I get – you know, I think they're concerned about is on, on campsites, sometimes uh, the cam models will say like, oh, here's my Amazon wish list. Buy me this and that and, and you know, then I'll do, these, I'll, I'll do favors for you. So they're, they're probably worried that on whatever campsite she's on that she's selling like private sessions in exchange for donate to my GoFundMe campaign. And there's just – like so she's not explicitly saying it on there. Oh, I think we lost Brandon. Try to put him back here. So it's just a vehicle for payment. Yeah, I think that's what they're worried. I'm not saying it is. Yeah. I can't get Brandon back; he's gone. But uh, yeah, I think that's what they're worried about. Is that uh, it's kind of like a backdoor way to sell her services and have them, you know, pay her on there. So I, I understand why they're putting a stop to Hello? that. Yeah, you're back. My, okay, I'm sorry. No, okay, and I get, and I guess adding to the confusion. And again, I just stumbled upon this somehow the other day, and I just spent a couple, maybe now or reading it because it's really long um, was the fact that she had different she set up a degree of donation levels in which you receive something whether it was like a newsletter I think the highest amount which was 500 or more you got a personalized thank you phone call from her but nothing was explicit or adult related it was you know a phone call an email uh, you know just depending on, I think it's like a twenty-five, and then five hundred, and high, the highest was like a personal phone call from her. Well, yeah, but I, um, I was mentioning to you, I was mentioning you may not have heard it because it got cut off Skype. I, I was just yeah. mentioning that a lot of these these webcam models use things like this to do a uh, like a backdoor way of payment, where they'll like on this campsite themselves, they'll say. Uh, um, uh, you know, you know, it'll make me really happy if you donate to my GoFundMe, and then anyone who does, then she gives them some kind of uh, private cam show, even if it's not explicitly stated right. on the GoFundMe. So that's what they're worried about. Yeah. And yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at her going... thing here. Yeah, it's weird. She's like jogging outside in the, yeah, in the snow. It's weird. That. Like, why even have that picture? Yeah, it was very strange. But you know what? I, I, that kind of bothers me. If she has a house and she can take out a second mortgage. I mean, I'm sure she's living as a. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't. Know, I don't. She like... made says she made over ten million dollars in her career. I mean, where did that money go? 
You know, so, so there are people that I'm reading that are claiming she has money and doesn't want to spend it. So things like that, as you mentioned with you know, the other example, that, that kind of tends to rub, rub me the wrong way. I mean, if, if you know. I'm not sure if I believe this story about, about uh, why it isn't covered by her, ins- her health insurance, too. It seems a little, a little bullshitty, too. Uh, I'd have to know more about her condition and all that. Like a, and, and specific- well, I mean, I know, you know we have a mutual friend that had a, a drug addiction problem and had a major health insurance company that he paid out of cash for every month. And he went all around Las Vegas and none of them, none of them were covered by the insurance or the insurance wouldn't cover it. And he had to pay out of cash for, you know, something very similar to her. You know, just the, the pill dependency okay. issues. So. Well, okay, so I, but still, here, here's the bottom line: is that if she, I don't have sympathy for anybody who <clears throat> is in an industry that's that's kind of a a difficult or high risk industry, but they knowingly get involved in, make a lot of money doing it. So it's not even like they tried and failed, but they make a lot of money doing it, and then in the process of doing it, develop bad habits because they find it stressful or whatever. Uh, get themselves into some sort of uh, trouble, and then want the public to to, to pay for them for, to uh, for rehab or, or 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 whatever else they need. Uh, if you make so much money from the porn industry, you can't criticize the porn industry. At that point, you've got to use whatever money you made. Well, you know what bothers me is part of her post. She's blaming society and saying that she's victimized because she's a, she was a porn star and she can't get a job representing a company or, you know, working somewhere where she's uh, in the spotlight because she feels like she's being discriminated. But again, this is what we were talking about earlier. I mean, really, is that the point we've reached that if I own a company, I don't want a former porn star as a face <laughs> of it or I mean that that I'm now discriminating like that's just insane. But it's so ridiculous. Post- she made so much money in porn. This is not like a failed porn star who who has to suffer the the dual indignity of one barely making any money and two everyone knowing her as a porn star. And she it's can't like Jenny Anderson. She's still grinding it out up there on her back. Yeah, somewhere. Like the point is, if you choose to get into this and are successful, then great. You're one of the few who had a, a, yeah. a real successful career in this. Well, okay, take the money you made with it and and uh, and and. Rest back and say, okay, I did well. Now I don't have to work again. If you were dumb enough to blow all the money or develop habits that uh, that, that, that ran through the money for you, then this is your own fault. The, the public should not be bailing you out of this. And, Do you remember uh, uh, like 2011, 2012 when Charlie Sheen had that meltdown and she couldn't just stop? You know, and this, She was still an adult. She's, I mean, she's 29 now, I think, so she was 26. She was prancing around, you know, on all those interviews as one of Charlie Sheen's goddesses, and it was the coolest thing. And you know what probably was? He was giving her, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars probably over the course of their relationship. And now the, that money wells, you know. Anyhow, I read the whole thing, and I wasn't moved by it. I'm sorry. And maybe people may think just because of my personality, they're surprised I should be moved, but I wasn't moved by any of no, it. No, I wasn't. I just like I was, If you guys want to read this, by the way, it's gofundme.com slash rehab for Brie Olson. And Olson is spelled O-L-S-O-N, and Brie is spelled B-R-E-E. So rehab for Brie Olson. It's all lowercase. Gofundme.com slash rehab for Brie Olson. Uh, raised uh, in just six days, as Brandon said, 18215 She's looking to raise fifty k. She probably will get it. And, and just in general, if you ever want to donate to GoFundMe, don't ever do it to celebrities or anybody who's 
kind of well known. Trust me, they never need the money, and if they do, it's their own fault. It's not. What's the rake on that, anyhow? I don't even know. I've wondered that too. It's gonna be like five percent, maybe. By the way, I found I found out something interesting recently. Uh, have you heard of the the webcam site uh, Chatterbait? I think it's the biggest one right I now. I know nothing about any of that. Okay, well, that's the, that's the big. There's been some discussions on. Uh, I would frost. never do that. I'd be so afraid that somebody would record me. No, 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 I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about you. It's a, well, you wouldn't be oh, a likely yeah. person unless, unless you wanted to do like gay camming. Uh, I thought the webcamming. I'm not to be explicit, but I thought webcamming was like you get like a porn star. And you're looking at her. She's looking at you. The guy jerks off. The girl plays with herself. Um, see each other. That's, that's you know what? what I always thought it no, was. No, that's right? not really what it is. It, it, that's a small subset of it. But for the most part, it's just the guy watching the girl and, and uh, some, sometimes going into private with her. And uh, and then uh, sometimes she'll watch him. But usually it's just uh, you know he says what he wants to see and she does that on cam and, and he, he pays or whatever or pays some kind of per minute fee so chatterbait is, is the biggest uh i think to my knowledge the the biggest webcamming site and uh the the, the they have various sections on there there's like a uh, women couples transsexuals uh men the men are really not aimed at women they're aimed at, at other men it's like a gay thing but so if you were to cam on there you'd be doing it for other guys but uh, but most of them. Have you ever done any of this? No, no. But the the, okay. the way I'm they've I, I I've I've looked at the site before because I've I've seen it talked about. I actually learned about it on Poker Fraud Alert, and I so I went to take a look at it. But uh, what do you pay like with a credit card or well, a, or you something? can you can watch them in, in the open rooms for free, but uh, but you you have to pay with a credit card to get like tokens to tip. You, you buy oh my tokens. God. So wait, just paying for it isn't enough. You have to tip online. But no, you don't. You don't no, you don't have. You, know, you don't have to pay. You can watch for free. You can go right now and watch whatever. Oh, candy but if you want. you want more, it's like a tease or something. Well, no. If you, you want to say like like uh, I, I want you to do this right now, you, you're supposed to. If you just demand it without paying, they just they'll either ban you or, or just won't listen to you. If but instead you like tip them fifty tokens and they'll do what you say, or you can go in private and and, and they'll are these them. mostly based in the, uh, the U.S. or are they like they're all over the place. Hand? They're all over the place. But but I, I guess some of them do pretty well. And uh, especially some guys just sit there tipping, 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 just uh, just to be nice or just to show off or whatever it is. So some of these girls make a lot of money. But I, I had wondered when I was seeing this go on, I was going, I wonder how much like they're keeping of each token because I, I forget how much each token costs. I think it's cost like ten cents per token or something. Uh, so like if somebody tipped like a hundred tokens, they'd be tip. It would cost them ten dollars. So. I had always wondered how much are the girls keeping and how much are uh, is the site keeping, and I I heard recently through the grapevine that it's half and half. But uh, that's that's yeah that's the the model these days is, if, with the camming is that girls get on there and uh, got kind of like in an open room and guys just keep tipping them and then there's also private chats where the guys pay like a per minute rate. And, and also tip there as well. I've ne- I'll tell you, I've never once paid one penny to any kind of campsite at any time. I mean, you'd be the last person I think would. <laughs> so... I mean, I'm just saying, you're, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're pretty too, tight I'm enough. Too, too Jewish not... to do that, yeah. So unless maybe there's some kind of bonus credit card thing you get out of it, <laughs> yeah, maybe to run up for credit card bonus whoring, but. 
yeah, I, it, I will say something. These girls, if if they're going to do this, provided that, you know, that they're not worried about uh, uh, someone seeing it and distributing it around or someone knowing them seeing it, uh, if it's a choice between that and prostitution, I, I'd have to say that is like a much more preferable choice because nobody actually has to see them or touch them, like in person. Well, of course. That's... So, but and I think I think some of them make a lot of money, like as much or more than than, than prostitutes who even do fairly well. So I think that's the that's the definitely the way to go if if you're going to go into that lifestyle. So it's. Uh, I don't know what's I I know what made me think of it the the Brie Olson thing so I I don't know what site she's on but I th- I think that's the biggest one there's a lot of these campsites Eric Ryland when he used to call into the show when he first moved to Vegas he claimed he got a lot of girls that he met in Vegas into the whole webcamming thing that he was like almost like the webcam pimp I don't know what he was getting out of it but I think he was like showing them how to work for themselves Are you talking about like webcam rakeback. Sort of like like he would get them into it and they'd give him some small commission or something out of what they were doing and he claimed he was making money that way I don't know but uh, he claimed that's what he was doing he wasn't doing webcamming himself you know you couldn't you couldn't uh, not with those eyebrows no you you couldn't go onto the eyebrow cam and see Eric Ryland's uh, eyebrows and his penis together like that wasn't going to happen but uh, he claimed he was getting girls into doing the camming so um, I mean I think. The, the the porn industry probably the worst thing that could happen to it at least in terms of like girls you know was the internet because you know I remember uh, you know to be honest when I was even in college they had these adult stores that had you know the VHS tapes and that you can rent and DVDs and now with the internet there's not no need I mean do they even make real porn movies anymore is everything just Basically, or I mean, I'm sure they do to some small extent, but I think they just do everything now and upload it on the internet. Everything's through the internet now. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, it is. Like just yeah, a lot of you know, is, yeah. the old way of just filming a movie with you know tape or you know, and then it just people would go out to get Jenna Jameson's latest movie. But now it's just like there's so many of these girls, and I kind of guess it's kind of hard just to even be a porn star. Like, I mean, you know, like, to break out and be mainstream, like, like who do you think of when you think of, you know, big porn stars, like, famous ones like, that have made millions? Like, I guess you think Jenna Jameson, yeah, of you, course. Yeah, think of her first, yeah. Yeah, you think Brie Olsen, because she was a named person, and I, I was never really attracted to her. I don't, I don't know. I mean, she's not ugly, but, uh, but now they're just so many, and, like, you see, like, these girls, and then they're kind of done. Like, look at someone, you know, like, uh, what's her name? Uh. Young Smooth. Look at someone like Jenny Anderson. You know, they kind of did their thing with all these different genres online. And then after they were so exposed, they most likely couldn't get jobs anymore. And it led to, you know, basically prostitution. I mean, it was escorting, but, you know, escorting is prostitution. It, there's no difference. Yeah, it's the same thing. And, I mean, yeah, it's just the same thing. It's just, it's, uh, what, you know, uh, I, 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 you know, it's very strange. I mean, I know my opinion on this is I know that, you know, in the country we live in, everyone is, is free to do what they want with their bodies, you know, if they want to do porn. But I think that there's no upside to it. I think all these young girls, unfortunately, become traumatized. I, I think if there's ever any sort of study done, uh, it would be very, very small, the percentage of women that were able to later live normal lives, have families, not 
you know, be scarred to some degree. I kind of think it's very, very, very sad to be honest with you because, you know, we're all young at one point and we don't think about the future. At least most people don't. Most people aren't like Marco Marco Rubio that, you know, wanted to be in, in politics when he was 14 and 15 and did everything, you know, the right way just to make sure that, you know, he was always, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, you're just young and you do things that, that are just spontaneous and the money. And they're like with Jenny Anderson, that's really the only porn star I ever knew. That was that was what it was. I mean, remember right after the Nebrahib, uh breakup and, you know, her telling me that, why would I want to work at Walmart? When she told me she was getting into uh, porn, why would I want to work at Walmart and get a dead end job when I could make all this money? You know, and that was what mattered to her it was just the money, and that's you know what a lot of young people see. But there's, there's so much more of a bigger picture than that. You know, you have just so many more years that you're going to live when you can't do that anymore. And, I don't know. I just think it fucks. I, I, I kind of think it's just sad that the industry in itself, I think it really just like chews out these young girls and spits them out. And like this girl, Brie Olson, I mean, let's be honest. She's never going to be normal. Never. Never. I mean, she's never going to. I mean, fuck. I mean, when you've had sex with thousands of guys and you'll forever be on the internet. And I mean, how could you ever, you know what I mean? No, just, you're not going to live like a, a normal life at that point. But, uh, the, the, you know, everything in life is a uh, result in some way of your path and the decisions you've made. And if, if you choose to go a certain way, uh, it will have effects on the future. And, and it's, uh, it's sad that it happens, but this is, this is just a, a result of everybody's choices, and and like what you said with uh, with Jenny Anderson, where she she did have a job, not a great job, but she had a job at working at a drugstore, and she says, "Why I can't would, believe you remember that? Why, why would I want to do?" She says, "Why would I want to do that if uh, if I can make so much more doing porn?" And fine, you can you can take that attitude, you can do the porn, but there's there's always a price to it. There's always a a price, and if you make these decisions to go for the quick and easy money, uh, it'll take its toll in other ways, and and everybody is ultimately responsible for themselves just as if you take risks in your life that can lead to an early death either from drug abuse or or other reckless behavior then uh that will also th- those are also things that are unfortunately your fault even if you made some of these decisions when you were young and, and not as mature as you would have been later it's just a, I, I, I i just when when someone's problems are a result of their choices, especially their choices because they just didn't want – they wanted easy money. They didn't want to work a regular job like everybody else. They wanted the easy money in this way, and they, they said, ah, oh, this isn't going to affect me somehow later, and then it does. Some of this is, is the result of their own greed and not uh, not because they were forced into it in some way. I, I feel more sorry for people that are, are really forced into it to where that's their, really their only choice of what they can do. And then uh, like like you know, someone who's who – for example, stories of people who – Come to this country illegally, and then are uh, are forced by whoever brought them there, in some way to uh, to work in the sex trade or things like that. They're, them I have more sympathy for because they're they're kind of misled as as to what they're uh, they think they're doing. Well, and, you know that's basically what <clears throat> is very prevalent in Las Vegas, especially yeah, in yeah. these massage parlors. I, I was thinking where, of that when I said that. Where these, you know, and that it's really true that that. I mean, you read about these raids in the paper all the time where these girls are brought in from China, 
you know, mainly it's China and they're promised normal jobs and that's how they're forced to, uh, you know, they're basically, it's, it's, it's insane to think that in today's day and age in the city I'm living, that there are people that are literally forced into, you know, sex debt. Like they're just captives. It's crazy. Yeah, it's and they're either nuts. they're either threatened, you know, directly like we're going to hurt you if you don't do this, or they're threatened. Their families threatened that you're back home. We're going to send people in to kill your family if you don't uh, yeah. keep your end of the bargain. And, it, and it's too bad. And you know, I, I I'm always uh, at least a little bit happy when I read about busts where they go after the the people who are organizing these things, the ones who are uh, forcing these girls to. Uh, to work in the sex trade against their will, and that some of these people uh, finally face the music for what they're doing. But uh, and so for those people, I, I truly feel sorry for them, and and it's too bad. And yeah, it's it's, it's pretty amazing. But it's, these are like such closed subcultures that it's kind of hard to crack them. It's hard for uh, people on the outside to catch what's going on and, and be able to to bust the ones who are behind it. That's why it, it can sometimes take a while. But I know a lot of those are in that situation. So that's, uh, I wonder if that, that prank call when we, we, the famous, you want the $50 back prank call. I wonder if the woman we spoke to was involved in the, in the coercion of, uh, of girls there. Well, I know that years ago we tried calling them back and it's, it was shut down. So it's not, oh, that's right. I think, I think I did read that they were, that they were busted. Yeah, it's it's called Oriental Angels. It actually was right across the street from Palace yeah. Station. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that 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 I can still hear that voice. Okay, I'll always remember that. <laughs> I, I like I like the prank call we made, and not re- related to this, but there was a prank call where <coughs> Colonel Fabersham called up about uh, claiming that there was like drugs and and, and prostitution in some uh, after hours nightclub, and then like four months later they were busted for drugs and after hours and and prostitution there which nightclub was that? i forgot what it was but i i i couldn't believe it when i saw the article it pretty much mirrored everything colonel fabrishan complained about that was fictitious at the time it was actually true wow so colonel fabrishan actually was was onto something and and well listen huh yeah someone's asking what happened to jenny anderson did she retire and get married someone asked that in the chat no uh yeah, and again, I don't even know how these places are illegal, but um, I know that she, up until a few months ago, and someone just sent me a link, she was traveling, she lives in Vegas, or she had lived in Vegas, you know, as of earlier this year, and she was traveling back and forth to New, New, New Jersey. I guess there was really some brothel there where she would work, and again, you know, this is not legal like it is in uh, every county, basically, but Clark and, and Whatever county that Carson City's in, every other county in Las Vegas, uh, prostitution is legal. So she did that, and then she would come back here, and she worked for an escort company called oh God, Five Dimes, maybe or <laughs> uh, I, I don't. People have posted it. I don't remember the name of it, but it was one of those, you know, escort companies. You could actually Google it. Just Google Jenny Anderson, Las Vegas porn, or. Uh, and she was doing that, you know, escorting just random people. And I thought she had like uh, a farewell tour. No, she came back after that. No, oh, see, that's it's like these yeah. going out of business sales or the places. Well, you know, what? I mean, what is, unless she, I mean, I, unless she was ever lucky enough to find a good guy that would accept her for you know her life and her past and take care of her and help support her, what could she really do? How could she support herself 
I mean, she's not, you know, I mean, I guess you could, you know, she's still only a kid. She can't be older than maybe 26 now. I think 20, whenever she was 18 years old when, when she ever first came on. So really? I, I didn't know, know she was that young. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I guess she's not too young to go back to school, but she has no skills. So if she get out of that industry and didn't have anyone else supporting her, I mean, her options are, you know, a grocery store, you know, Walmart. I have to assume with all the, you know, escorting and things of that nature, she has at least probably one, if not several arrests for solicitation. So that would rule out like working in a casino or any kind of job where there's a background check. What do you really do if she wanted to retire? You know, I mean, it, it, it I mean, it, it's, uh, I don't know. And I haven't heard from her. It's been about a year. Yeah, She has, she has to hope that if she does find a guy who accepts it. She has to hope that he doesn't find like the, the old videos of her going on a slip and slide where she ends oh, up with, 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 with Ron Jeremy's limp penis in her mouth. Remember that Jesus. one? Yeah. And I don't, you know what? It's funny. I don't even, I, I'm trying to remember what happened to him. He had a stroke and he was near <laughs> death. Remember that? Yeah. She, wow. Someone just posted that video to her. Right in the chat room, Indy Rick just like posted nice. right there. It's just like, we say something and people are like, bang, here's here's the link. It's amazing how we can say something within seconds. There's there's a visualization or a, a link. It's There's a lot of people still in the chat. There's 27 people in the chat room at, at 2.17 in the morning. Usually by this time, it's like uh, down to like seven people. How are our ratings right now? Are they holding? Um. Yeah, well, okay. I checked a short time ago. They were better than I thought. And do they we would still be. have Salomar in the line? Yeah, I'm listening to the birds chirping out here in the east. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah it's five, well, five seventeen. I don't, wow. don't mean to keep you out of the loop. If you want to, yeah, you go to in, sleep. Please, I, I hope you don't. Have it's like listening to two guys playing jazz. You guys, I, I don't want to interrupt the flow. Well, yeah. I, I'm glad, but uh, it is. You have to be up early. It's five seventeen over there. I got well, no place to be. Oh, he's been good. on since. I mean, he's been up all through the night. And I, like I said, I got to be honest. I, I I'm going to have to call it pretty soon. Uh, I've been up since eight this morning, Jeff. I'm kind of beat. That's fine. We've been on what seven hours now, almost. That's been that. Well, I, I started this. No, it's about six and a half. You know, it's funny. Uh, today at uh, well, we started at what eight. I started uh, like like seven fifty or so. So today, uh, you know, Bobby, you know, again, friend guy from the Orleans runs it, says to me, "Oh, I listened to the podcast last week. I was kind of disappointed you weren't on." I'm like, I sat there and I thought <laughs> for a second, and I'm thinking, I mean, I've been on. I, I went and looked. I've been on since November. Every episode. And I'm like thinking. And I'm looking. And I'm just. I'm like, no, I was on. I'm like, what? We listened to the right one. And then I re- he realized, I realized he only had listened to about three hours of it so far. And he just assumed <laughs> I, I wasn't on. I came on literally, and he's like, I left off right when Druff was talking about how expensive it is to eat in Atlantic City, or Atlantic City, Paradise, Atlantis. Or, Atlantis. And I'm like, oh, I came on right after that for like another five hours. <laughs> and and it, actually, it's funny. He, he told me, you know, he's actually, he told me today uh, he had dealt there for the PCA for seven years he, in a row. Uh, he doesn't, he hasn't in, in a while because of, you know, what he's doing now and he's a full-time job. Uh, but he said what they would do is when they would get there, there's a grocery store right before you go over the bridge into uh, Atlantis. And he said everything is 
very, very inexpensive. But, you know, just like American prices. It's, you know, regular grocery store. And because, you know, they're they're dealing and, you know, they don't want the overhead to be too much, that uh, they would stop off and uh, get groceries. And I guess he said in every room in, in uh, Atlantis there are refrigerators. So they'd stop off, and this is what he said they did every year. And they'd buy, you know, sandwiches and tuna and maybe there's even microwaves and just things that, you know, they'd stock up, he said, by 50 bucks worth of food. And he said that lasts like three days easily. And that's what they all, everyone did, dealers and floor and people that go there. I mean, which makes sense if you're going there just to make money. You don't want to spend even $100 a day on food. That just kind of defeats the purpose. So he wanted me to point that out, that if you ever did go there, uh, that the rooms have refrigerators, and if you wanted to just, try, you know, even if it was to save a meal or two a day, uh, he said that, uh, I don't, I could always get more details, but he said there's a very big grocery store right before you cross over the bridge into Atlantis, and you could stock up there relatively cheap, and, uh, you know, even if you're just eating cereal and milk for breakfast and a sandwich and, you know, a salad for lunch, you know, just paying for one meal a day, you could, you know, obviously save some money. So uh, interesting. You know, he. Uh, I got a message from Bobby Orr about this too, basically saying that yeah, there's places off property you can get uh, reasonably priced food. I don't know where you heard you can't. So okay, point taken. The only thing I'm worried about now, though, is that they're going to take away my comps. That that I will uh, no play. Well, two things I'm worried about. One is that oh. I'll no play, and that they'll charge me. And two, that uh, I'll somehow, some way, end up in that refugee camp. I mean, look, I said this before, especially since you're of the opinion of me that the Caribbean, once you've seen it, it it is it is what it is. It's all the same. I don't think it would be worth the stress and just a possible bad scenario that it could turn out without you having any recourse of even going there. If you're going to go there, you're not going to gamble a penny, and you're not uh, just only bad things can happen. I wouldn't even. Yeah, that's that's what I'm worried about. I'm, I'm just like, let it go. Yeah, like I'm so worried with with that disclaimer. Not, even if they're now saying, "Oh no, no, that doesn't apply." And to you still got to pay members. for the airfare. You got to get there with a the child. It's it's just not worth it. Well, yeah, that that just, part I don't mind so much. It's just the it's just the problem with the uh, the fact that they have made this a part of their policy for everything but this. Supposedly, seems a little suspicious to me. It seems like they're they're not going to just swallow it and say okay no problem you used us for for free stuff you didn't gamble a penny no problem goodbye have fun like i I don't see them doing that and and like i said earlier i personally would never ever stay in any casino uh without knowing up front 100 percent what you know and again obviously in the u.s you don't have to worry about that in vegas you know you could walk in there and get my free room at at, harris or whatever tomorrow i know the worst thing they're going to do is just not invite me back, but I'm not going to get charged. I'm going to know what I'm liable for when I walk in the door, and I would never feel comfortable going anywhere not knowing, yeah, especially would. when you could be talking the amount you said, three, four, five, six thousand. Who knows? Yeah. You know, they could say, do you know, these rooms go for a thousand a night. I mean, you just would have no recourse. It just doesn't seem worth yeah, it. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I – And you're probably right. If it got out that you're that you're going there, traveling there, you're. I'm not. This is how sick it is. And like, I, you know, I'm not saying this. This isn't funny. You know, people may mock us or, you know, say that oh, this radio sucks or this or this. But you know what? Like, we both do put ourselves out there. I mean, you know, like I said, I'm there today just having fun with my friend, and someone like is literally next to me. That's kind of creepy. Like, think about. It. I know I came on, 
and I was joking, and you know, it's still kind of funny, I guess, but it's kind of scary in a way. I'm sitting there just playing in in, in my real world life, and somebody just like knows may know very intimate things about me. Yeah, I, I just, think about the, know, like at the World Series tables. I always think about like who here knows me. Who? Here? But this is just like my daily. Like I mean, you know, I'm going out with my friend to go yeah. play some poker, and you know, I'm not. You know, so you're right. Somebody could very well call. And who knows? It could be even worse. And, you know, I mean, you know, just say other things. It just, I don't know. Yeah. And I don't feel comfortable with it, buddy. And, and I also, uh, like, the Norwegian cruises, like, those, even though it's not completely free, those, you know, Norwegian, their their main headquarters is in Miami. They have a big yeah. U.S. And I've been on, I, I meant to tell you this a while ago. I've been on, I think, three or four. I am not a fan. I think the food is mediocre. Now, unless it's changed. It's been about six years since I've been on a Norwegian Well, cruise. did you go to the specialty restaurants? I, oh, yeah. I've always, I always do that. I mean, I either do that or I do the room service and then the one no, night. No, the room service is fail. Room service is terrible. And then the one night that they have, you know, the formal dinner, you know, a lot with you. No, that's, that's, and, that's fail, too. Yeah. But, no, I've always – the steakhouse, the Italian – I'm not saying it's awful, but it's 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 bland. It's not the greatest. It's it just – I, I, Well, it's, some things have changed over the years. I don't think Norwegian – I, I like I, – I've been on Princess. Princess is great. No, um, I, I can tell you I've been a lot on Princess and a lot on Norwegian. I can I can tell you between the two here. First, they are they are pretty similar. So uh, – uh, and, and number two, as far as the food is concerned, the, the cruise industry changed everything since – like all the way up through the 90s. Cruises had pretty good food in in the main dining rooms. Uh, since the '90s, they have changed things. the The quality of the food has gone way downhill in the main dining rooms, and then they've created the specialty restaurants where you pay a little bit more. To, you pay. Well, money. I started cruising. The first like real real cruise I went on was in 1998, right when uh, Norwegian started. Marketing that what, what they call I don't know if they still call it freestyle. Yeah, they, they still do. Yeah. And that's when I first started going on them. And I'm, I'm going to be honest to you. I mean, I didn't hate it. I, I enjoyed it, you know, overall. But the food part of it, I was always let down by. Well, if you go to the I, main – okay, so let me tell you. If in Norwegian, if you go to the main dining room, it's going to suck. It's good, The food's going to look well, I good. Well, I know that. And I've gone to the steakhouses and, 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 especially, right. and, I've, and also I've waited. It's like an hour. I've sometimes waited an hour and a half to get food. It's just it, – it's never – It's a little bit slow. The service is a little bit slow. Yes. But, but uh, the the – Especially restaurants, not all of them, but but some of them, like the steakhouse, are, are at least uh, fairly good. Not great, but fairly good to where you don't sit there going like the whole week, like wow, I can't believe that all the food sucks here. I, like you, you'll enjoy some meals. At least I I have. Uh, the Italian restaurant isn't any good on there. The, the Italian restaurant kind of sucks it, but but uh, don't, the, the, don't you have to make reservations too? Yeah, you do, but the, but the, they're they're pretty they're pretty well available. It's, it's not very hard to get in. The the uh, but yeah, the, as long as you don't wait till like an hour before you want to eat, you can get in anywhere. Right, you want. right. So and and so and the other thing is, you, so you have to just avoid the main dining room like a plague for dinner. You, you go to that, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to go there, and the food's going to look good, but it's going to be super bland. It's going to have no taste. Okay, so you got to avoid the main dining rooms, and and you also have to go there with uh, the the understanding to yourself. That you're going to really control your spending because it's very easy to let that get out of control on the cruise. They purposely they give you a key card that can spend money, and this way you can just kind of let the spending go out of control and not really realize. Well, especially if you drink. But what do you, what do you mean if you're not drinking? What, how? 
how can the spending get out of control? Oh, there's so many things you could you well, can tell in- me. I've been on a, a lot of cruises. Well, okay. First I've of all, you can you can take these excursions on the shore, which are over. Oh, but you w- never do that. You way do overpriced. Way overpriced. Right. Uh, yeah. Buying souvenirs, playing these fail like bingo games and stuff they have on there. Gambling in their fail. Yeah, but ca- all that's just common sense. No, well, you, you may know. say that a lot of people make this mistake. Uh, gambling in their fail casino, where uh, where the odds are terrible. Uh, and, and and the rewards are very poor. And uh, another one is uh, buying, not being smart in the way you're you're buying your rooms. Uh, some people do this very stupidly. Also, some people will uh, cheap out in the wrong places. Like they'll they'll stuff four people into an inside cabin and think that'll be fine. And everyone's miserable. Like you, you got to not or cheap out with not wanting to pay the cover charge for the specialty restaurants. That's also a mistake because you unless you do, unless you absolutely don't care that the food sucks. So there, there's things like that, and uh, and also just generally a lot of things that are that are too touristy. You should stay away from uh, th- that they do on there. You just got to kind of understand what a cruise is, what it isn't, and 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 use it for for what the good sides of it are. And the, the, the what, one advantage you get from a, from a cruise, one of the biggest one, is that you go to a lot of places in, in like a week's time without having to pack or unpack, without having to hassle with the airport. Uh, sometimes to get to places that are difficult to get to or even impossible to get to uh, normally without without using the cruise. So that, that's that's where a cruise has its advantages, and, and and it's cheap to do that compared to you know traveling to these places conventionally and getting hotels in each place. Uh, the, the but however, if if you're going to spend money stupidly there, or if you're going to make things unpleasant for yourself, like stuffing four people in a room, or 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 eating crappy food the whole time, or or, or drinking too much without one of these unlimited drinking plans and running up all this money, if if it's going to end up very expensive for you. Then, then, then you've you've defeated the whole purpose of of going in the first place, and, and you might as well not bother. You, you've just got to, and, and also if you're expecting like constant entertainment, like you're going to go on there and you think from the moment you the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, it's going to be constant entertainment and excitement. You're going to be disappointed. It's not going to be like that. So you've got these to, days. What a because you know back the last time I said it was oh, five six years ago, internet still was pretty expensive on a ship. What, what, these days, what does it cost? Well, they they, you they check just your email, browse away. Okay, so they just introduced a uh, a Norwegian an unlimited internet, and uh, the unlimited internet I, I believe was like one hundred eighty dollars for the whole cruise for seven days, something like that. And if you wanted, there's there's some cheaper plans with like one hundred five. You could get like two hundred fifty minutes. Which sounds like a lot, but actually isn't. You can use that no, very fast. You, for the extra amount, if you're going to yeah, get internet, you get the, the unlimited, right? So, so uh, the the so, and and then uh, the, the the plans less than that are, are kind of fail. They're not really worth unless you just want to like really check quickly. And and you can use things like Skype to make calls to home. So they used to block. How that. fast is the speed these days? Uh, it's not very fast, but it's usable. It's not nothing like you're going to have at home, but it's 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 usable for the most part. Sometimes it's awful depending on where the ship is, but uh, for the most part, it's slow but usable. Uh, so, that, man, you've got to be willing to book your own things. That is, like, book your own transfers to and from the airport. Don't ever let them do it for you. Uh, book uh, definitely book your own shore excursions. They're going to be better and cheaper doing it yourself. Uh, rent cars whenever. Well, you 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 go to shore and you just hail a cab. You can do that too. Excursion, right? Boom, half yeah. off. 
Yeah, you can do that right there too. You you uh, rent cars, especially in U.S. ports or Canadian ports. You rent cars; it's a lot cheaper uh, to do it yourself that way. That's what I've done on my last few cruises. Uh, th- things like that, you'll save a lot of money and uh, and you know have a bit just a better experience too. I, mean, I I hate tour buses. I hate going with with giant tours places. You see very little. You're you're always as fast as the slowest member of the group. Uh, everything's like lowest common denominator there. So you, you've got to be willing to, to make plans on your own. You've got, you've got to understand what it is and isn't and get the most out of it. If you're just lazy and let them do everything for you, you're going to get poor value, and it's not going to be any fun. And- well, let me ask you this. And when you go on a cruise, and it's a sea day, and you know, for those that have never been on a cruise, a sea day means you don't – you basically just travel and lounge all day. You don't arrive at a port. What, is your, what do you do? I mean, are you, a, you hang out at the pool – are you doing activities like, you know, there's always like, you know, whether it's volleyball or basketball or ping pong or you know, whatever different. Well, I will. You, I will look at the on a cruise day. So I'll, I'll look or, at I'll look at the list of activities and see if uh, anything even uh, somewhat appeals to me. And if it's something that seems like it can be fun, uh, then I'll go to it. If it doesn't, uh, then. Uh, I'll do the other thing. I'll, I'll go on the internet. I'll, I'll just sit on the if it's the weather's down. I'll just kind of sit on the balcony and, and relax there. Uh, always get like a balcony room. Don't 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 cheap out on that either. You should always at least have a balcony room. It's, unless the weather isn't very good, then then it's not as important. But if it's if it's nice enough to sit outside, you always want a balcony room. Uh, I will, uh, you know, when I'm with Benjamin there, so I'll walk around and see, you know. Take him to things that he'll like to do there, or go in the pool with him if the weather's nice enough. Uh, th- things like that. It, 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 it'll it pass faster than you think. There's not. Uh, it, it sounds like, oh, what are you going to do all day? You can even, you know, they some of them have movie theaters where you can watch movies, uh, whatever. There, there's a number of things to choose from. It's not. It's not constant excitement. It, it also depends on the cruise line and, and also the ship on the cruise line. Like they, have, Norwegian has some giant ships. I've never been on them, but they have like four thousand people on them. Those have more options to do. Than the ships that have two thousand or fewer, which is most of the fleet, but uh, you just have to you have to understand going in what you're getting, what you're not getting, and and not have unrealistic expectations, and also have a plan. Not not a plan for every moment, but a general plan of what you're going to be doing, what you're going to be doing on shore. Uh, you have to do research. If you just approach it in a, in a lazy like I'll, I'll just go there and, and do whatever fashion, you're not going to enjoy yourself. And that's why I, I tell people. And uh, and I also say don't uh, don't cheap out where on the major things. Don't don't stuff too many people in a room. Don't uh, <clears throat> don't be afraid to pay for the specialty restaurants because you're just gonna make yourself miserable. I, I uh, family friends, you know, no one involved. Oh, and if you're a soda drinker, make sure you get a drink pass. Either a drink pass or bring your own soda on board, which you're allowed to do. But right, right. Don't don't just run up charges. Uh, Crazily, I, I've I, I had uh, this family friends. I, I spoke to them uh, uh, two years ago. But they, they took their first cruise and they were complaining they didn't like it. And one of the things they didn't like is they, they felt it was uh, the, the rooms were too small. I said, "Well, they are small on there. It's smaller than hotel rooms." I said, "Well, so what rooms did you get?" Well, we got an inside cabin. I go, "Well, that's that's part of the reason." I go, "Well, wait, a minute, you got two inside cabins? You're a family of four. No, no, we got one." Like what? You you stuff four people in inside cabin? Well, yeah. I'm like, well, you know that's that's not very smart. But that's, how often are you hanging out in your cabin? Oh, a lot more I mean, than you, you think. Wake up in the morning, and you're gone. No, that's 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 the mistake. That's the mistake because when you you have four people in an inside cabin, 
first of all, it's brutal with a bathroom to have to, you know, one person, it, it, it wow. gets very slow. And second, but second, um, you are forced to not hang out in the room. Which you can think, oh, that's good, but that's not good because you want to just be able to relax. You you don't want to feel like you have to be doing an activity. You have to be out of the room because it's so crowded in there. You want to be able to go in your room to relax. And I can tell you, with a balcony room and with not more than than two people in there, uh, to have you know to have that to, to just relax in if there's nothing to do at the moment or you don't want to go do what they're doing or. It's so valuable. It's it's so. There's times I've just sat on my balcony on, on a Norwegian cruise when the weather's nice out there, and I think, wow, this this is nice and relaxing. Wow, this would suck if I had an inside cabin, and this would really suck if I had an inside cabin with three other people in here with me. And I think, wow, what a difference that would be. So so, and I don't think this is just me being weird about it. I think this is like I hear people complaining about what what they didn't like about cruises, and then I find out that they did a lot of things I would never do. That ended up making them miserable. So uh, th- this is just kind of common sense. I think people believe, oh, we're never going to be in the room. Y- yes, you will. And there's nothing wrong with relaxing in the room, but you, sh- you should always have that option. And and uh, and you should avoid anything where you're forced to be with crowds all the time. So that's uh, you, you want to have a balcony so you can see things outside the ship without having to go on the deck and stand with the crowds out there. Like You, you want to be able to do all this from the your own stateroom and... These are just important things, and if and if the basic price of doing these things is too much, then then don't cruise, but don't don't do it and do it wrong, and uh, and also just understand the crowd you're going to be cruising with. Like like Carnival is known to have like a wild kind of younger partier crowd, and if if that's what you want to be part of, then fine, but but don't go on there if, if you don't like that sort of scene. Well, it's not just wilder partiers. I mean that's true, but also. It's less expensive, so you're going to get just a different class of people. That too, yes. And, and so, so you have to pick the type of cruise line that the demographic fits you better, that you're not going to feel out of place or, or, or around people that you don't like being around. And uh, now, now I'm not trying to be a snob here. Like Norwegian is, is a very middle class type of cruise line. Uh, there, so I'm not uh, I'm not trying to be a snob saying that I'm only trying to be around rich people. It's not like that. Uh, but but do I want to be around uh, you know 25 year olds on their first cruise getting uh, smashed all the time? No, I, I don't want that. And uh, uh, so so Norwegian I, I feel doesn't really have that problem. But you've got to understand who you're going to be with. And also some people a certain itineraries appeal more to old crowds. So like uh, the itinerary I went on in the fall of 2015, which is a Canada and New England cruise. Boy, that was an old crowd. I was I was uh, much much younger than average. So so more my age, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> much more it's a, one of the appeals to me is the great cross section of humanity that's on a cruise. I mean, you have some people who are paying a lot of money for, you know, presidential suites or balconies you know, sweets and, and, you know, that, what do you call it? The, you go up to the regular dining room and you're seated at a, a round of 10 and you'll have an older couple and, you know, a minister and his wife and a gay couple and a newlywed. <laughs> and I think that's part of the appeal. Um, 
I'll be honest. I, I don't really. That's one of the thing I don't do. I don't really associate with other people on the cruise very much, other than the people I came with. So, like, I, I don't really get to know very many people on there at all. I'm, on purpose, like, like uh, I'll go to the specialty restaurants, and I always ask for a table that's like not connected to other tables, just one that's like a regular freestanding table. Uh, I, I don't ever go on on tours. I only, any kind of tour I take, whether arranged by myself or, I never take the cruise once anyway. But I always wanted to be a private one with just just my family. Uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't really interact. In fact, I kind of avoid people on the cruise for the most part. That's why I like when I'm just relaxing, I like to just be in my own room. Uh, there are some people who go there for the social aspect of it, but I really don't. And, uh, you know, to me, everybody has different goals out of it. That's why I say you got to understand what it's for. You got to understand what you're going to get out of it, how it f- fits, uh, your needs. And, uh, if it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And, uh, you have to, you have to go from there. And you have to be realistic about it. And uh, but yeah, the, the cruise I took in 2015, much older crowd. But I, I, I didn't mind that because I'm not really there to socialize with anyone. I'd much rather that crowd than like a young rowdy crowd. But uh, something that uh, the only thing I don't like about cruising with old people is they are so slow walking in the hallway, and those hallways are kind of narrow, and you just want to get by them. And they're really slow, and you kind of you feel like an asshole, like you don't want to squeeze through a tiny gap and like rush past them because they're going, ah, this yeah, rude young person. <laughs> so, like you're gonna just stuck walking behind them real slow, and you can't ask them to speed up. So that that's the one thing I don't like. Aren't you one of those people? What was that? Aren't you one of the old people now? Yeah, this, this is uh, is this handicap me? How's it going, guys? Yeah, no, I, well. Not, not, I didn't feel that way in the 2015 cruise. I felt uh, younger than I have in a long time on that cruise. That that when okay. I was I was the, I was the youngster there. They were uh, everyone looked at me like uh, it was funny. Actually, I, there was like an 80s music uh, trivia game, which I it was actually kind of lame because they, uh, they they everyone just scored their own papers, which I thought was stupid because anyone could just cheat. But uh, anyway, during it, I, I was just doing it by myself. Everyone said get into teams, but I showed up like five minutes late, so. All the teams were made. Ah, so, collusion. So it was the, the the person who was on my team on uh, on the eighties trivia game was Benjamin. <laughs> and, uh, for some reason, Benjamin had a hard time remembering the eighties. But uh, the anyway, they I, I heard some people commenting at the next table. They're like, "Oh, we should have had that guy on our team. He's got to know the eighties." Like they they saw what age I was and that they were a little too old. That's funny. They, they're like, Mor- "Oh, this is the eighties guy right there." Morning, handicap me. How are you, buddy? Hey Brandon, how's it going, guys? Who's the um? Who's the that, that's a San, that's San Lamar. San Lamar. Oh, his radio right. his, his radio Nathan debut. His radio debut. Yep. Who's radio up? debut? Hey, Andy Kevin. Hey, how's it going, buddy? I like your uh, I really like your post. You're good shit. Very intelligent. Yeah, San Lamar is, is popular on the forum. He he doesn't really get into many battles, but people uh, enjoy his. Uh, his post for the most part. Hey, Drexel, your avatar. Who's the other guy in the photo? That's uh, the infamous Brady Hoke. <laughs> it's Mark Hoke. Uh, he he uh, hosts uh, the, the guy we talk about that hosts the AM radio station that pays for the airtime. Nice guy. Though. Has, all, has all the sponsors and we don't. Uh-huh. Yeah, someone's better about that. Yeah, we, we, met, we met him. Uh, we both met him separately during this past World Series. So, he actually invited us to come down and be part of his show. Maybe this year we'll take him up on it. Maybe this year, this year's World Series, we will uh, 
go down and do yeah. the Mark do the do the Mark Hoke show with him. I will yeah, never I'll get see. a word in edgewise. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a safe assumption. He'll probably have a booth there again this year. Yeah, and he'll probably with all those sponsors. He's not paying for it. Yeah. That's what a... did that handsome kid say? It costs. I mean, he gave us exact quotes. It's like fifteen thousand. Or... Yeah, something like that. It was, it was something insane that we we would never pay for. Like this is a. I, I really keep the. This is a very uh, tight operation here on on Poker Fraud Alert. We, we we really get the most out of our money. Let me say it that way. There's there's very little uh, frivolous expenditures going on with this thing. Yeah. But you know, it gets the job done. We 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 are accessible. We uh, people can listen live. They have the archives. They have the call to listen number. I mean, what more do they need? We don't we don't have to have a. God, booth. you love that call to listen number. I do. When someone says they listen to it, it's just. Uh, even just when I get the report every day, I'm like, okay, the report. Let me see. Let me see. And I open it up, and if I if I see something like total minutes listened 312, I'm like, yes, someone listened five hours. Yeah, cum- cumulatively, it was listened to five hours yesterday. I'm like that's so cool. Like reruns were being listened to five hours yesterday, just on that. Wait, people listen on it even when we're not live. Yes, yes, yes. Like, that's... yes, like five hours on some days when we're not live, and then we and that doesn't include the people listening through the site. And I noticed, like right. on the site, it oh, seems wow. like 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 I just kind of check randomly what the ratings are for the reruns on the site itself, and usually we have like two or three people listening to it. But, so I'm not gonna lie, I maybe once or twice a week, if I'm just like working on a project and I can't really have my headphones in because everyone's always yelling around. Like around me, I will use the dollar number to kind of like I'm on a conference call. And like when people try to talk to me, I'll just point to my ear and be like, uh, "Yeah, sorry, I can't listen right now." So I, I do use it every now and again, so I do appreciate it. Oh, good. And, and uh, you know, I actually listen to I listen to my own call to listen line just to pump up the numbers. But I, mm-hmm. I sometimes will listen to it like if I like when I'm walking the dog or something like that. I'll just kind of put that on. And, what was uh, you have an '80s dog, right? Yeah, almost an '80s dog. Yeah, he's born in '05. <laughs> I'm like the only one who got a dog born in '05 in 2015. <laughs> yeah, that dog is that dog is so old that it, it actually was born a month after I won my bracelet. That's how old that dog is. I had my bracelet no, for a month when that dog. What kind of dog is he I I I have a pug is, that's that's almost eleven years old. Is it because the older it, yeah. you, it's cheaper the older? Is that why? Well, it, it, I guess it will be. It's not going to live that long, but uh, but I guess at the end it's going to cost me when there's vet bills or whatever. But. Uh, Fortunately, in the time I've had this dog, which has been it's been about uh, four months, there there hasn't been any vet costs yet. He's been a, he's been healthy. But uh, so you know, your dog is like on borrowed time right now. Like especially a pug, they're supposed to. Uh, it's very rare that they live that long. Well, I read about no. I read it was uh, they have a decent lifespan. I read that the t- pugs will live. Uh, in rare Fun. cases, up to sixteen years, but but we'll usually make it to like uh, no, but we'll usually make it to around thirteen. And, hmm. and sometimes, yeah, even, so when you have like enough health problems to get in, and you figure a small dog with health problems they aren't supposed to live that long. Well, so here's the one more thing working against uh, my pug is that he is bigger than any pug I've ever seen. He's like twice the size, literally, of uh, of most other pugs. So, so she's like Jay Sarah's. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so. Did you give your pug a '90s name? 
Well, he already he already had a name. Remember, he, I, I got a dog that was ex- oh, yeah. an existing well, dog. Is his name even too private to release on the internet? Yeah, I think I'll have to tell you privately. But uh, <laughs> anyway, th- this pug, uh, he he's like thirty. He's like almost thirty pounds, which is very. And he's not just. He's not really fat. He's just big for a pug. He's like just twice. It's kind of like kind of two pugs in one. Hmm. So he. Uh, th- the thing is, it's big- almost like he's been eating too much food at commerce. <laughs> but the the thing is, bigger dogs don't live as long, and I have to think that. Even though I think maybe the pugs that live a long time, it's because they're really small, and the small dogs tend to do better with long lifespans. So I'm wondering if his bigger size is going to work against him. But you know, right now he's okay. Right now, he you know he doesn't appear unhealthy or anything. And so I think I probably have a few years with him. That'll be the one thing that kind of suck that uh, just as I'm getting used to having him, he'll be gone. But well, see, I always thought it was like the opposite, where it's well, not really the opposite, but it's the larger and smaller dogs have a lower lifespan, where, like, the medium-sized dogs, so, like, a lab or even, like, a medium-sized poodle, they actually live very long. Like, I had a, growing up, I had a German Shepherd and a French poodle Pekingese. So you would think, like, a small dog, but he was really, like, a medium-sized dog. And uh, the French poodle Pekingese, French Poodle Pygmies, he lived to be 18 and a half years, and the German Shepherd only lived like 14 years. Yeah, I know Poodles can live a long time. The German Shepherds, I'm looking right here, it says 9 to 13 years is the average. Uh, a, a lab is 10 to 12. Uh, a, a pug, it says, is uh, 12 to 15, which isn't bad. It's actually surprising. I, I, I would have that lower, but okay. And then I, I once had a Springer Spaniel who lived to 14 and a half, and uh, that was about the, – the lifespan is 12 to 14, so she did pretty well there, especially because she was also – the weird thing is my the two dogs I've I've had, uh, other than this Dalmatian when I was a little kid, but the two dogs I've had, uh, a Springer Spaniel and a Pug, were both bigger than any other dog I've seen in their breed. I've had the biggest Springer ever and, like, the biggest Pug ever. I've never seen a, a Pug bigger than this Pug, and I've never seen a Springer bigger than the Springer I had. Dogs always look like their owners. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you can't blame the pug on me. This pug was big before I had him. No, but he knew he was coming to you, so he had to bulk up. That's fine. He had to, he had to eat a lot of the free food he was given. See, this dog is obsessed with food. You, uh, you, if you, I guarantee the kitchen doesn't have a, a, even a crumb on the floor. You, and the slightest crumb that's on the floor, he will find and eat. So it's like a vacuum cleaner. So. All right, boys. I'm gonna actually head out now, so um, I'll All right. just be listening. All right. Well, well, not, there's not, not much. Gonna be listening for much. Yeah, longer. I was gonna say there's not much more to the show. It's about it's about to be done. I think we covered our last topic about an hour and a half ago. Yeah, we, we did. Okay. Well, it's a nice long show. Uh, maybe I'll send Todd a donation if uh, he has any. Oh, he has a new PayPal. Yeah, I, I, I have a PayPal. I have a PayPal again. I'll let you oh. know. I'll let you know what it is. Okay. All right. Okay. Let me know. I'll send over a few bucks. Okay. Even though I'm going to be broke in a few months. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Anytime. Bye, Captain.
it's almost like a landmark how long we've gone. Once Handicap calls us and we know like he's starting his day. Yeah, that's you so know you're right. I, I totally feel the same way. I feel this when he when he calls in. I'm like crap. Someone's starting their day now. It's like yeah. it's like daytime where someone is right now. That's like in the same country as me. When he's listening, oh, when we're just starting, and now we're still on, and he's getting ready to start the next day. Yeah. And it's light outside, and he's getting ready to go into work, and he goes, "Crap, this is this is too long." That's what happens. It's it's kind of depressing in a way. Yeah. It, and it well, ca- uh, before we forget, or you forget, since you handle these announcements, why don't you tell the listeners our schedule for the next couple of weeks? Uh, well, the schedule should be normal. The schedule should. Well, I, I know that, but you just say, "Well, next, you know, we'll be here until." I'm just. How long are we back on track for? Well, we should be back on track all the way until uh, the the well. At least for me, I don't know what World Series events you plan to play, but if you guys look at my World Series schedule, I'm not playing until the 14th of June. So, so we've got almost two months. Yeah, I'm going to be very erratic. Uh, we, you may need to maybe even work with me. And we'll remember we did the late night uh, yeah show. Yeah, like the midnight show. Yeah, we may have to do maybe some shorter shows because I am going to be playing on a lot of. Uh, Probably gonna be at least two Wednesdays, maybe three that I miss. Okay, well, you can let me know about those. And but anyway, up to the World Series time, it should be a normal Wednesday schedule for the remainder here, the remainder of April, the remainder of May, and then uh, then we'll get into the World Series. I won't be playing until the middle of June, but uh, uh, Brandon will be. So maybe we'll have to move around the show to fit it in during that time, and. Uh, What's your first event? That's a fine question. Let me go look. I don't. I don't even know. But let me look. Fortunately, I have a thread where I posted about this. The we first event probably is fifteen hundred no limit. No, you're close. Fifteen hundred limit. Hold them. Oh, that will be my first event on June fourteenth. Mm-hmm. Did you understand my text today about Twitter? Yeah, Brandon uh, has a desire, and I, I, I just got to kind of put this in because there's You're no... You're a computer scientist. You can well, yeah, I know, but the thing it. is, I, I there's no pre-programmed function into the vBulletin software, which we run the forum. Uh, there's no pre-programmed function to just slap our Twitter feeds on the yeah. front of it, but... I'll shoot LA Kings fan a text. Yeah, but no, I, I can add one. I just got, I've just got to do it. But yeah, All right, so, tell him my idea. So, so Brandon would like... Uh, my Twitter and his Twitter to be uh, plastered on the front page of Poker Fraudler. Does that not not big or anything, but just off to the side, like the on side, the yeah. former site. So just our updates. People don't have to constantly be looking at their phones. People that specifically have a piece of you or just want to cheer us on. Of course, they, the, you know the downside huh? is nobody goes to the front page. But <laughs> well, no, it could could it even be in flying stupidity off to the side somewhere not too big? That's how it was on the other thing. Yeah, you see I, it in the, I guess the shooting, could, shooting, maybe, shooting, shooting off. Yeah, maybe we could temporarily do that. I've, I've, I've avoided clutter. If you notice on Poker Throttle, that there's no clutter. That's the. But, I, but we're both going to be tweeting a lot. You even have the Dandruff Poker Chips tweet, tweeter, Twitter. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm considering. Well, think about it. Yeah, I may, think maybe, it's a good maybe idea. I guess we could put it along the side. I just, if you go to Poker Throttler's forum right now. You'll see like there's no clutter. Like the whole screen is is used efficiently. Where you have uh, um, there's not a lot of junk on the screen. So 
I, I I hate putting junk along the right or left side, but maybe I'll make an exception and we'll put some junk there. Well, just the... think about it. It'll only be for six weeks. We don't have to keep it up there permanently because neither one of us really tweet that that much that it would need to. Yeah, well, other, other than my dandruff The WSOP, poker. though, I'm constantly tweeting, and you are, and it yeah. just would be an easier way for everyone to access it in one place. Yeah, I, I, had to make a, I had to make a second Twitter, that dandruff poker Twitter for my chip counts because people complained. People like uh, what do you mean? Well, like Jesse Martin, he was one of very uh, vocal about this. Jesse Martin said he enjoyed the the tweets that I would send uh, about you know non chip count stuff, but that he hated the constant chip counts. He just uh, he he just was despising it and wanted to unfollow me and didn't know what to do. I thought you had two different. I thought you had no. That was that was why I created it because people like Jesse Martin kept complaining. What was his name on Stars? He he was Mazer Bowie. That's right. Yeah. It's been so long. So, so anyway, people like him were complaining. A, a charter was complaining too. There were there was other, various people in poker that were complaining that enjoyed following me normally, but hated during the World Series following. Well, charters also don't like when you're tweeting out those emoticons about your new love. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't think I mentioned that. I think this is since the last show. Yeah, Benjamin got on my uh, on my Twitter. And and tweeted out a whole bunch of hearts, and it looked it really did like I was just uh, sending out uh, emoticons showing how in love I was, but which is kind of strange. Like you you don't usually do that sort of thing when you've been with someone for six and a half years. But uh, but is I that did. How long it's been that you and the Benjamin's mother been together now? It's actually a little more than that now. But God, uh, yep, six and a half. Years. It, it was it was in August of 2009 when she flew to Las Vegas to see me. That was when it began. How many hours by car was she living away? At the time, she was it was between LA and Vegas. It was it was like 310 miles from where she was. Oh, okay. I okay. No, I'm okay. You were. Yep, yeah, I got you. I thought like maybe she lived in Northern California or something. No, 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 no. She flew wasn't. to L.A. to meet you. I didn't, I didn't no, no, no. She flew to Vegas. Vegas. That's where I that was all the time then, most of the time. Wow. So she uh, that's that's really where she flew to, to to see me for the first time in sixteen and a half years, and uh, that was in, in August '09. So and and she she was uh, pregnant with Benjamin six months later. And then you made a song. Maybe uh, Benjamin's next birthday we can. Come out and do you still have that song saved somewhere? Somewhere, yeah. And she's uh, and, and Benjamin, uh, oh, you know, I would probably take Benjamin. Yeah, remember, there's a whole generation almost of people that don't even know about any of that. Yeah, I'm gonna take Benjamin to uh, his first Dodgers game pretty soon. Are you gonna sneak in the back door? No, no, I'll uh, yeah, I'll, I'll actually just be happy if uh, he shows an interest in the game for all three hours. Mm. I don't know how he'll be. Like it's, uh, I, I really don't know how he'll be. I don't know if he'll be like sick of it really fast, or if he'll enjoy all three. I don't know what to say. I don't well, maybe they'll say. maybe the key is if he catches a foul ball, he'll be hooked. <laughs> I don't want a foul ball to come in our direction. I'll be afraid for him. Oh well, yeah, that's true. That's... Someone does Benjamin have a glove drop? No, but to, to be honest, I don't think he'd be very good at using it at this point. If, if a foul ball came, I'd just, like, bend over and protect him so it doesn't hit him. Aww. All right, buddy. I got to be honest. All right. Beat. Well, yeah, let I me, gotta, let I'm me, tired. we'll shut this I'm down really here. Yep. Yeah. Salamar, you, you are an absolute gentleman. Thank you for staying on with us. And 
You are more oh, than welcome. I had a good time. Uh, yeah, promise that... us call, definitely whenever you are up all night, call back again and shoot the shit with us. It's been a pleasure finally getting to know you a little bit. Yeah, yeah since uh, Sandalmar is so old, I'm sure he remembers this song. <laughs> I, no, I honestly, I was thinking this the other day. Uh, the, the end song to this show is, is uh, a lot more meaningful. To, to people in the older set here because this All in the Family was a huge show in the 70s absolutely controversial huge. too yeah and it was number one for so long and it's the only show I can think of that has a noticeably different end song than the opening theme song I can't think of any other show that was like that and I kind of had like a weird if you if you watch the the closing theme it, it was kind of weird the whole the way it was edited. It was very odd, but it kind of worked. I was always fascinated by the end songs. That's why it's not. No, this is uh, Norman Lear, right? This is Norman Lear's show. This this uh, end music was written by a guy named uh, Roger Kellaway, who's a, a jazz pianist, and he's still alive, by the way. Even though he uh, he he wrote this uh, like forty six years ago. Anyway, people. Thank you for listening. This is our first uh, Wednesday show we've had in over a month. Last time was on March 18th. But we'll be back next week on April 27th, 7.30 p.m. or so, Pacific Time. And uh, thank you, Sandalmar, for calling in. Thank you to Trey for being here again. China Maniac for being with us tonight. Northern California guy in spirit. Northern California guy for at least considering coming on. And, uh... I guess we're done. It's been a good seven hours. A little bit more than that. Kind of standard these days. I thought it'd be a light agenda this week. I thought I was going to have enough talk about it. But somehow we did it. That's why you have me, because I do the tangents. That's true. Brandon makes every show a long show. It's been an hour and a half just on Merv Griffin. (laughs) Shalom! Shalom. Shalom.